Joey, you're on, man. What's up? <laughs> What's up? How's it going? It's good, man. Pretty pretty low key day for me. How about you? Uh, yeah, pretty pretty low key day. Pretty low key day. Playing, I was playing poker all night at Resort World, and then uh, you know, I was reading uh, reading a bunch of stuff today. I'm kind of like getting caught up. There's so much happening. Like Alan Keating has had like something. Ha- I don't know. There's so much happening. Like I don't even really know who's feuding with who right now or like what's going on exactly. So I'm trying to like catch up with everything. Like Phil Galfon put out this big article. You just posted a video. Everybody's doing 10 hour spaces. Like Nick Airball was on at 6 a.m. So I just got a lot to catch up on. So how, uh, how are you doing today, Doug, after, after everything that's been going down, I'm good. With, uh, you know, with the people kind of speaking out about some of the issues in the past that, that they maybe had. With yeah. You. I mean, Joey, I got to say, it's a rare day where you had to check in on me. <laughs> I just got like a message. <laughs> Are you doing okay? It's like, oh, man. Yeah. Time, times have really changed here. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, there's a lot going on. You know, I, I do want to talk about the, the Phil Galfon article at some point here, but m- maybe you kick it off. Like, what do, what do you think about that post? Uh, yeah, I mean, I had to read, read through it a few times. And uh, he definitely talked a lot about, you know, I mean, I can't, I can't really remember most of the post. It's a real long post, so I'd have to like have it next to me to really read it. But I think kind of he was setting up in terms of how people should treat each other and people should treat each other with kindness and, you know, kind of got to the point of the article, which was mainly about you and the way that you have treated people and some of the altercations. I think he mentioned the Charlie Carroll conversation that you had the other night and you kind of mentioned, right, it was like 4 a.m. And, uh, you know, obviously you weren't locked in. To the degree that you probably would have been locked in that situation because Dankness was hosting that space. He called up Charlie. Charlie came up. The guy was passionate. He was fired up. You know, he started talking about and really, really spilling his heart out in that space. I mean, I think everybody that was listening to that was pretty shocked about, you know, kind of the things he was saying, what he was hearing, just just what weren't what we expected. And then obviously you responded the way you did. And, and uh, you know, that turned into what it turned into. And then it's kind of led down the path to where. Phil Galfon, who's been, you know, stepping up more in terms of speaking out about a lot of issues in the poker community, which I'm personally happy to see more people speaking out, sharing their opinions, whether good, bad, or whatever it is about, and especially from somebody like Phil. So, yeah, I would say, I mean, he, he posed criticisms about the way you've dealt with things, and I think the criticisms for some of the things would fare. I mean, we'd have, we'd have to go by like a case-by-case basis if we we're going to really break it down and and kind of maybe talk about you know, what he said, which, you know, I think we talked about maybe doing that at a, at a different time, but overall, I mean, I guess from you reading through Phil's statement, I mean, are there any parts in there that maybe you did agree with in terms of criticism or any sort of responses that you've, that you've seen for people? Because I feel like the responses that people have given when other people from the community have chimed in and responded to Phil's post, you know, they, they haven't, they've been rather complimentary of you as a person in terms of, you know, they've said nice things and they try to, I believe that I don't, you know, I'm not sure why they feel the need to include that in a lot of these criticisms they do. I, I think they don't want to be mean and they don't want to come off as they're attacking you or they are bullying you. So they, you know, they'd like to say some nice words about you, which Phil included in his thing as well. So, you know, I guess what, what did you maybe agree with that you read from Phil that he pointed out? Yeah, I mean, so it it's tough. It's tough with that article because I just, I have a lot of different things kind of all going on at once with, with, with my thoughts. And, um, I think, I think the first thing is there's something very strong about when somebody who doesn't normally weigh in at all, or I would even say, you know, basically never weighs in, uh, kind of weighs in and and throws a punch in a heavy way where they're respected by a community. It it just kind of has way more power sort of regardless of what that punch is. 
Um, and, and that's not to say that it, it isn't without some merit. There's certainly some points in there where, you know, where he talks about the Charlie situation or the Fernandez situation where, uh, you know, he, he has some valid points. But, you know, I, I think that overall, there's a few things just kind of before before even talking about the article that they kind of just rubbed me the wrong way a little bit about it. Um, for starters, you know, over the years, uh, I've said a lot of great things about Phil Galfon in many different places. And I actually also had my go to for a long time, which was, you know, if you don't if you don't go to upswing for for poker training, then you should go to run it once. They do an awesome job there. Um, Phil really knows how to run a site. I've said that just countless times. Um, and you know, when I look at the poker training space, like we're the two big businesses upswing and run at once in terms of just overall traffic, they're the biggest businesses, right? It doesn't help me to say that, but it's because I, I think people deserve to learn poker from, um, a company that, that does it right. And, and they do it right. And I've said that time and time again about Phil, but rather than, you know, talk about when I've said great things about Phil or when I've said complimentary things about his game or talk about how great of a company he's built or refer people over to his company, and said it's like the one time where I said he's a shitty arbitrator. That's the story. You know, not not like the 98% of things I've said about Phil that are nice. No, it's like we're going to talk about talk about that specifically. I know that's not in the article, but just kind of an overarching theme there. And when you read that when you read that article, you know, <laughs> I mean like look at my track record over the course of the last 7 years. Uh, you'd think that every day I just make a video and just talk shit about people. You know, that's just simply not the case. Yes, I've definitely gotten in the weeds quite a bit. Um, but, you know, the reality is, like, we're the two leading companies in the training space. And uh, whether that's, like, subconscious or not for Phil, I don't really know. But there certainly is some some gain there for, for him. Now, as for the article itself, a lot of fair stuff. And he was even, you know, fairly nice to me in the way that a lot of it was written. But, you know, it was still kind of like, oh, I'm not going to get involved in this stuff because I hate doing it. But here, let me just kind of, you know, go after Doug here. Uh, and then kind of kind of on top of it, just just the way that it was written was just, it, it felt like, let's just put like 19 pages together here to read about Doug uh, that, that doesn't really feel balanced in terms of the content I represent. But in, in terms of content and just creating content and, and what I've made, it just doesn't represent fairly the vast majority of my work. And, and I stand behind that. I know people are just really excited about Phil Galfond and uh, I know people, you know, love Phil and have great things to say about Phil, as I have throughout my career. But I, I just don't feel like that article was fair, and uh, I, I'm going to speak out against it, kind of regardless of that. So that that was my thoughts on it. So basically, what you're saying is that you don't feel like the quality of the, your whole entire body of work, in terms of like you said earlier, right? You made, I don't know, thousands of videos. I mean, maybe not thousand, actually, probably over a thousand poker hands, where you're breaking down hands. You've been teaching poker players for. I mean, for as long as I really can remember, right, with your training site, even before that, doing private coaching, staking people. And then, you know, once you start, you're doing your YouTube channel. A lot of your YouTube content is about trying to help poker players out. And uh, then there's obviously the other kind of content, which is more about calling people out or making jokes or making memes and kind of stuff like that. And uh, so the response that we saw from that Phil article, it seems like a lot of people are, whether they agree with what he said, they are very happy that he spoke out. I mean, that article has, that tweet has like, what, 500K impressions. It has hundreds of comments. I've seen people I don't really even hear from chiming in on poker stuff, sort of recognizing that, giving their opinion on it. Yeah, I mean, like, the article says stuff like, Doug bashes Matt Berkey whenever he can. You know, that that so I've certainly made a lot of Matt Berkey jokes over the course of the last few weeks. But is that really an accurate depiction of my content over the last seven years that I've just been bashing Matt Berkey whenever I can? I've, I've probably bashed him like 
five times over like six years or something, you know, and we're going to, we're going to just reduce it down to like, Oh, that's Doug. Every time he can, he just takes a shit on someone like that. That's just completely false. Um, I, I basically just strongly disagree with the article. And, and I mean, look, like whenever, whenever something's about you, it's hard to be fully biased, right? Like, of course, I'm going to look at it from my own perspective, which is, this is not a fair representation of me, you know, in the same way that a lot of my content people feel like isn't a fair representation of them. That's kind of all in the game, but you know, Phil is doing the exact same thing that he's basically accusing other people of doing. He's just doing it in a way where he can, he can basically just like sit from a very safe house and throw stones. Um, he's doing this to kind of capitalize on the reach that it gets, uh, gets out there. You know, there's, there, there's no way about, around that. Did, did, whether, he, whether he's even doing that subconsciously did he, or not. Did he reach out to you before the article or anything like that to get, get your... No, he did not reach out to me. Oh, okay. Yeah, and do you feel like he maybe should have reached out to you? And, and I mean, I mean after, we, this, after the conversation we had recently, I mean, I, mean, Joey, I think it's an interesting question. Many, many believe that he does offer the clicks, and Doug, Doug might even tell himself that. But in my opinion, the motivation is clear. He is driven for some unknown and likely complex reason to hurt people emotionally. Now, look, I've done a lot of content over the years. I've done a lot of podcasts with you. Do you believe that that statement is true about me over the course of everything I've done the last 10 years? That you like to emotionally hurt people? No, that I am driven for some unknown and likely complex reason to hurt people emotionally. Yeah, I mean, I would say it's not for the read I've gotten of you. You know, I've known you for a long time. And obviously, I've talked a lot about I I, I can see why other people might have that perception if they're just basing your career off of a few examples of disputes you got into with other well-known people in the poke community, which there have been a bunch of them at this point in time with people that are fairly well-known that are talking to each other for years, right? So, you know, kind of something he mentioned in the article was that behind the scenes, like publicly, it's it, the perception's one way. And then behind the scenes, amongst other people, the perception of you is another way. And uh, so obviously, he's been talking to a lot of these people for a long time. So he's He's hearing it one way. So, you know, maybe that's that. And that's maybe that's what people's perception really is of your work. Right. You you think your work is this balanced body of work, podcast, training videos, hand breakdowns, some memes, some call outs. And, uh, you know, other people's perception is just focused on depending on what time of month it is. Right. If you win a tournament, they're focused on your poker. If you do a challenge, they're focused on the challenge. If you make yeah. a drama video, they're focused on the drama. If you do this, they're focused on that. So. It seems like right now yeah, this is I the mean, focus. Yeah, for sure. I guess one one last point on the article that just it just I, I just find hilarious. I don't say this as a slight to Doug. I mean, get the fuck out of here. Obviously, you mean this is a slight to me. The whole point of this article is to basically roast me up for some viewership. I mean, you can package it however he wants. He can make it seem really nice. He can make it seem like he's speaking out for the community, and, and maybe maybe he does. But obviously, the point of this article is a slight to me. So. You know, if you're gonna do it, I mean, at least at least embrace that you're doing it, and just don't just hide behind this. I'm a great guy. Everyone, let's get along. Oh, I hate that I have to say this, but Doug Polk tries to hurt people emotionally, and he's driven by a complex reason. By the way, I don't mean as a slight. LOL. Like, come on, let's just it's just not it's just not correct. It's not fair. So, so what are you, what are your um, thoughts but, on you know, what are your thoughts on so many people chiming in and, and seeming to feel strong? I mean, some people, a lot of people are agreeing with the article. They're agreeing with what's been said about you. They're saying that. You need to change your ways and you need to grow as a person and you need to stop treating other people in the community the way that you've been treating them over the past 10 years. I think there's a, that's a good question. So there's a mixture of stuff there, right? So for starters, there's a long list of people that I've gotten into it over the years. And I think, I think a, a part of it is 
I'm in, I'm, I'm kind of in a weird position. You're in the same position a little bit, Joey. Obviously, you operate a lot differently, but when you're a poker player, so like, let's just say, for example, you're a news anchor, right? Or you're a sports personality. You're either a, an athlete or you're a personality. You're very rarely both, okay? So when you are both and you have to weigh in on both, those people tend to be uh, sort of surrounded in controversy. And I, I think like one of the best examples I can I think of off the top of my head is someone like a Draymond Green, right? Where he talks a lot of shit, he has media stuff that he does, but he's also a player. And so I feel like when you're in that kind of hybrid situation where I am a poker player, but I also am, you know, one of the only people willing to cover the news consistently on YouTube, then I'm constantly in this situation where it's going to look like as a player, I'm attacking other players. But the reality is I'm, I'm covering things that are happening in poker and I think are important by and large. And that is, of course, with, with some instances where I have been at fault and have been wrong. And uh, I've definitely you know, gotten in the mud more than I probably should have in, in a variety of spots. So I'm not trying to, to defend that in its entirety. It, it's definitely not, not the case that I, I've been 100% in the right. But I've just covered a lot of these stories because I've been willing to put myself out there like that. And I've been willing to have passionate positions and I've been willing to, to say what I think. And so the, the nature of that is we've, I've got a very, you know, sizable number of people in the poker community who do not like me or do not like the way I represented them or do not like the content that I made. And I think when I was a smaller personality, I think that those things were kind of segregated and isolated, but now that it's kind of hit critical mass with people following me and people watching what I'm doing and I'm on all the shows and my YouTube viewership has been especially good lately. And so many people are watching. It's kind of hit critical mass where, you know, this comes up and then someone goes, Oh, you were upset. Like, oh, I was too. Oh, let's, let's kind of rally together. And, and so now it's just turned into a long, long list of people rallying together to the point where I'm seeing posts about just like, Oh, when Doug went after some markup, it was bad. Like, I mean, look, like we can, we can just decide like, you know, that I'm, I'm just bad because everyone's saying so, but I think you got to look at it issue by issue. And part of the reason I wanted to have a space today was I want to give people an opportunity to hear what I have to say on individual instances. And if you really don't like what I have to say, and you think that, that I'm a bad person, then, then so be it. Like that's, that's your own prerogative, but this just blanket statement Doug is cruel and just his whole thing is just to emotionally wreck people that's all he does like I'd like to look at these individual on an individual basis and not just kind of lump it all in together and just serve it up to to Twitter you know yeah yeah so I mean I guess has the discussion or has the article or has you know the community discussion has that influenced the way that you're thinking about making content in the future with regards to memeing someone or joking about somebody or saying something critical about them or anything that way. I mean, does it make you sort of rethink the way that you're moving? As you said, right. It's at critical mass. Now it's not like when we start off making YouTube videos and you know, 10,000 people were watching our show and like talking about it on the forums, but like outside of that, there really wasn't much discussion. And obviously over the years we've covered different topics and had all sorts of issues come up the past 10 years. And you know, some of those issues break through to the mainstream with some of the scandals, some of the cheating stuff like that. And, and this is one of the first times we've seen involving you where it's really starting to like break through the mainstream. And now you're getting a lot of pushback from this other side. So I would wonder if that does that make you want to change the way you're maybe treating people, which is what a lot of people seem to be giving criticism about. 
Okay, so let's let's analyze that a little closer, right? So I think in instances where I personally attack people for something that's just not related to poker, unprovoked, I think that's the stuff that I, I need to not do. Like, I think like the Charlie Carroll pedophile stuff, I could have just left that alone. You know, that was wrong. Or like the Daniel Negreanu, um, when I started replaying the old videos that he had that were, I mean, I guess we're on spaces here. So like the blackface videos and the, um, you know, the, the dildo stuff that, um, that my crafty video editor put together without telling me in the post of my videos. Thanks for that one, Thomas. But anyway, stuff like that, I think, I think I need to, I need to bow out of because it's, it's hurtful and it's wrong and it has no relevancy and it just gets into like this level of personal attacks. And, and I just think that that's, that's not cool. So I, I definitely want to kind of move away from that kind of stuff. Um, you know, as for like things within poker though, it, it's complicated. Like if an event happens, that's important and people are talking about it. I want to weigh in on that, you know, kind of regardless of, of what's the popular opinion. And, and I, I've done that time and time again, you know, when the, when the Robbie Garrett thing happened, I weighed in with my thoughts They were very unpopular to a large percentage of the population or poker viewership. I still said what I think, even though it made a lot of people upset. Um, you know, I've had a lot of issues like that where, where I've weighed in. So I definitely want to be able to say what I think. And if that means that I think someone is, is doing something wrong, then I want to be able to say that. Look, Joey, how many people are in here on YouTube just, just outing scammers and just trying to, to protect people against these guys that are stealing money? Like, it's basically just me, you know? And, and, and you can say that's for views or clicks or whatever, and certainly I want these videos to be viewed. But the way I look at it is, if we were way more public and direct about these people that are financially hurting other people, then we can actually protect people. Um, so I, I think that most of my stuff is, is doing good for the community. I think that uh, humor is also something that people enjoy and it can make either light of a situation or it can highlight the absurdity of a situation. I think that's stuff that I'm going to continue to do. I mean, frankly, Joey, I would say like 98, 99% of the stuff I'm going to continue to do. It's like, it's just those like fringe stuff where I attack someone at a personal level or I pick a time to like, you know, what I did the other day, um, that was wrong and and I, I want to avoid those but but look like by and large I'm going to continue the exact same stuff that I've done because I enjoy making it I think it's fair and I think it's relevant to the world of poker yeah maybe we want to pull some other people up here get some of the the questions from people out there in the spaces right now I got a lot of questions but I got to be a little more prepared especially if there's 2,000 people in here and we're going to really break this if we're For going sure. to really break this down you know I got to spend I got to spend a bunch of hours really going through this and thinking about it because yeah. it's pretty, uh, you know, a lot of people are very passionate about this topic and they really care about it. And, you know, I used to be really obsessed with all this poker drama. And like you said, covering the news, covering the drama, covering the good things, covering the bad things, making videos on it. And it definitely gets you in a lot of hot, hot water with people, makes people upset. Even if you try to be fair, try to be reasonable and you try to hear their side of the story and you try to get both sides of the story and try to present it a certain way. There's always going to be people upset. Some side's going to be upset at you. I've been dealing with that for a long time. I've sort of taken a little step back from putting myself out there and speaking on those issues as much anymore. And, and now we're starting to see new people start to speak out about those issues. So I am happy about that. And I do agree with what you said about drawing awareness to some of these bigger issues. Recently, you made that video about Ryuski and allegedly he's involved in some sort of issue at the LA Games. And you made a video about that, pointing out the risks about loaning money in these home games and obviously private game in the home game world and the credit world is a whole other issue altogether for, you know, you could talk about that for hours. So I do agree with what you're saying about 
trying to draw awareness to some of these problems. And you are one of those people making it, but I do think there are more people that are coming. And some of them are using a little bit more aggressive strategy with a little less due diligence than, uh, you know, maybe they should be. So maybe creators of the next generation will, uh, will be able to learn a little bit about maybe how to cover these scandals or how to do proper due diligence or how to do research. And especially if you can do a video now that gets 100,000 views or 500,000 views and you're basically going to make somebody, you know, I mean, kind of destroy their reputation. That's really what happens in these YouTube videos. If you call somebody out for this or call somebody out for that, if you go search for these people online or if you search for them on YouTube, then you're going to find like these videos or these results near the top of that. And, uh, you know, how do you feel about that? Knowing that the content that you make and produce could be leading to these people's reputation, taking like a, a pretty big hit. It's a good question. And this was something that I didn't have to worry about as much when I started doing YouTube stuff, because when you're the small guy and you're coming up, then those aren't things that you have to worry about as much. And, you know, even a lot of those videos that we're referencing kind of from like, by the way, I just want to point this out to, to be clear to the audience. A lot of the videos that we're talking about are between like three and seven years old. Like somehow they've become the like central focus of right now. Uh, and certainly they're, they're germane to, a, to a, a, a conversation about the content I've created. But I feel like everything is just getting brought up right now at the same time as a way to kind of steamroll. And, uh, and I just think that it's important to have a note of like what amount of time this occurred over. It isn't like this all happened at once. Um, as for the damage that these videos can do, I mean, it really depends on the situation, Joey. I think like, I think that if you do something kind of shysty or, or debatable, I, I do think that there, that should be open for discussion. And I do think that, that highlighting that is, is fair game. You know, I, I do think like, for example, I think when, and I guess we're going to eventually go through the greatest hits here today. So we might as well start off with this one. I, I guess when Alec Torelli has big chips at the back of his stack and his opponent doesn't see them, and then he gets stacked and is upset because he didn't know those chips were there and he doesn't offer anything to fix this problem that he created. I think that's wrong, you know, and then to go on his YouTube channel and just like boast about how he got him in it. I think that was wrong, you know. Uh, and so if I make a video on that and it's really popular and then you're like, oh, well, let's just blame Doug because he's a bully. Like, Is that the takeaway here or is the takeaway maybe that the substance in the matter that matters, too? So I, I guess like there's a balance and and I think that. I certainly need to weigh a little more the impact that this stuff can have. But typically speaking, I try to pick my battles on things that I feel at least fairly strongly about. <laughs> it's okay. So Alex Trelli, double A, right? So you basically made this video about this guy and uh, he, or he played this hand against, uh, what was, what was, uh, what was his opponent's name in that hand? Baby, baby something. What was it? Babe, babe, baby, baby, dick. I thought baby I remember dick. that correctly. All right, so baby, dick, and Alex Torelli played a hand. I like that. I like that you made. I like that you made me say that. I just, Thanks, Joey. I, wasn't, I, I didn't that. want to mispronounce the guy's name and not be the name. Okay, so anyway, so he's playing the hand against Alec. They come back from the break. There's like unseen footage, and then there's official footage, and then you guys made the video about it. You broke down that situation, and then he basically kind of became known for that. I guess some people say, but my, I think an issue that you could have with it is that the repetition and the quantity of you calling attention to this was maybe for some people a little overboard. And I think that's what people also from what I'm reading and understanding have an issue with is that maybe you call someone out once or you call someone out twice, but 
So you know, you keep including them in the jokes, you keep including them in bits, you keep putting them up in random videos to redraw attention to those situations, which I'm sure fans love. The fans probably find that funny. And uh, it's like a continuation of a story that you've been telling over the course of 10 years on your YouTube channel about all the things that you've covered. But you can obviously understand the impact that that's going to have on these people and on these stories for it becoming a major part of their reputation. So what are your thoughts about you know, when you do end up in these situations covering these stories like the Alex Trelli story or like any other story about just kind of doubling, tripling, quadrupling and, and kind of just keep going after these people, even though they've maybe bowed out or they're kind of on the sidelines, not really attacking you. Well, it's a, it's a good question. And, and I think like there's a few different angles to it. I think I think for starters, um, if, if I find something genuinely funny. Uh, I'm, I'm pretty willing to consistently post it because I, I make content and the goal of that content is to create stuff that people enjoy. So as long as the thing that I'm portraying is, I believe to be a fair rendition of what they did, then I'm okay with the fact that it gets shown a bunch of times and that people laugh at it. Because I think as long as it's a fair representation of what occurred or what I believe occurred, then I don't really see see an issue with that. Um, personally. Now, a lot of people are going to disagree with that, but now we're getting into kind of a conversation of like, if someone does something wrong and I cover it too much, who's the bad guy? You know? And I, I think that the answer, I mean, I'm not trying to call them the bad guy, but on certainly some of these issues where I, I feel strongly that they were the person that was in the wrong, I think they are. I think, I think once, once in these spots, like, especially like if you, if you notice too, Joey, over the course of my content, how many times when someone apologized did I keep going after them? Basically never. I mean, pretty much at any point someone apologized, I just, I just was like, okay, they're sorry. I only really kept the memes going when people were like, no, 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 no I'm left-handed. I'm left-handed is why this is why the chips were at the back. You know, it's, it's like spots like that or, um, you know, I guess we'll, we'll talk about a variety of other stuff too, but, um, there's definitely some. There's, there's truth to what you're saying. I'm not, I'm not disregarding it and it, and it can be impactful, but I guess like my personal opinion is that I think that if you do something that's kind of unethical or you treat people badly and then you don't apologize and, and you know, you, you're out there talking about it or you're just trying to pretend it didn't happen, then I, I don't really see a problem. But I do think that Joey, you made a good point. We should, we should try and mix up the, the conversation here a little bit. Uh, I'd like to go a different direction here if this is cool. And, uh, and Dankness is here in the chat. Uh, Dankness, you were hosting the Twitter spaces where it went down before. And uh, I guess, like, I'd like to kind of just get your opinion about kind of the way that it happened. Like, you know, what your thoughts were. Maybe kind of weigh in here at the top. I think that it would be a nice way to kind of kick things off here. So let's go ahead and uh, add Dankness in to speak. Yeah. Um First off, thanks for hosting tonight. I, I really didn't want to have to host again. I'm super tired. Um, so yeah, thank you for hosting the Twitter spaces tonight. Um, yeah, I have a lot of thoughts. Uh, I, I think that we were all kind of sort of caught in the moment with Charlie um, and what he said and his reactions. Um, and I think, I think the big takeaway in that moment was that you were presented with sort of new information and, and a different sort of, you know, perspective in first person. And you weren't really able to shift your own perspective in that moment, you know, um, and, and kind of respond accordingly with, with any empathy for Charlie and what he had been through. And I think that specific instance really sort of served as like the tip of the iceberg for this stuff and these other issues that people have with you. 
but yeah, as far as that space goes, I, I think that that was kind of jarring to just see sort of Charlie open up uh, so kind of sort of emotionally and, and painfully. And then to just kind of see you double down in the moment was kind of jarring for a lot of people that were in the space. And then obviously a lot of people that listened afterwards. Yeah, that that's fair. And when I listened to it back, I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. I, I didn't remember it um, at first. So I had to listen back the next day to see what I had said. And um, obviously I was very unhappy with how I had represented myself and kind of the, the, the place that I was at when I decided to, to, to speak there. Um, you know, I actually, I actually, it's kind of funny. Uh, I remember specifically us talking about whether you should record these things or not. And you were like, Oh, I'm not going to record them. I think the conversation is better that way. And I was like, Oh, that's cool. It's kind of like, you can just like mic off. And so I w- it was 4am. I was just totally out of it. I like, wasn't thinking I, I, I was just in not a great place. Um, mentally, and I was like, oh, I'll just hop on this Twitter space is it for you. And then that ended up getting like hundreds of thousands of views across everything. And it like basically is what people represent me on just like that one space, which, you know, I guess like really that's that's just my fault. Like I, I shouldn't think that I, I have some kind of um, protection because uh, it's not recorded or because it's 4 a.m. or because people care like where I'm at mentally or whatever. Uh, I think if you listen back, I'm pretty clearly not very mentally sharp or kind of really focused. Uh, and I guess I'm kind of glad my phone died that night, frankly, but, um, no, I, I think you're totally right. I, I think that it was, it was just clearly I was in the wrong, but there was also a little bit of it where Charlie was clearly quite prepared for what he was going to go after me on. So it was like Charlie at like 10 out of 10 firing all cylinders had prepared this for maybe years versus just like me in, in the state that I was at. And, yeah. But uh, I think the reason he was yeah. so prepared was it's obviously have like a huge toll on him, you know, emotionally. And and you could hear the buildup in sort of what he was saying and the kind of pain he had experienced because of that video and because of the amount of people that had sort of called him a pedophile, you know, and a pedophile sympathizer as somebody who himself had experienced, you know, firsthand the worst type of pedophilia from a, you know, a fucking family member. Um, and I understand that, but at the same time, you know, like I think one of the things I think that sort of, to me, a common theme is that like every, we make things black and white. And I've heard a lot of people defending you saying Doug does all this good stuff, you know, and I agree with that. I think you do a ton of good things for poker. And I, you know, I, I have people at the lodge right now that are raving about it. You know, I, I've personally watched many upswing videos and found them good. And, and a lot of your videos I do find really funny. And I think you're bringing people into, into the, the poker space. But I think that one of the just concurrent issues is that like you, in my opinion, treat things like sort of like a game and, and, and you try to win. And I think to me, what the the video you made about Charlie, it wasn't like Charlie scammed anyone, you know, it wasn't like Charlie, um, you know, sort of stole money. He, he, it was a video about live reads from what I remember kind of making fun of him for talking about live reads. And then you sort of included this tweet about pedophilia and look, it's one video, but, but I do think one of the things that's important is that like, just because you've done a lot of good, it doesn't excuse the bad, especially if you're in a position of power and you have a big voice. And I think that, that there, like, to me, it was just like, 
in that moment, regardless of the sharpness, it was just sort of jarring and frankly, a little bit, you know, disturbing to see that you didn't have empathy for what he was saying, because it felt like basically you were the only one in that space. And I know that you were unprepared, but that was sort of the reaction. I think that was the reaction I had and the community had as a whole. Yeah, that's, that's totally fair. And, and I was wrong. I mean, all, all I can really say is like, you know, I was not in the correct mental space to have any kind of conversation. And, um, I, I chose like an incredibly serious and important one at, at a point where I was just like at my absolute worst ability to discuss anything. So I'm, I'm not defending myself in any capacity. I was wrong. I should have been more compassionate for Charlie. It, it was wrong of me to, to, to talk past that and not respond to the, the points that people were bringing. I was just so tunnel visioned on something that was not relevant to the conversation and I was wrong. I mean, I, I'm definitely, I definitely have points I'm wrong for sure. Like, I mean, if I, I I'm not saying that I've by any stretch of the imagination been perfect over these years of, of the, the content I've made and the conversations I've made. And that was, that, that goes in like probably top of the, the list of things that I, I regret and I'm sorry for, but you know, once I, once I've said sorry about this and once I've acknowledged that I'm wrong and that I am sorry, there, there's really at that point, you know, I've removed the video. I've said sorry. People are trying to demand for like another apology and like, you know, um, um, other people's apologies and like this, that, and the other. And like, look, like this is this is essentially this is. I mean, I am sorry, and I'm doing the things that that I think are right to rectify that as best I can. But this is not going to turn into I grovel for forgiveness from everyone. Like, I've said sorry. If you if you think it's insincere or not, you rather, but you know, people at large, then then that's really all I can really do. You know, at this point I, I'm going to be moving forward. Yeah. So that's one video. Um, and you know, like regardless of the impact that had, I do think for me, I take a little issue with the idea that sort of you just do whatever you want. You speak out when you see issues, because just from an outside perspective, I mean, like to me, it just seems like you kind of take easy wins a lot and you attack people that sort of don't have the ability to defend themselves or don't have big enough voices to fight back. And, you know, like, like why is Johnny vibe sort of getting thrown under the bus for charging high markup? But, you know, Bryn isn't really getting come after for, you know, the, the things he did. I mean, that, that is just so not true. I've gone after Bryn a bunch over the years. Um, I think a lot of people remember some Twitter responses we had back and forth where you gave him a nice little clown emoji. I mean, I, I look like, but where were the videos the way on Brent, you know, it, when all that stuff was going on? Because you're making... I mean, I mean I, I'm pretty sure I had one of Bryn's horses on for some frog poison not all that long ago, my friend. I think, I think I've think i done some Bryn, some Bryn content over yeah, the years. Yeah, but where's the video? Like, like, you did a video on Berkey recently. You did a video on Johnny Vibes. You did a video on Charlie. Like, where's the video like that on Bryn? You know, he's a his, his issue was, I thought, way more relevant than these people. And I'm not saying you didn't do anything. I'm just saying, where's that type of video... When that thing is going on, where's the Ali and Jake video? That's to me one of the issues I have with okay, that. Okay, so so I've done a bunch of stuff on Ali and Jake as well. So like you're you're kind of cherry picking here in that in that you're just like oh everyone has to get a, a specifically a full video about them. No, that's not how I do things. Like if I think there's enough content for a full video, then I'll do it. If I think it's just going to be a segment, I'll do a segment. I've done segments about all of those things that you just mentioned, every single one of them over the course of my channel, over the last even year or two, I've, I've covered all of those stories. So you're bringing up things that I, I have covered. Um, 
But what was the question right before that? You mentioned something and then I got distracted by the, by the brain the, thing. Qu- the question was, Dengdis asked you about why do you pick at, after people who can't defend themselves? Oh, right. So yeah, so that, that's, okay, so essentially if we look at, look at the course of my YouTube career, right? When I started, my channel was very small. And so when I went after anyone for things that they'd done, it was, of course, punching up because I wasn't anyone relevant, right? I mean... Would you say that like the years I went after Daniel Negreanu were punching down? Obviously not, right? No. So I don't think I don't think that it's like this. Like I go out there and pick small people to stomp on. I I go out there and I and I see what I think is important to talk about and I talk about it. Um, and that that has been a variety of people. That's been big people. That's been small people. That's been all kinds of people. Um, yeah, I don't, and, I don't think it's. Like, I I understand that I'm sort of picking things and that you did speak about them. I guess to me just. In terms of what has the most reach and the most power, it is the type of videos you make with Thomas, you know, and, and the type of sort of things that those have the biggest impact. Those change the public opinion. You know, that's what, what changed the public opinion on Alec. And, you know, I guess to me to not see that sort of as somebody in the poker world, it was disappointing because I felt like those people deserved it a lot more than some of the other people that ended up getting those videos made about them. And again, I don't want to make it black and white because you did talk about those things and you did interview Martin. I just wish that there was a little bit more push from you just as like a, as a bystander in poker to kind of take out the, the people with, with your power and your reach and your platform to me that I've done the most harm. And I feel like you've sort of targeted people that oftentimes like their, their violations seem like minor to honestly insignificant in terms of the wrongs they've done. And, and that's your opinion and you have that right. But that's just my own sort of stance on, on this stuff. Okay. Yeah. So, so if I could perfectly list how bad everyone's, you know, uh, issue was, and then make it more popular, the more of an issue it was, then, uh, then of course that would be a fair way of doing it. But that's not really the way that, that YouTube works. You know, we're talking about a seven year time span. We're talking about a lot of different stories. And then once you present a story, what matters is how the audience receives it. And if the audience receives it well, then it's more popular. So as the content creator, you don't get to pick which stories are big or not. You get to cover the stories that you want and then the ones that are big are big. I've covered all of those things that you've mentioned in various ways. Every single one of my videos is edited by Thomas. And so I've done bits about all of those people over the years. I mean, Ali cheated versus me playing 100-200, you know, and Lord knows how many dollars I lost over the course of that getting cheated at those stakes. That was definitely covered in my content, right? I mean, that's just not a very popular story because you have to explain, okay, well, there's a solver and it's on the side and like, here's this guy you haven't heard of and there's no video footage. It's just not, that's not a story that people relate to or are interested in, even though it is much more egregious. You don't get to pick, rank everything by how egregious it is and then that'll be popular. You just have to make the videos that you believe are fair and then the chips fall where they made. Does that, does that kind of yeah, make sense? Yeah, and I think that's a fair sort of segue into the the, the next and, and honestly one of the last things because I want to let other people get on and speak. Um, but you you do have to follow sort of some formula now that you're on YouTube and I understand that. But to me, I think that formula honestly – it, it oftentimes highlights things in an unfair way to the individual it's targeted. And to me, like a great example of that is the, the, the sort of video you made about Berkey and Solve for Why, where the video is sort of about how he's a fraud, you know, and we shouldn't look up to him like we looked up to Ivy or Nick Petrangelo. But you start the video off with a hand history 
where you don't even include the, the, the detail that there was a bounty on. So it sort of just looks like he's playing a hand horrendously without any context. And to me, that's where it gets kind of tricky because like, to me, that's sort of omitting truth, you know? And it, it, it seems like that, and I, I, you know, I think there are other instances of that too, but that's the one that sort of strikes me the most in terms of most recently is at what price, you know, sort of does the, does the full truth and the full story play to hit home with the audience, you know? Yeah, so that, that's a good point. And, and I, think, I think I would agree. So we, we debated that internally, um, whether it was fair or not, and whether, you know, what's the goal of our video. And, and we decided that we didn't really think that, like, the goal of the video was to really break down a hand. The goal of the video was we're going to kind of roast Berkey in this hand. And so the action in the hand itself is kind of whatever. Um, so I think, I think I'm happy to, to say that I think that that was a little bit too far and that I should have included that. I, I think that that was wrong. Um, I don't think that it was like a major wrong. Like if I had to weigh like the Charlie thing versus this, like, you know, the Charlie thing is extremely high on that scale, but like this is like a two and a half or something. But I think to the average person, if you watch that video, you recognize that we're mainly just using the hand as a way to create a funny video. It's not like we're really breaking down the way that he played a hand. Right. That's just kind of like the veil of the of the conversation. But I think that's a fair. Yeah, the, the, there's obviously an, a huge element of comedy. And trust me, I, I you know, I'm sorry, Berkey, but I laughed at that video a lot and I thought it was extremely funny. But I, I think the narrative is very different if you explain that there's a bounty on and and it, it really hurts your case as sort of even if it's a joke video you were sort of saying like this is this guy's sort of a fraud as a good player and if you can prove that through a hand where he plays it terribly it, it helps it sort of just helps the case you're making but it also helps the sort of effectiveness of the video hit home with your audience and i do think that was very present in that video in that situation and i, I think it's been present with other people too you know i heard daniel sort of saying that you you clipped up kind of one part of a big interview he did to sort of paint him in a way where he was kind of sort of defending poker stars. And I, I just think you, you need to have responsibility because it's not like you're a journalist, but, but you are sort of reporting on these issues. And I think that as the biggest voice, it, it, it to me, it just, it, it takes a trustworthiness away. You know, when I'm in the booth and I'm commentating, and even when I'm commentating, I'm kind of like, damn, like even with the Jack four bounty, I still don't like this play from Berkey, but he's obviously never doing that without the bounty on. So that's just a, a personal thing that I think, and I think other people take issue with is, is that you're, it, it feels like you're kind of picking cho and choosing things to make your case. And that's where I don't really buy the sort of holistic element of just doing whatever you feel like. And it feels more like sort of you're doing things for a specific purpose and you're going to use the information that is relevant to complete that purpose and, and sort of exclude the information that, that hurts that case. Um, if you will. Yeah. So we have a, that's, I think that's very fair by the way. And, and I, and I wouldn't, I wouldn't disagree with you. Um, I guess like the debate on that one is when we get into territory where we're clearly doing a, a like a comedy video, which is what that video was, how, dedicated to poker analysis and the accuracy of why they're making these decisions do we need to be and we have we, i have like a group chat where we, we discuss videos and like what we think like the the line is on stuff and and sometimes these these 
kinds of topics get close or heated. And, and I remember that one being specifically having some debate on both sides. And uh, I don't even remember which side I was on, to be totally honest with you. Uh, but I, I can tell you that that one was close. And I think if you want to say that it was a little bit too far, then I think that's also fine. But I, I also just kind of want to reiterate, we're talking about mentioning there's a bounty. And I think one of the commentators might have mentioned it in the video anyway. But regardless, we're talking about mentioning there's a bounty on a video that had like four or five minutes worth of skits that were prepared over the course of, you know, that day or two or whatever. So, yeah, so, I mean, yeah. I was the commentator. I'm pretty sure it was never mentioned. And I do think that one thing I think that's a common theme to me, and I do think it's really good you're doing this space and you're, you're opening the floor up to people. It's just, I don't really feel like there's a lot of self-reflection on your part and a lot of really introspection and self-awareness about what you're doing. And I've heard you say, I do have people pushing back I don't know if that's fees or JMO, but but I would personally like to be like to see myself or someone from a different perspective have have a say in some of the things you're doing. And obviously, that's that's not something I'm 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 requiring. Yeah, let's let's you. get something very very. Um, let's get something very clear. Not nothing is getting run through fees. Um, I do appreciate the the support fees, all of the, the great tweets we've had over the course of the last few weeks. Yeah, I would say um, just from a strategic yeah, no, perspective. It's not, you, <laughs> I, I usually, so I actually have JMO as my video lackey. Whenever I have a video I'm going to post, I just make sure he gives me the thumbs up. Um, he actually makes some small edits and uh, he, he really has an attention to detail. No, JMO is also not, no, it's like people that work for me, you know, it's not like a, yeah, I, it's not like a, I think a just, from the, just from the, the, the sort of, the, the, the issues that have come up, I do think you need, and not to sound corny or cheesy, somebody with a little bit more morality and uh, sort of like just just trying to make sure that the individuals that are targeted are being fairly represented because I do think the theme, and again, th this is not all your videos. Like you made a great video about Ian O'Hara recently. It's just certain videos that have a big impact. And I think we're hearing from the community you know, whether it's someone, you know, like Fernando, who has a website put up with a search engine optimized, like these people, you know, or even like Johnny Vibe sort of is like having the story from uh, his, his wife's brother, uh, sorry, his brother's wife, Christy Arnett, about how much effect that had on their family, because, you know, he, he sold at a high markup. And I just think that I, I just don't really feel like over the course of time, you are, uh, careful enough in terms of the impact that these videos will have. And again, it's, it's not every video. So I, you know what, you know what, man, like, look, like, and I, I think you're coming from a good place. And I think that you're coming from a place that a lot of people feel like, but I'm just going to bring this back to reality and back to planet earth, which is I, I make tons and tons and tons of videos. They're getting pumped out all the time. And YouTube is a volume game. And if you get tied up in like, is this one thing perfect or not? Then what happens is you get bogged down endlessly. You don't have the volume. You don't succeed. You don't have the platform. So, you know, look, like I've made six or 700 videos on YouTube. I don't even know what the number is. The average video length in there is, I don't know, 15 minutes, something like that. There's just so many chances to either, you know, either make a mistake or not fully go through every single detail that... I just don't think that that's feasible. Um, and and look, like if you if you think that like a on a in a smaller niche, like you should be, you know, having the video. Like actually, to be totally honest with you, I don't even watch the videos before they go up. 
Um, I record my clips. I send them over to Thomas. I trust fully in his ability to post them. He'll run some bits by this group chat we're in where we talk strategy and we talk about like the way that we post things. And I just say, look, like I, I trust you to represent me well. And like, let's just go for it. Because if you get into like the, okay, you check, then he checks and sent it to him then check it back. Like, I, I just don't feel like that process is something that is scalable. And what is really important when you try and scale when you're going for a volume-based video strategy is that you're you're flexible and that you're able to produce it at a fairly high clip. Now, when it when it's a video that I do think is going to be potentially damaging, we put in a lot more effort. We do a lot more research. We follow up with more people. Like for example, the Ryusuke story or the Ian O'Hara story or these types of stories. Like I reached out to both those people before I did it. I let them know I was planning on doing it. I want let them know if they wanted to respond. They still can if they want. So if I'm doing like a dedicated video, I, I usually reach out to the person, but I certainly do more research than I would in like a standard run-of-the-mill video. But to expect that like because I do like a throwaway joke in an intro of a video, I need to like, you know, make sure that the person's gonna be okay. Like that that's just that's just not feasible. No, and I understand it's a content game and it, it's it's a numbers game, but I do think there's a price and and a sort of you know line that that you just have to accept the consequences. And I think you're seeing some of those consequences and they're all sort of coalescing at once because these are things that have happened over the course of time, but but people haven't really spoke out like they've wanted to clearly, and they've held on to things. And I, I don't want to pile on. I, I've said most of the things I want to say. The one thing I do want to say is like, I've hosted spaces like, you know, and I hosted a space last night, and I always want to have both parties. So I don't know if you heard anything that was said in the space last night, but certainly if I've said anything or if I've had conversations with people about you, I want you to always have an opportunity to respond in that case, uh, before I get out of here, because I don't, I don't want it to be one sided. And I don't want this to be just like a, you know, a, I'm not looking to cancel anyone. I'm just looking to have these conversations and try to sort of see if we can make any leeway that way. For sure. I, I appreciate that. So I, I, I listened to a good chunk of it. There's just so much, it's hard to kind of go through all of it. I, I felt like you were, you were fair in, in overall, uh, at least what I heard last night. I didn't listen to the one before. There's a lot of these things, man. But um, I think overall, you you were pretty reasonable. And uh, I do want to highlight one thing because I think you 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 said something that's important, and I kind of glossed over it. I think like you mentioned that you don't feel like there's enough introspection in in terms of like the the impact that my content has. And you know, I, I think that's that's also a good point. And, and I think like before I post something where it could have like a serious impact on people. I, I maybe do need to think a little bit more long and hard about like its impact on people. That's not to say that I haven't, by the way, like I usually do think about like, do I think this is fair? Do I think that this is a subject that I'm happy to go into? Do I think that the impact of this is okay? But I, I think going the extra mile on things that, that, that really have the, that really have an opportunity to be to be damaging, like not just like a joke, an offhand joke or something, but rather like the real damaging stuff. Um, I think that a little bit more uh, discipline and a little more dedication to to being committed to to preventing some potential damage for some people that that don't deserve it. I I think that that wouldn't go amiss, and I, I do think that that would end up with the same most of the same videos that I made, but uh, but I think that maybe the few that that shouldn't be made wouldn't if, if we just spend a little more time there. So I, I appreciate you saying that. Yeah, man. And I think that, that that's something that I just don't think it should be blanketed into, oh, I'm just making content. I'm churning content. D you know, there's different situations. In some situations, you don't need to have introspection because things are just clear 
but there are others where I think you should. And, and I, I do appreciate, by the way, your openness to doing this um, and speaking. And I hope other people will, you know, will, will keep com- coming up and sort of if they have issues, just just, you know, this is to me, this stuff becomes like, oh, I want to cancel this person. I, I just want to have a conversation and voice my thoughts. And I feel like you've given me a chance to do that. So thank you. Um, and thank you for doing this. No sweat. Appreciate it. That, that, that was great. Okay. Let's look in the chat here, see if we have anyone that makes sense. Um, feel free to request if you'd like the mic, um, going through here, maybe some potential people. Um, Thomas is in here. I don't know if he wants to, to jump in here. Uh, always, always good to have the co-creator of my videos in the space as well. Let's see who, who, who'd be a good person to bring up here. Let me go through. Oh, we got Matt Berkey in the chat. I feel like Matt Berkey would be a good person to have. So I'm going to invite him if he wants to come up. He's welcome to. Either way works for me. I'm going to keep looking through here in case there's someone else that would be good. I think Berkey will probably come up here, but just in case he doesn't, let's maybe grab somebody else. No one, no one in here seems like kind of a slam slam dunk invite, but oh, here we go. I think Berkey. Wait, no, did it? Did it going through? Oh, here we go. Okay, approved. All right, Matt, how's it going, man? Okay. All right. Uh, let's uh, let's then just move on to someone else. Matt, we'll be back here. Yeah, if you guys, if you guys want to request to speak, just just raise your hand. Uh, yeah, Doug can go through the request right there. Doug, if you want to, I see a few other names out here. Definitely a lot of names. Kyle and Kessler. He's always got a spirited opinion about everything. For sure. So, see see Remco out there. I'm, I mean, I'm really curious about you know what some of these other people think about what's been going on. Jamie, Remco, Allen. Yeah. Uh, you know, I see Russell Thomas in there, or I see Russell and Thomas and Marley. So I'm I'm curious what the other people from the community think about some of the stuff you've been saying. I've been reading the Twitter comments during the spaces and seeing some of the criticisms. And I think you're trying to address. You're. It seems like you're pretty willing to address any question or topic. And I'm sure Berkey's going to come back from the gym fired up, and he'll have some stuff to talk about. So, but yeah, let's see who who's requesting. Well, ho- hopefully he. Bl- Hopefully blast the lats extra hard today and, and takes easy on the space. I guess we'll I guess we'll see how it goes. Yeah, so I, I I'm really I'm really trying to have this be as much of an open forum as possible. Uh, anyone whose name seems like someone I've covered before, I, I'm happy to give the mic to. Uh, I'm also happy to give it to some neutral people that are personalities in the space. And um, you know, I'm also there's a few people that I'm friends with. I'm happy to have up here too. But I, I'm not trying to kind of pad this out with people that know me. Uh, I just kind of want to have an, an an honest conversation about. About everything that's been going on, and and, and for the record, I, I'm not I'm not asking for for sympathy here and what's been happening to me over the last few days. Um, I, I do think that it is it is the nature of of kind of the area that that I'm I'm involved in, and uh, it sucks obviously when people are, are piling on to this degree. But you know, it, it just kind of is it just comes with the territory, and I, I also I respect that people have had these experiences and uh, feel the need to to talk about them. That's that's totally understandable as well. Um, okay. Do we have any requests here? Um, let's see. I don't know who that is. So I'm not going to give them. I need, we need some talkers guys. 
We need some people. I'm going to, I'm going to start inviting some people up here. Um, oh, Eric, uh, Efro. I'm going to add Efro in. Efro, how's it going, man? You got to unmute, unmute your mic, uh, Efro. Bottom left-hand corner. Hey, what's up? Can you hear me? What's up, man? Yeah, we can hear you, brother. How's it going? Yeah, man, you're good. How's it going? It's going, it's going all right. Um, obviously, the last thing I want to do is kind of pile on in any way. Like, I don't really know what that serves to, to gain. But I think that a lot of the things you're kind of saying here are not necessarily doing you a lot of favors. Um, like, Doug, you're brilliant. Like, you, you just are. You're a brilliant poker player. You're a brilliant content creator. And the videos that you and Thomas create, like, there's a reason you're the number one content creator. Like, you're really good at this. And I think that you talking about people not bringing up a lot of the great content you've made over the years, it's because no one needs to. Like, everyone recognizes that. Like, the videos you make on poker hands and discussing the news and current events and your opinions, like, those are great videos. Like, there's a reason why you've rised up and, you know, you talked about how your channel was so small and now it's huge. It's because you do great work and you approach things for the most part, in, in really great ways. The things that people are talking about, the things that Phil is talking about, like, are things that are more personal attacks. And you've mentioned that you want to cut out some of them, you know, more, but you're also talking about Phil doing this for clicks. And for someone like me, that that doesn't resonate because that that's just not like we've seen who Phil got yeah, we've seen who Phil Galfond is throughout the years, and that's just never who he's presented himself as. Like he's not He's never put himself in controversy. He's never really been outspoken on a lot of these things. So to think that he's now calling out specific behaviors purely for clicks, it's just hard to digest. Like saying those type of things just doesn't really sit well with me. And um, yeah, I I just want to, I mean, I want to mention it. I want to know that you're like actually taking in a lot of the stuff people are saying because you know, you've made videos throughout the years about people that, you know, I don't know anything about. Like, I didn't know who Charlie Carroll was. I didn't know who Alec Torelli was. And so I heard these videos, and I think I've had opinions on these people based on the videos that you've made. And that, that hasn't necessarily been a positive or a negative. Like, it's had negative thoughts in my head about them, but it's been passing because I don't talk about them, you know, to other people. I've never gone after them. I'm not you know, discussing them with other people in any kind of negative light, but that's kind of sat with me. And then the video is about Daniel. Didn't really feel like there was much to say. Like Daniel was the most popular poker player in the world, has a huge platform. Didn't really ever feel like the person you had to like come to the defense of. And then, you know, I made a comment a couple times about some of the stuff on Berkey because, you know, I've watched a lot of Berkey's content and I didn't think any of it was really true. A lot of the attacks on Berkey because I think Berkey's a really good person. Like everything that I've seen and gathered from, you know, kind of digesting Berkey's content and seeing who he is and what he's putting out there, you know, left a good taste in my mouth. And I've always felt very similarly about your content. And right now I feel like I need to kind of reevaluate some of my own personal thoughts because, you know, at the heart of it, I, I want to believe that you're a good person and that a lot of these things are just kind of for clicks. Um, the more negative stuff. And again, because you are so good at this and you create such good content and you have such a huge voice, 
you know, I, I really want everything to be, I guess, more positive, but I don't know. I'm starting to ramble. So. Yeah, I, I appreciate that, Eric. Thank, thank you for the, for the kind words. And then, and then I think also like a pretty, pretty reasonable, um, grounded series of questions. You, you, you kind of went into a few different things here. So, um, what, what, what do you think was the most important there one there you want to tackle me to tackle? You're talking about individual personalities. You're talking about the Phil Galfon article, I guess, I guess to start off with the Phil Galfon thing. So can we just take a step back here about this whole, like do it for clicks or not thing? Um, and I, I just kind of want to push back against the fundamental idea that I think gets construed online, which is, okay, if you do content because you want to do content, that's fine. But if you do it for the clicks, that's that's bad, and you, it's for the clicks. But I view it just kind of fundamentally different. I think when you post something on the internet, your goal is to get people to see it, whether it's a tweet or a post or a video or an article or whatever you post. The reason is because you want people to see it. And so why would Phil Goffin write an article about this instead of like what happened in the tournament in EPT? The reason is because it's a popular story that people are going to see. So I don't, I don't think that it's inherently a bad thing. I think it's a good thing. I think the market kind of decides what the content is that people want. And clearly an article that is, is, a, is a Doug takedown article is clearly a very, very popular piece of content right now uh, for a variety of reasons. So it was a very well-crafted piece and it, w- it it hit into a vein that people really wanted. But the reason that he chose that subject is because it was going to be popular. It's not be- just simply because he just decided to offhand make that piece. Um, and so I, I guess like we can debate like whether it's fair or not, but I, I'd want to say that. And then I, I would also want to kind of just reiterate over the years, I have said countless times, so many positive things about Phil Galfond. So many positive things. I've said so many positive things about Run It Once. I have had by far and away the most positive. I mean, of any training site I've said good things about, it's been by far and away Run It Once. I've recommended that to people countless times. They do a phenomenal job. They have a lot of the best coaches in the world. I mean, they're they're they do a great, great job. So I guess my problem with the article is the article is written in a way where it's like, I don't want to slight Doug. Well, yes, you obviously do want to slight Doug because the point of this article is to is to, is to you know grill me or or do a Doug takedown or like talk about Doug or whatever the point is. I guess it just doesn't feel very honest to me to say that like that's not the point of it when it pretty clearly is. Um, now that doesn't mean that I think that that Galfon is a bad guy. I mean Galfon's one of the best guys in poker, which is why I think it's just so hard to defend yourself from that kind of article because he so rarely steps out and, and does something like that. And it, and it adds all kinds of credibility to it as well. Um, and it might be also what he feels most passionate about right now too. I'm not, not saying that that can't be a, a driving force, but you know, like to, if you're going to, if you're going to levy, if you're going to swing the hammer and, and then tr- try and say like, Oh, it's not cause there's a nail there. It's like, yes, you're swinging the hammer because there's a nail there, whether, whether you're, you're going to say that or not as, as for the other people, um, well, I want to respond to that first because I, I personally it. think you're pretty far off the mark. Like I could totally be wrong. I'm happy to see where I'm wrong, but it, what you're saying doesn't make sense to me. Like I, I get where you're saying to like, you want to bring the viewers in, you want the clicks. Maybe you might have something that implies something negative about Doug to get people inside. But he said things in there about you being cruel. And he thought that everyone believed that you were cruel. Like, 
he could have said the opposite there. It would have gotten the exact same response if he's like, hey, everyone needs to be nicer. Doug's videos need to have less personal attacks. But at the heart of it, I believe Doug is a good person. I mean, right, do you disagree but, with me? Well, so I, I disagree with the framing a little bit. It also said in there that I'm driven to emotionally hurt people, which I don't believe is true at all. Okay, um, I think like point because I, but if he didn't I, I think that like, and he didn't include that, like that yeah, I mean, didn't change anything. Like that didn't bring in more clicks. Like that had to for me reading that, it's because Phil really believes that. Because that sure. didn't need to be included. He I don't think he's okay. trying to take you so, down. I think he's speaking so, his truth. Sure. So let's just like separate things just briefly. So there's a point to be made for what can I cover that's going to get good viewership? And then there's a secondary point, which is how am I framing my argument? And do I feel like it's truthful to the way that I view things? And I'm not saying that the second that he he's not doing that. Like, I think he can make a perfectly honest article in his eyes of what he sees happening, but it still is for viewership. If he's picking a subject where he's like, essentially going to go after someone, right? You're doing that because you know, it's going to be viewed. It's yes, going to be popular. For the subject. No, for the conclusion. Like, that's my point is I agree with you entirely that when you, if you're writing that article, if you want to make the claim that Phil is writing that article because he wants to drive traffic and he wants clicks, I can't argue against you. But when he comes up with his conclusion of this is who Doug is, this is why I believe Doug is doing it, that conclusion doesn't need to be there. He's already got the clicks. Okay. So, so yeah, so that, that I, that's reasonable. Um, I, I do feel like that article though, if you read that article, you would have a very different taste of the total body of my work compared to what the actual total body is, which is primarily hand reviews, lots of news videos where I don't really go into certain things with people. Yes. Topics I weigh in that are controversial. Yes. Occasional videos where I go after people. But if you read that, if you read that article, you would think that that's what I do every day when, you know, of my 600 videos in poker or whatever it is, it's probably like 50 or 25, whereas the vast majority are not like those things. So I just don't think that the portrayal is particularly fair. And, and I guess like we can debate that back and forth. And, and certainly there will be a lot of people that think it is fair. And that that's that's fine, too. I mean, everyone gets to have their own opinion. And and guess what? Like, I'm probably going to be pretty biased here because it's about me, right? Like, it's kind of hard to look read an article about you and then be like, oh, this is a really great piece. You know, like, obviously, when you're getting roasted, it's, it's a lot more difficult. And you said some nice things in there, too, for sure. Like, I, I think like, that might even be, you know, maybe maybe we're kind of in the same, maybe we, we agree here more than, than we don't, Eric. Like, I think, like, I do think that when Phil wrote it, I think that he he wrote it um, from a place of, of honesty and how he views it, right? But that still is how he views it, and he still is my main competitor in the poker training space, and he still is someone that, um, you know, is going to have a different view set than me. I mean, look, like, Phil Grafon's incredible. Phil Galfon does not really get very much viewership on YouTube because he makes a lot of videos about like what the solver does on the turn. And that's great content for people that want to know what the solver does on the turn. But you know what kinds of content really are popular? Stuff like what he did. And I get I think in a way it almost kind of proves like the model of all of the stuff I've done over the years where it's like we can all sit here and say we should be kind or we should be nice or whatever. But then, you know, he posts like a th this article where people view it as like Doug Polk destroyed and it's going to be the most popular thing that he's ever done in his life so far. Of course, there's always room for improvement. And the reason is because people really care about these drama subjects. They really, really care 
passionately. They, they'll say they hate it. They'll say they don't watch it. They'll say, oh, can we move on? And then they'll watch it and then they'll click it and then they'll see it. And so I think like it, it, it kind of shows like the problem here, which is like the way the incentive structure works is if, if you make a lot of really nice videos and you can do it well, like I think, you know, the reason my hand reviews did well is because it was generally speaking, nice content that people enjoyed because it's about the game of poker, but tapping into those areas is very popular. And here we have the conundrum, which is if we want to be really nice to people, then we can't basically engage these subjects, then we're not going to get the support of the following or the viewership. And so we're kind of in this, in this difficult scenario where people that are more aggressive in that, in that area are going to be rewarded. Does that kind of make sense, Eric? I, I think that everything you're saying makes perfect sense. And I agree with basically all of it, but I think you're still missing the general point of what I'm like. My main argument is not that this type of content does not drive clicks. I agree that it drives clicks. And if you want to say that that's the reason why he's creating that, well, I'm not going to debate you there. The point is only the conclusion. Like if he's coming to this conclusion, that part was not to drive clicks. In my opinion, again, I could be wrong. When he then says, like, if he wants to say all these things, like, hey, Doug needs to stop doing these things. But when he, his conclusion is then Doug is a cruel person or that Doug's main drive is to hurt people emotionally, that part is not for clicks, in my opinion. Like, he's already got the click. He's already got people inside. Sure. Yeah. And that's, so, like, that's, but the point well, that you're making about how it's not the entire body of your work and it's an entirely, it's a very small subsection of your work is totally fair. But I think that goes to a very similar point to what Charlie was making last week in that no one really needs to state that. Like, your work is phenomenal. I, I'd like, like, I'd like you have so I, I, many great videos. So, I, I generally agree. I, I would like one last note on that, which is. If people hear that something is is more aggressive or intense, then they'll tell people, and it, and it will actually get more viewership. Yeah. So I mean, but that's that's a small note there. I, I think by and large that you're right, and 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 I'm not saying that I think Phil Galfon is is lying or purposely coming after me because like he has a vendetta versus me or something. I don't think those things are true at all. I think he's giving an honest assessment of of who he thinks I am and his thoughts on me, but. It's also done from a place where this is this subject is like this is a very safe take right now. Like you know what guys, I was thinking about it. This Doug Polk guy, not great, am I right? Like that's a very safe take in in the current ecosystem. Um and so it's like kind of hard to draw the line of like at what point is it, you know, because you know it's it, it's a relatively safe take versus um at what point is it because you think it's the right thing to do and 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 I still by the way just to kind of conclude the Phil Galfon thing because I think we've kind of gone through most of it at this point. But mm -hmm. uh, I, I I do think that typically speaking, Phil comes from a good place. I think he's done a lot of awesome stuff for poker. I have a tremendous amount of respect from, for Phil. I think he has an, an incredible training site that I, I that I just think is a great place for people to go. If, if you want to learn poker, I think that they do an awesome job. Uh, and I think by and large, he's like one of the most trustworthy people in, in all of poker. And, and, and I've, uh, I just want to make sure that people recognize that this is not me trying to, to, to go after Phil at all. I, 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 I have a lot of respect for Phil. I, I just do think that like this article is a little bit, it's a little bit different than the way that it's being portrayed. That's, that's the only thing I, I want to say. Yeah. I, I think your points are totally fair and I'm going to close out with just one other thought. Um, because again, like I've said, your content is great. And a lot of the things that you do when you make opinionated pieces, even when it's obviously a negative story, like your Ian O'Hara article, our video is really good. Like you, you make really strong content about things that involve 
you know, your opinions like the Robbie Garrett, all of that stuff is great. It's, it's literally just the personal attacks. And I think that you don't really see any pushback from other people who do similar things like dankness, like Berkey, when they call out things in the community, they're like, hey, this is messed up. Like, you know, I, I think that things need to change here. We need to fix security here. You know, obviously, if, if well, those end up getting yeah, wrong, then they get called out. But when you do those things, those are great, too. Like, I don't think you get pushback on that either. It's just it's just purely the personal stuff, I guess. Yeah, agreed. I, I And I think I think that just like the random off off the random out of the blue personal stuff. Basically, I think I think. With maybe the only exception being if someone is just like personally attacking you and and they're coming after you, then I think yeah. you're probably more in, in, fair. But I think that just like out of the blue attacks on people that are that are of a personal nature or of things that are not really pertaining to poker and what they're doing in poker, I, I just think that, that stuff has to stop. And, and I think I was wrong, so I, I I agree with you. All right, awesome. I appreciate your time and having me on. And uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to what you come up with in the future. No problem, Eric. Appreciate it, man. Uh, let's see who else we got in the chat here. Uh, it looks like Daniel Negreanu in here. If he wants to talk, uh, he is, of course, welcome to welcome up to speak. Um, let's see if there's any other people that kind of make sense while I'm at it. I did see GTOX tweeting a lot of things kind of along the way. Uh, I I find myself kind of agree. Oh, okay. Dan, Daniel's Daniel's here. Daniel, how's I'm it going? Doing good. How how you doing? How you holding up there? <laughs> I'm good. I'm good. I got to say, Daniel, it's a little more fun on the other side. I would imagine uh, so. <laughs> Actually, I wanted to chime in because I was listening to you and Efro. And Efro is, I think, making a slightly different point than what I was hearing in terms of the Galfon thing, okay? Because from where I was listening, what I heard you doing essentially was like essentially questioning Phil Galfon's motivation for writing it, essentially saying, which, you know, something along the lines of he's doing it so people will see it, right? When I see Phil Galfon and the guy that I've known for a lot of time, like my impression is he desperately did not want to do this. Like, I don't think this is my opinion, right? And yours is opinion based, too. And I'll get to that in a second. I don't think his motivation for writing that was, wow, this is a hot topic. This is going to be popular. I think you get there partly because, you know, there's an old saying like people who bluff a lot. They always think everybody else is bluffing. Right. So like with you, if you were on the other side, you would see this opportunity and you're smart enough to know you're like, holy shit, this is a really good time for him to write this article because that's how, you know, you approach it with your content. You want to win. You want to be the best. And you are right now that that's where I sort of I feel it almost feels like a, a somewhat attempt to like for false equivalency, like, hey, guys, look what I do. And Phil Galfon's doing the exact same thing, you know, by attacking me. And it, it felt like you weren't you weren't you're obviously not directly insulting him but you're essentially um making it appear at least to the listener and i i talked to a couple people and they sort of agreed with me on this i don't know if others do that you're kind of like uh you know trying to make somewhat of a false equivalency in terms of the motivations behind you know why you do your content okay. phil yeah that's 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 a good point and, and a fair point and, and i think i think maybe the way that i phrased that was was slightly too strong i it, I, I don't remember my exact wording now. Um, I, I guess, like, really, what I what I meant was when when you write an article in a blog post, you're you're going to pick a topic that is you think is is you know going to bring people in to read it. Um, I think like you, you can make that sound as as um, as bad or as good as you want to make that sound, and and I don't think that there's anything wrong with him doing that for the record. Um, but I, I do think when he when he wrote this article. He's writing it because it is it is a a 
relevant, popular topic that people will read. That's possible. Um, now, I, I, I so that that's absolutely possible. So like, I, but we're both sort of guessing because it could be it could be as simple sure. as he felt morally compelled. It could be you know you know it could simply be that he felt like he's you know kind of what he wrote in the beginning. Like he feels like he's been quiet. He hasn't been outspoken. He hasn't stood for things that he believes in. It could be simply an impetus based on listening to some of these spaces and things like that. So I think one of the things we have to be careful of on both sides is like assigning, you know, motivation for what, why Phil did this as though it's clear cut. Like it's a, it's an opinion you have that's possible. I agree as is mine, right? Like who knows what really motivated Phil, right? Like I, I think Phil's brutally honest in his things about, you know, he even mentions how much he likes to be liked, right? Which is a common thing. And very few people would say that publicly. And it's, it's true for a lot of us, despite, you know, not wanting to say that. And he does say that, you know, he's always been a guy who's like avoided confrontation. And if he was like, say, for example, because he has a training site and all these other sort of sidebar kind of things that in a normal situation, you know, if it was, if it was not Phil Galfin, I'd be like, oh, of course, you know, if Dominic, like if Dominic just started DTO was coming at you, right. I'm like, all right, well, you know, if he's doing it in a disingenuous way, it seems like that's sort of a business thing with Galfin. It doesn't, I don't think it like it rings that way to anybody and sort of, again, I, I mean, I obviously could be wrong. I'm open to it, but I thought I felt like that sort of line of um, kind of false equivalency was not on point. Not, and that, I don't know if Efer was making that same point or something completely different, but that's what I was hearing. Right. Yeah, that, I think I, I think that's fair. I definitely don't know where he's coming from, and I, I should have I should have prefaced it with it, it's my opinion that 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 is a is a at least part of the driving force for why he does it. Um, I, I guess I'm kind of talking myself out of that no, now, though, because. Um, I do feel like a lot of the content he makes, um, he makes that no one will want to watch. So may, may, maybe I'm, maybe I'm just totally off base here with, with that. Um, but I guess like, I guess like I'm, I have more issue with what's kind of in the article itself and uh, I don't want to get like bogged down and saying, I know why he made it, which I don't. Uh, and it's, it's also really tough to be unbiased when it's about you. Like when someone posts an article and it's basically about you in a negative way, and then you look at it and, and it's very popular. It's tough. It's tough to feel like, oh, yeah, this is a very fair assessment of the situation, right? Because you're you and you're a human being and, and you and you have thoughts and feelings about it. Um, but I, I think to say that it was for sure for views uh, is is probably over the line or is over yeah. the line. And, and I should I, I would agree completely. Like you read an article about yourself and somebody's out speaking about who you are. You have a different view of it. it that's going to sting. Even even if they're like somewhat right, the parts that aren't, that's going to stick out. I think ultimately – um, well, shit, I lost my train of thought here, but ultimately, you know, um, I, I think it like, it's not as simple as saying, well, he only said these things, you know, it's not as simple as just to make it go away. Say, you know, to say, he, not that you said this, but to say that like, he's only saying this because he has a competing trading site and he's trying to get more clicks for his things. Right. And you didn't say that. Right. But it was sort of kind of on the fringe of like, maybe that's why. And, and if that were the case, then you can sort of negate the value of what someone's saying, you know, like. Which it, then it can come off as dis, uh, disgenuous because it's just like, oh, he's just doing that for clicks for yeah. business, which is what people accuse you of all the time, right? Sure. Yeah, and, and I think where, where it gets tough for me is I'm not a big guy that believes in, in checking the motivation for things. I like to look at the action because it, it, it's difficult to truly hammer down someone's exact motivation and people are complicated and can have a lot of motiv- motivation factors that are concurrent. So it could be like... Phil thought this was a really important topic to talk about. And Phil thought that this is something that um, people wanted to read about, or Phil thought like, this is, 
you know, someone that competes with me in the trainings in the training business, or what it could be any of those. And it's probably the first one. It's probably not the last one, but we were just kind of speculating as to like what, what drives him. And, and, and it could just be like a ratio of things, right? It could be that by far and away, Phil thought that this is an important talk that the community needs to have. And, and so I, I guess like, I'm not trying to deflect in, in trying to just like make it seem like you can't believe this article because Phil's in it for the clicks. Like that's definitely not the way I want my, my argument to be considered. Well, that, that's good. Cause that's, cause that's, that's kind of how it's, cause it's unnecessary to even have that. Like you have every right to say that you, you know, you, you don't agree with everything that was written or you take issue with it. I think like, and you can do that independently of, you know, sort of questioning, you know, for what other things that we talked about his motivation in terms of why he did, or, you know, or, or sorry, because that, that is an easy way to deflect, right? I know you, you say you're not trying to deflect, but it would be a really effective way if you're like, Oh, okay, this guy's only saying this because he's my number one competitor. So, and so that, that can just sort of squash the argument rather than actually engage in the argument, which is much more, prov- um, much more worthwhile here on these spaces. And that's what we've kind of been doing for a few days. And I'm glad to hear that you're on here and, you know, willing to step in the kitchen and take the heat. And then that's, that's it for me. I got nothing else. Okay, man. Yeah, no, no, no problem. And I definitely agree. Um, I, 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 and I guess like today as a general theme, I don't want this to be just, I'm trying to deflect and, and not accept responsibility for, for mistakes that I've made because I'm a human being and, and I have definitely made mistakes. So if, um, if at any point feel, someone feels like I'm way out of line, but by all means, please, please tell me. But, but I, that, at the same time, doesn't mean that I'm here to apologize for everything that I've done. I, I stand by most of my work and, uh, I'm proud of the, the platform that I've built. And, uh, I really like working with the people that I work with. I think they're just genuinely funny, awesome people. And, uh, I look forward to continuing to get to make content in the space, but um, I, I just want to basically like find that middle ground where we cut out some of the worst things, you know, while we keep the the bulk of what of what I feel like it, what what needs to be said. So, okay, so Daniel said he's stepping out, so uh, let's uh, let's go ahead and uh, invite a couple other people up here. Um, let's see who makes the most sense now. We got in the chat. Um, we could invite, there's a variety of people we could invite up here. We could invite Andrew Nimi. We could invite Remco. We could invite Jamo. We could invite Kaelin Komiski. We could invite um, all kinds of different people here that, that would make sense to to invite. So if you want to uh, you want to step up, just uh, feel free to request if you're any of the names that I've just mentioned. Um, I do kind of want to limit the number of people that I'm not familiar with just because I, I, I want to know the, the people that I'm talking to. I'm happy to have different viewpoints here, but, um, I'd rather talk with like known personalities that represent themselves and stuff. I feel like it's a bit more fair of a conversation to have. Um, so let me see here if there's anyone else that I think makes sense. Well, we have over 3000 people here, guys. Thank you for tuning in today. It's pretty, pretty crazy. I appreciate you guys taking the time to listen to what I have to say. Uh, it's, uh, it's an important subject to me and I want to make sure that, you know, I come across in the way that I think is authentic to me and not just uh, kind of what's been, been going on lately. So um, no one wants to talk. Is that we're going to, okay, maybe, maybe we'll step someone up. We're, we're going to try this out. We're going to, we're going to invite up. We're going to accept this invite from, let's see here. The, the people do not want to be recorded an elite conversation and be put onto YouTube. And, and uh, if they ask the wrong question, maybe, I don't know. Oh, you're saying that they're afraid. Is that what's going on here, Joey? 
<laughs> now, who knows? Oh, maybe. I mean, it's on that note of afraid, in- intimidating circumstances. On that note of afraid, I got one more because I remember you were sort of talking about it earlier. You know, when you first started about sort of the mob thing, right? Because, like, obviously, in the last few days, you've gotten a lot of heat all in one, you know, one big swell. And I, I don't think it's similar to sort of this like internet mob thing. I think it really comes from, genuinely speaking, courage. courage right? Because some people started to speak. It's almost Me Too movement-ish. Like, I was Me Tooed by Doug. I was, you know, I was taken down by Doug. And the more people started to come forward and share, the more courage others had to. Because let's be honest, Doug, and I know this, I know this internally from people in the media, people were genuinely afraid, genuinely afraid to speak out against you in any way in the media and outside, because they genuinely did not want to be next. Because when you get on a, when you get on one, right? And you're going to do a teardown. They're so effective. Nobody can compete, right? And then you just, you know, you bury these people. So I think what you're seeing, it's less of a, let's all, you know, pile it on Doug. It's more like people sharing their personal stories of how, you know, like the Johnny vibes and stuff like that about just the, like the subtle ones, you know what I mean? And they're coming forward now and feeling more empowered, similar to that rather than just like, you know, mob mentality. I think it comes from, you know, um, common courage, you know, group courage, if you will. I, I think that applies to, to something like 10, 15, 20 people, but we're, we're talking about a much bigger number of people than that. And so I, I'm more talking about like the, the, the people kind of behind it. Right. Cause, um, I mean, I'm not even, I'm not even saying that it's inherently wrong. So I, I don't even know what point I'm trying to make, but I, I think the people finding the courage to, to speak, uh, about this, uh, there's definitely a, a good chunk of them and, and, you know, they certainly deserve to have their voices heard and, um, yeah, that, that's certainly happening. Yeah. I don't mean the trolls who are just saying you're an asshole. I'm just specifically speaking to, like you said, the 10 or 15 people that have come forward with their story and shared that, like within the community, obviously not Bob's four, six, seven, nine, three, three, eight, who says you're, you know, a douche con, right? Like just the people within the community who have never spoken out against you for many years. And it's, it's genuinely, and I don't know if, how this makes you feel, whether it makes you feel more empowered or any, I don't know, you tell me, but like, they're genuinely afraid of you. Genuinely so. I've heard other people, even recently, that are just trying to make, make a name for themselves. Like, on a, on a Twitter space, uh, they can speak for themselves, saying, like, as they grow a name, part of their fear is, like, shit. I mean, you know, Garrett spoke to it, too, like, when he spoke on a space. Like, a lot of very powerful people are afraid of the machine that you have because it's so effective as it turns out video. And as a result of that, it's the, one of the dangers of that is you end up in a bubble where you're not actually getting the feedback, right? You're getting the feedback the, you know, the safe feedback, the stuff people are scared, you know, they're not telling you the stuff they're afraid to talk to you about. They'd rather stay out of your way. So all that feedback, all of what Galphon was talking about, he's like, he thought everybody quote unquote knew that you were cruel, like behind the scenes, but they don't come forward for like a lot of the reasons I said. So you realize like you, you just have a lot of power in that. And that's why every time you make a video, it's worth that extra step of saying, okay, like this is a joke. It's funny. But what if people don't know the context of the joke? Like, how would this affect this person's life, et cetera, et cetera? Like, you know, that joke, like, where you put my, well, my car was in the handicap spot or something, right? And then you made it seem like Wait, you walked I thought, up. I thought that was an actual picture. Was that so, yeah, that's but, an actual picture, so, right? That, so here's the thing, right? Like, context. Because I got a whole bunch of people saying I'm an asshole fucking parks in handicap spots every day at the World Series. That picture was taken in November 9, in November, when the whole area was blocked off and talent Everybody parked there. Norman, Chad, we were all parked in this area. We were told to park there. Somebody snapped a picture, right? But then in your video, 
you did it during the World Series and you sort of, you know, Thomas did a good job of photoshopping it. And I had so many people tell me how wrong it was of me to be parking in that spot. And there's no, no, you know, no excuse. Right. So I know it was a joke. Right. But the byproduct of that is a whole bunch of people genuinely thinking that every day I come to the World Series and park in a handicap spot. So now, you know, I have to defend myself. And even though it was a silly joke, little things like that, you know, again, can can cause people grief. Right. No, that, that totally makes sense. And, and I think like it, yeah, I mean, like I, I'm trying to think about how to phrase exactly what I want to say here correctly. So I feel like if you, I feel like that instance was, was wrong. Um, I think like in general, trying to, to poke light at things is fun, but I think when you're taking it to a degree like that, where you're showing an event incorrectly, um, where you're just making it look like someone is doing something that they're not, that is bad, then I think that that's gone too far. But I, I, I think specifically with you, I was just way out of line on a bunch of things. Um, actually, not the rake comments, but I don't really want us to go down that road. I, I listened to the Twitter space of, um, last night with you and, and Garrett in that conversation. Um, but with specifically like the personal level of attacks, like that, that's probably my number one mistake frankly because it was just like the volume and the length of time um but no one really seemed to care because it was like i was punching up kind of so there was really no kind of pushback in the same way um so but as far as like the personal stuff like that goes i I think that was wrong of me i will say though daniel just just to kind of go the other way on on what you're saying there when you talk about everyone being afraid of me, I do feel like there is a little bit of, of irony there just because when I was kind of coming up, I do feel like everybody was afraid to come after you. Um, I think that there was not really many, there were not many people that were willing to kind of risk their name and credibility to come after you because, you know, you're, you're so well networked in the poker world and making an enemy with you, unless you have your own platform it, it is a bit of a death wish. So I, I kind of did feel that the opposite of that, what, what are your thoughts as how, people might feel as that pertains to you. I couldn't possibly agree more with you on that. I definitely experienced that and felt that, right? Anytime you build sort of stature or level of quote unquote power in the industry, you know, you become an influential person and everybody else in the industry is like, well, shit, you know, I don't want to get on this person's bad side. That is completely and absolutely accepted. And I agree with you. And you're right. Up until that point, you know, I obviously have always been outspoken. So I've always had haters on two plus two or whatever like that. But you're right in that nobody actually like kind of like, you know, stood to me on, on issues like, you know, or whatever the case may be in an aggressive way or like in a takedown variety. And so as you understand, too, and I, I imagine you experience this now. So in my shoes, I'm sitting at I'm, I'm in a spot where I'm already in a good position. And this young guy who doesn't have a name for himself, right, is actively trying to essentially but in part, I would imagine this is true. Correct me if I'm wrong. In part, you know, use my name to serve for further advance the channel and all these kind of things and grow. So from my perspective, I've like, I got two choices. Do I fight back? Right. And if I do, well, now I'm sort of giving you exactly what you want. Right. Because, you know, that's that's what the drama is, what creates the, the zhuzh, if you will. Right. Or, you know, I just don't say anything and then allow you to kind of just like essentially characterize me in the way that you know, however way you wanted to without fight, you know, without pushback. But I 100% agree with your initial point, which is that, you know, I was in a position of power. And and I think it's a, a responsibility for anybody in positions of power. I think Berkey's in those shoes now. I think Will Jaffe's in these shoes. Like understanding that, you know, 
this can happen to them too. What I think we got to learn as a community when it does, when it's malicious or if it's malicious, and if it's not coming from a place of like, you know, authentic, you know, like from a good place that we should, you know, stand for these people as well. Cause that's the one thing I remember being disappointed in. It's like, you know, whenever you would make a little, like a sort of an exaggeration of my character or whatever, like not having people stand and that, that was hard to see. And so I do think like part of what all this cleansing and hopefully what this will do going forward for you and for everybody else is get to a place where when, when somebody's out of line, like we can, we can hold them accountable. Right. And you've even said you want to do 90, 70, 80% of the stuff you do cut out the bullshit. Right. And you don't need the bullshit. I said this on the space, like your, your channel's so big, right. You know, you, you, you do such good stuff. Like if you, if you stop doing that, it's not going to ruin your stuff. You know, it's not going to ruin it at all. It's still going to be just right. as popular and maybe even more. Maybe you'll expand your audience. I'm not saying that's a fact, but it's possible. Yeah. And, and also with, with I'm not I wasn't saying before and I don't think you were saying this either. Like, I'm happy to still get in involved in, in the controversial stuff, but just keep it based on, you know, as it pertains to poker. Right. Just like not not drag it down to like, let's just go personal attacks on this person. Um, that that I think is is the is the key. But what do you think about this subject then, Daniel? Because this is kind of an interesting one too. So I think one of the reasons why my channel has has done well over the years is is being willing to kind of engage in a lot of these topics. But but that does come with a lot of baggage, you know, and, and I, I certainly have had my moments where I was wrong and, I, and I've mentioned a few of them today so far. But but then I've had a lot of issues where, and I would say most issues, where I feel very strongly in my conviction that I was right. And I still would take a lot of heat for that because in poker, there's a bit of a, a there's a bit more defense for the the players in general, I feel like, than in a lot of spaces. Like, let me give you just give you an example, right? Um, yeah, and I'm not trying to just go down the, the, the Tom Dwan thing as you know too deeply, but I feel like with what happened with Tom Dwan and Jungle, I, I really do feel like Tom Dwan was very out of line in the way that he treated Jungle and, and the way the side bet was handled and um, the way that it w- didn't play out. And I remember making videos about that, feeling passionate that, you know, it was unfair to jungle. And I took incredible amounts of heat for for basically that position, even though that I thought that it was right. And I remember looking at that and thinking to myself, like, is it even worth it to do this? So, like, what's kind of your position on, you know, what, is it necessary to have people, you know, saying what they think in these situations and kind of like the... What do you think about the blowback whenever you do enter the arena on, on these kinds of subjects? So, so I think Will made this point earlier about scale and scale matters. And you sort of your your argument against that was something to the effect of like, you know, you don't get to choose what what's what's interesting to people or what what to cover. But you do, you know, ultimately you do. And you do now more than ever. And I'll tell you why, because you've already built it. Right. I think you're right in that when you were starting out, all this stuff was kind of necessary as far as, you know, what your goals were to get there. But now you're there, man. You're there. You're big time. Right. So now when, it, when I talk about scale, I talk about like I watched I, I saw the Alex really thing. And I'm like, what is the big deal here? Like in my mind, obviously, you know, you have a different view. In my mind, I'm like, so we had a chip that was not visible and we fucking ruined this guy over that. Like the scale right now. You know, when I first started speaking out in poker before you did YouTube videos, I was speaking out against like, for example, hundreds of millions of dollars being stole from players on full tilt because of what Howard and Chris were doing, right? Like that's like, when you think of scale, like that's a big fucking deal, right? Alec Torelli having a chip sort of kind of behind and, you know, figuring it out or whatever, like the level there, or, or, or Johnny Vibes maybe selling too high of a markup and stuff like that. It's about scale, right? And it's like, how much attention do you give those little itty bitty things versus 
the really juicy, important stuff, you know, and, and I think like, you know, you're a great voice for, for handling all that big stuff. And when you do like in-depth journalism on those things, it's going to be really effective. I think where people at this point, especially because you are in a position where you're always punching down now, right? You're very rarely going to be punching up because you're already up there. So anytime you do a video about somebody that you're punching down on, you have to think about scale. Is this really that big fucking deal? Is this person a scammer or a fraud or any of these sort of buzzwords for like a little itty bitty mistake? Like obviously going way, way back, you know, I use my own, you know, personal view is like I did a 30 minute video about, you know, different issues relating to rake back system and, and this, and like, you know, you did an effective job of boiling the whole 30 minutes into four words. And that was it, you know, and you ran with it and it was really, really effective and made a huge deal. Like, did I do something? You know, I said, I, I, I said a phrase, but like it ended up, I said a phrase and then it was held as though, you know, kind of like I did this villainous thing. Right. And, and, and then that's what I would just, you know, if I was going to give any two cents going forward about what to do is think of scale, you know, and there are big fish out there and there's like really big issues that you can tackle. And like, the, again, like I said, you, you know, someone else mentioned this, you're always going to be punching down now. So just be even way more mindful of that and ask yourself why you're doing it for real. And understand too, that you do get to choose. That's not, I don't, I don't believe that. You don't, I, I believe you hundred percent now because you're successful, you can choose whatever you want and you can choose how you, I, how I, you proceed. Yeah. So I, I don't actually agree with that, but, but before I say that, like, I, I disagree on the rake interview, but I really don't want to, I just don't want to do this. So can we just not talk about the, the rake interview? I just don't want to. Yeah. I don't want to talk about it either. <laughs> yeah. Let's just, let, let's just, let the, we, we are going to agree or disagree. We've, we've squashed basically everything else. I think we can let one go. Um, but anyway, so to talk about the things that you mentioned there. So when you make a YouTube video, I, I, what you're, you're correct in that. I definitely get to choose what I cover. That's for sure. True. Obviously true. But then when I post it, what what does well or not well is based on what people what people like and what they click and how long they watch. Like YouTube looks at it. So like earlier when when Dankness was talking about like why didn't I cover these other things? But he didn't even realize I did cover them. It's just nobody cared. So those videos did poorly. So even when you have a big platform, the audience still kind of decides what what they think is important or not important. And I, I try to not force them to watch the things they don't want because that's how you kill your channel, right? I try to find the the areas that people are interested in and make my content around those. Um, so I definitely get to choose, but you kind of have to choose things people are interested in or they, they will go poorly. And like, like, let me give you a good example, right? I covered a hand the other day, really interesting hand, probably the most interesting hand I've covered in my channel in a bit. It was basically like Mariano in a hustler's tree. And he like picked like an interesting hand to bluff with. And he ran it for a huge pot where he just like bluff with bottom pair. And I posted it and I even did some solver analysis and I broke it down. And I was like, I, I actually was just curious myself. So I spent like a couple hours on my own, just like checking different lines and figuring stuff out. And it, it's basically one of my biggest bombs that I've made in the last couple of months. And the reason is that people don't like bluffs. just as an average. Like the average person doesn't like bluffs and the average person is not interested in a solver analysis. And so this is just a not good video. So I don't get to then decide, oh, it is a good video, right? Because it, how it does is based on that viewership. What do you think about that? Okay. I have a really, really strong opinion on this. And as for, I'm glad you brought this part up because I wanted to speak to it. It's like, here's what I believe, right? I believe in part how you're deciding if a video is good is based on how many people see it, Right. 
And when you're an artist, let's say, for example, you're an actor, right? You have a choice. You can be a guy who only does superhero movies because they pay 10 million. Or you can be someone who loves the craft so much that you do an indie film that you thought was really, really beautiful. And it might have been your best work and some of the work that you're most proud of. But guess what? Nobody saw it. Now, if you judge the process of doing that work based on clicks, it's a I believe it is an unwinnable game right? Because no matter how many people view it, you're always going to want more. And then when you get more, you're going to need more. Like if you, sh if you sort of change your viewpoint and your mindset from it's successful based on views versus, you know what? I'm really proud of this video. I loved it. I, I enjoyed making it. And, uh, you know, the people that did watch it, they appreciated it. Like you sort of make content. Um, you know, you have a choice now, as I was saying, to make content that you really love or, and which, you know, as a byproduct should mean others love it too. And sometimes they won't, or you can make content you think people want to hear. That's a dangerous area because you know what people want to read and they want to hear. Yeah. They want to hear the I, bad I guess, stuff. Right. I, and it's I, like, I, then you're sucked into that cesspool of negativity. Yeah. I guess I, I, I disagree pretty, pretty solidly on this one because so I, I think like in business or, or in basically you should sell people what they'll buy. You shouldn't sell people what they should want. And like what people should want is a really in-depth video that breaks down exact combos and where they should bluff and like they learn some things and and um and basically they can take a lot away from it. But I think like when you're looking at at a channel on a YouTube channel and like look like YouTube is my business, right? Like the reason I built my channel, I only got into YouTube because I started a training site and I've built up my audience over those years, it's my business. And so when I look at my business and I look at my product, which is my content, I, I try to create the product that people want, not the product that they should want. And I think people get really lost along the way. And by the way, this further, well, I won't even bring that up, but, but basically people get really lost along the way trying to sell people what they should want when you should be selling them what they do want. Right. So then if we break that down, ultimately, as you said, it's for business, right? So the motivation ultimately for the videos that you choose to give people what they want is ultimately, you know, it's financially a bit related, right? It just is, right? Because if the goal is your business, you want to improve your business. So you will make videos with the end goal of like sort of making money. And there's nothing wrong with that. But in some cases, you know, people could do things for money that to some degree come with a cost or selling their soul or whatever the case may be. Like imagine there's a video you could make, right? That's going to get 5 million views, right? But you know, it's going to like destroy your best friend. Like, or, or somebody that you like or admire, like, is that human beings well-being, uh, you know, worth the, the extra like, what's more important to you ultimately. Right. And I get it, you know, you, you know, you're a business and you have to make videos that make clicks, but again, and you've even, you know, from what I've heard, sort of acknowledged that like, yeah, maybe I don't have to push as far. So you're willing, it sounds to me like you're willing to sacrifice some views to, you know, be like a more positive contributor to the community as a whole. I would say I would say that's correct, I, but I, I I do also want to say that I I have tried to do that in general over the years, and I've I, I've definitely had the moments I haven't, but but I mainly have right. So it's not like I've just been selling out for any viewership on any video this whole time. I've just had a framework that maybe is a little too loose aggressive when I should be playing a bit more snug pre, you know. Yeah, I don't think you're unique, by the way. I mean, I think. If this is true of everyone, like everyone in the content game, not even in the content game, people in social media, people with an Instagram pogo, like we are conditioned to, you know, be driven by likes. And in some cases, you know, for you, you have a financial backing for a lot of people, they don't, 
They just need it for self-validation. And I guess what I've learned through time and age, I'm 48 now, you know, I don't fight the same battles I used to. I've learned through time is that like, it really doesn't matter. <laughs> in the end, you know, it's like, it's, that's not what you, if your validation is, and I'm not saying, you know, that this is for you necessarily true, but if the val, if someone's validation only comes via like likes and, 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 and views and stuff like that, it's going to lead to sort of a depressive state because again, you know, I'm, I'm a big believer in the idea that like, if we believe in the lie that more is always better, then we can never truly arrive because wherever we are, more is always better. And I don't mean that with Rake. Okay. <laughs> I was like, dude, you gotta be kidding me right now. Are you baiting me out? Like what, oh what are we God, doing right now? So stupid. As soon as the word that, came out, that was incredible. Office, don't, I used to actually block people on Twitter. Literally, if they started the sentence with the word more, I just blocked them. <laughs> that, was my, that was my rule. But anyway, yeah. back, back to the main point, like, um, yeah, you know, I think like, and I do know I, I here, I'm, this is my opinion of you. Okay. Just honestly, like, I do think it, I do think deep down, it is important to you that a lot of people view your things for more than just money. Like, I believe that it's important to you because I do believe you want to be liked. I do believe you want to be, you know, an, uh, an important figure in whatever that you do. I remember when we did a podcast, I sort of asked you this question at the end, you know, in terms of like, why do you do what you do? And you gave an answer, but you're, I don't know. Your answer was kind of canned and political, but I think like underneath it, what I was looking to hear was like, I do, you know, part of why I do this is because I want to be appreciated. I want to be loved and I want to be important. And there's nothing wrong with saying that, but it sounds really yeah. like I'm a look at me. I want to be, you know, but, but at, at, our, at our core, don't we all want to be special? You know, it's okay to say that it's okay to, to be that because a lot of what you do, you know, underneath, like I've seen you as a very, I, th I think you're sensitive in a lot of ways both good and bad, right? I think, you know, when people don't like you, it triggers something in you where you're like, fuck this guy, I'm going to burn him to the ground and his children, right? Like internally. But Not, then no, do, no, no, ch no children anymore. I'm a new father no, no, no here. Children, no children. But no like, children when anymore. When someone crosses you or when someone doesn't like you or someone comes at you with like, because you know how you say you can take it, you know, Rob Young was saying that. It's like, you take it, but you take it because you can give it back a thousand times worse, right? You know, And you know that, right? So, it puts you in a, in, in a kind of position where, you know, that sort of sensitivity of, I think my personal opinion, wanting to be liked when you're not, or when, when I, when someone pushes back against you, it brings out like the worst parts of who you are when you try to tear somebody down. And that's not who you are. I don't think that's not the entirety of you. I, I don't think I've seen, you know, yeah. you know, we've had good discussions in the last year, you know, my wife trying out your products and loving them and, you know, all these kind of positive things, you know, and some stories from Len Ashby and other people saying good things about you. It's when that, when that, when your ego is pierced or whatever it is, that's when you go into this attack mode and, you know, looking deeper into that specific aspect of your persona and your personality, I think, and again, I'm not trying to be a psychologist here, but like, I really think you get a lot of value out of looking at like, man, why do I, why do I do that? You know? Yeah, I think I think that that's that's pretty accurate. I, I debated talking about this today in my video I made, but I, I didn't really want to make it long winded and kind of just psychoanalytical about myself and, and my upbringing and stuff. But I think this is probably a, a reasonable spot to, to talk about it. So, I mean, when people ask me like where I'm from, I I never really lived anywhere specifically. Um, I moved around constantly. I always was at new schools. Uh, I went to like. I don't know, 10, 12, 15 schools or something. I don't even know the number. It was just so many ideas where I'd go school to school to school. And so I, I never really had any consistent friends growing up. 
Um, I was constantly thrown into new areas and new places. And, and I was always just kind of the fat kid that got picked on everywhere that I went just along the way. Um, so I, I, I had to get used to like, you're in a new environment, you're going to get made fun of, you're going to get picked on, you're going to get attacked. And like, I was too weak to be able to defend myself because I had no friends and, uh, you know, I was, I was like the weak kid, you know, I was like the new kid. I was an easy target. So my whole life, I just got relentlessly picked on. And, uh, you know, I never, I didn't date until much later and I struggled to really have friends in any capacity. I mean, I had a few friends along the way for sure. Um, but you know, I would just, I remember vowing to myself, like, as we like, couldn't afford to live in, in, in different places that we moved to, like, you know, one day, like we're paycheck to paycheck, can't eat. I'm getting picked on. We're moving around. Like when I'm older, like I will defend myself and, uh, you know, I, I will make sure that I'm not going to be in this position and my family won't be in this position. And, um, like I I'm weak now, but I will beat everyone to, and do what I have to do to, to not be weak when I'm an adult. And that's really kind of like what drove me through poker was this like un <clears throat> unnerving never ending feeling of like the reason that I was weak <clears throat> when I was a kid. Um, I'm never going to let that happen to me again. And, and just every night I would play as long as it took and study as long as it took. And every opponent I played, I would dig deep and I would figure out how to beat them and make sure that I won. And to a point where I built something for myself, you know, from nothing, um, to protect myself, to show that I could do it and, and to, to not be, to not be in that position where I'm just an easy target because I'm the, the new fat kid. Um, so I think that there's definitely something there with that specifically. And I feel like that's a story that I don't know if people know about me or not, but I, I feel like it's kind of relevant. In the seven or eight, or I don't know how many years it's been, that is the most authentic and vulnerable and honest version of you I've ever heard. And I appreciate that. I'd like to see more of that from you. And I remember, you know, it, it brings me back to the first few times I met you. And, you know, you'd mentioned to me when we met that you looked up to me, you're like, oh, I love Negreanu. He's great. And then, so I look back now and I think, okay, so I was a quote, you know, hero, whatever what word you want to use. And then, you know, you, you did something. And I said, hey, man, don't do that shit. That's not cool. And it was almost like I could feel you, you know, disappointed, right? Because I felt like, and, you know, I could be wrong. I felt like you wanted me to like you. I did. And I didn't give you the time of day. I didn't, I didn't treat you like an equal. I sort of looked down upon you like, who's this little fuck messing with my friend Jason Mercier and all this sort of thing, you know, and, uh, you know, didn't appreciate that. But I, re I think deep down that represented to you in a lot of ways your childhood and being bullied and not being accepted. And so you came at me hard. You're like, I'm, if you, you know what, if you're not going to like me, I'm going to kill him. And then on top of that, you know, I, what I found with you is like, you would do these videos or whatever. And it was like just piercing videos, just crush me. And then you'd see me in person, like, and you'd be like, Hey, how's it going? And I'm like, huh? What? <laughs> you know, it was so strange to me. Cause I'm like, I, you literally just eviscerated me. And now you think I'm just going to like, you know, pound and be cool with you. And I was, but I, again, I look back and I learn a lot from it too. And I've done a lot of my own sort of internal work and stuff. And that's why when I look back at our relationship and how it started as a mentor, if you will, in this industry, not that I ever did with you, I could have done a better job of guiding you, you know, in a, in a certain way about like, about some, some boundaries. And now, you know, you've, you're figuring it out on your own, but I really believe that, you know, you sharing that with people, I think a lot of people internally would have guessed that about you, right? Because like when people sort of think of a big bully, they're like, well, where'd that come from? You know, either one, you know, aggressive father did some shit to him. Number two, 
bullied in school, whatever the case may be. So like you sharing that story, I think gives people a little more context and a little bit more empathy towards you too. And I do, I have more empathy for you knowing that because I didn't know, you know, what you dealt with and everyone has their shit. It's not a, it's not a contest whose shit was worse, right? Who had a worse childhood? But the fact is we all have our own shit and it leads us to sometimes be the worst version of ourselves, right? And I know yeah. I've been the worst version of myself on many occasions and I try every day and I'm never going to be perfect, but I'm going to do some dumb stuff. But if I, this is the first little bit of like, I don't know what hope's the right word, introspection that I think you're making right now that is making headway. So, yeah, it, it's, it's tough because like what I really learned over those years was like being weak, like when you're in a position of weakness, like people won't stand up for you or, or didn't stand up to me or didn't stand up for me or whatever it is. And I just, and now like, I feel like part of kind of my identity has been like trying to avoid that, but then also like, you know, just wanting to be able to, to fight my own battles, you know? And, and I think that people can, can look at like my work. And one thing is whenever someone has come after me, I've never asked for help. Right. I'm never reaching out like, Hey, can you do something for me to help me with this guy? I just fight my own fights. And, and that's just kind of like, because I wanted to kind of create my own, my own, um, my own, I don't know, the show that I could do it. Right. And when I go back to our relationship, I do, I do think back to when we met in Barcelona or I mean, we met once before that, but when, when I saw you in Barcelona and you were talking about being able to beat 2550 online and just being like, so insulted by that because I had worked so hard to get to that level and it was just like the most difficult game in the world and almost no one in the world could do it. And then you're like, oh yeah, I could do that. And I'm just like, what? This guy obviously cannot do that. And just feeling like incredibly insulted by that. Um, and I mean, like, I don't really know where I'm going with this other than I, I, I vividly remember that and feeling very angry that you had said that um, because it just felt so not true to me. Oh, I remember that. I remember that vividly. We were on the bus and we were drinking and I was being goofy or whatever. Here's the reasoning. And, I, and I'll, I'll just say this. this is obviously a sidebar and not, you know, at issue, but just really quickly address what you said. A couple of years before that, I was I grinded hard in one in 200, maybe a year or two before in 2010, 11, you know, at the, at the high stakes on stars. And, you know, the, the, the lists were two miles long. But then by the end of the month, I was playing three handed with, you know, Richard Lindaker and Tom Marchese because no, I got good. You know, I got I got to the point where I was winner. So in my mind. I've always been successful. I've always been able to succeed, right? And I've always been able to do what I believed that I could do. So I figured, listen, with a couple of weeks of training, I could beat 2550. I genuinely believed it, right? Because I come from that confident place. But in retrospect, I can see how for someone like you or the community at, at whole, like the guys who do play, you're like, this punk old asshole thinks poker today is like it was before. And I really didn't know. I mean, I didn't know. I played one or 200. I figured, well, 2550 has got to be easier, right? So I was naive in that regard. But And I can see why that would anger you and upset you. And it was, again, also part of the whole beginning stages of, in my opinion, like you wanting me to respect you and like you. And in that moment, feeling disrespected. And I wasn't aware of that until later when I, you know, when you did the videos and stuff like that. But, you know, I, I, I apologize for offending you and your hard work because I know, you know, I know now after having playing against you and stuff, how brutal it is to like study all this stuff. So to be able to be a winner at the high stakes, like you were, you know, deserved instead of me saying, nah, fuck you. I can do that too. It should have been, man, that's awesome. Congrats. Right. And I, you know, if I could go back, that's what I would say. Makes sense. I, I, I it is kind of funny. It almost goes full circle back to the Galfon thing, right? Where 
I assumed that when you said that, it's because you knew how good everyone was and you just thought you were that good. And so to me, it was like your logic for it had all the information and you were just, you were just, you know, sliding how good these guys were. But the reality was you just didn't have any idea what you were talking about. Um, Fair. Yeah, no, I really had no fucking yeah. idea. Like I said, I didn't know that because there was a point about that two year period where poker just got a lot tougher. And the fact that I just did it, I'm like, I just got to the point where I was a winning player, 100, 200, the highest stakes, boom, boom. And so to, to feel like I couldn't be 25, 50, two years later, after being playing for 20 some years, that didn't make sense to me. So we were kind of on, we were coming from two very different places on that. You definitely had far more knowledge on what was realistic because you were playing in it, but you should, you can also see where I'm coming from too, right? Why I would have the confidence that I can win also based on my track record of being able to win for, you know, for decades. That makes sense. At least now neither one of us can win there. <laughs> exactly true. Yeah. oh boy all right i got a couple other people here i want to get them in the mix daniel i really appreciate you taking the time to to talk i think that was awesome um, yeah thanks for your shares no no problem i'm going to add sean deeb in here uh sean deeb i assume he's going to be on the treadmill guys so just ignore the background noise yeah doug that was a that was a long time coming you and you and daniel having that conversation back and forth so i'm glad that people got to hear that and uh, yeah, I think we all enjoyed it. So thank you guys both for for sharing your perspective on uh, you know some of the things you guys been been through together. For sure, we we have a very unique unique history. Um, well, a lot lot to take in at once, but I think I think there was some some unique stuff that we had not gotten a chance to talk about. So I, th- I think that was good. Um, Deeb, what's up, man? Welcome to the space. Hey, I'm in the airport, so let me know if there's too much background noise or this sucks, so I can I'll just get off. But you know, sorry. Did you say you're on the you're on the air bike? I know airport. Oh, okay. I'm on the way to Vegas checking. for a little heads up match tomorrow. The Doug Nice. Special. Who are you playing? Mike Matisau. Alrighty. Yeah, well, that that'll be a fun one. Yeah, it should be entertaining, and uh, then Daniel and Persons goes on after, so we'll enjoy it. Um, so, oh yeah, I forgot. I forgot. That's 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 happening uh, next week or this weekend. Yeah, when, when's that I happening? I think they're airing it this weekend. Uh, Daniel might know the exact dates. I, I will. Okay, I'm going to share this because why not? I literally went to the studio today to play Eric Person, and so did 50 other people, and we were ready to play. And uh, Eric has the wrong day. He was in Seattle. <laughs> 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 that that explains why they moved us up. I was gonna. I almost texted you. Said what happened? That they need you, the studio for you guys. So that's yeah. So, we were supposed so to. It, yes, we were, I literally packed the lunch, went down there, ready to go, all geared up with my props, and uh, he's thirty minutes late. We go, oh shit, he made a mistake. I love Eric Person. I don't. I'm not. I'm not trying to diss him, but like, yeah, it's, he, he definitely goofed on this one. He thought. Because it goes live on the eighth, he thought we were playing on the eighth, but you know, we taped it. Taped it sounds sounds like he got a bluff through already. But <laughs> a bluff, I, he got, I he think. It, I guess. I think maybe he's in the airball camp and he's playing the sick card in the lab a little bit more. He might be studying more <laughs> of some of your videos, Daniel. I should have charged him ten k for not showing up. I guess <laughs> that's what I'm charging I, 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 for I, showing up. What's, what what stakes is that going to be for both you guys? By the way, I think it's pretty cool they have an undercard. I think that's a fun little twist that people will enjoy. So our match is for 10K. We we were going to possibly play a second one or kick it up to 25. But now we're we're getting, you know, a smaller time frame available. So I think we're going to do one 10K match and then give the studio over to the big boys. Hello. 
Okay, cool. Sounds good. People will definitely enjoy that one. All right, so Deep, um, welcome to the space. I don't know how long you've been in here for, but we've been been chatting about some stuff. And uh, yeah, I got in here. Feel about, free to take it whichever direction. I got here about Efro uh, when Efro was talking, so I don't know how long it was going before that. Um, obviously, you and Daniel, you know, just like me and Daniel having that thing, uh, you know, our bonding over our hatred and fighting and the public personal attacks. Like, it's I think it's great to the whole community to see the big names all recognizing the flaws we have and how, yes, it was cutthroat. Yes, we were attacking everyone, but we really thought we were doing what's best or was just in, you know, fight or flight mode, which I think you made that clear. And, you know, Daniel, the same thing. It's like our our characters have been attacked so many times from our peers and nothing's worse and more painful than putting 20 years of your life into an industry and then feeling like, the same people just think you you are not worth it or you're not valuable enough or smart enough or you're not a winner. You know, all the little things that bother people so much. Um, I also think the the one thing about Galfon, I, I kind I'm guessing the only person who kind of feels the way you do a little bit. Um, you know, Run It Once has made an announcement to opening a U.S. poker site. I know he's been doing all that content. I knew there was a reason and end goal for it. And I think planning on, you know, them releasing the platform and the poker site is a very good reason to try to get his name in, in there as much as possible. I think he has, that's not the sole motivation, but I think that's definitely a contributing factor where they're like, Hey Phil, you know, you're representing run at once. Let's get more in the spotlight over the next few months as we release this uh, poker site to try to get number one in the market. It's tough to, it's tough to say what drives people. And there's also an element too of it, which can be, Things can be subconscious, right? Or it can be a very small portion. Like, for example, maybe Galfon felt like this is a really important talk that we need to have. And, um, you know, he knows that there's a big announcement the next day. But he, he he's like, oh, yeah, that, that that's happening tomorrow. Maybe, maybe people will like this article. Maybe, but, but, you know, that might have been like in the back of his mind. So I kind of tend to try and not just, just guess too much as to the whys and just kind of look more at just like the facts of what's happening. Um, and I, I do think like a, an article like what he wrote about me right now is very well timed to to be highly viewed. So I, I, I don't know. I, I don't I don't want to I don't want to speculate too much on that. I, I just think it looks like defensive and deflective for me. And I, and I don't want to come across that way. Yeah, I mean, I, I didn't love I'm I'm one of the worst writers in the world. Everyone knows that from my tweets. But I mean, I thought some of the analogies and comparisons are way too harsh. I thought, um, you know, he made them more grandiose where it's like. Guess what? I And I've argued, you know, many nights in these space with different people defending you for like the percentage of work. And I think we, yes, someone's have been isolated and yes, someone's crossed the line, but you've done 500 plus videos of amazing stuff. I've been the butt of how many of your videos that were super popular and you would always tell me and we'd sit there and laugh. And I know it's different with our personal relationship that I can get enjoyment, people making fun of me, like I handle it better than most. And I get the personal attacks. <clears throat> I've had, you know, plenty of them on me throughout the career, whether it's missing the birth of my child, you know, slow rolling, doing different things, calling up markup, please. Like personal attacks happened and some people can handle them. And obviously we're learning in poker. Most couldn't. And, you know, I, I think I handled them more better than most. And it but, doesn't mean it, but it was, deep, yeah. Deep though, like, like when I, when I made fun of you, it was never really an attack. It was cause like we're, we're friends, you know, no, no, like, no, I, not, I not your videos. I'm saying like the other stuff was more. Oh, okay. Okay. Attack. Gotcha. Yeah. yeah Nothing. You, you, I don't think you ever made a personal attack, um, outside of like a standard cheeseburger joke, but I, I was, yeah, I, I mean, I, I didn't, I, I never, I never went for the heavy hitter. 
<laughs> anyway, carry on. No, but I mean, I, I think we're, though I, I've talked to, said this a few times, I keep reinforcing this point. I think that Airball being such a douche has slingshot the community to wanting to distance themselves from people like him so much that we're all trying to show that we have good intentions. We're going to be in this industry for a long time. We're going to take care of each other. We're going to, you know, bring people up. And the bullshit of poker being a zero-sum game is content. When you include that and we include sponsorships, it all of a sudden becomes not a zero-sum game. So if we all work towards the same goal, we can all make money and live our lives and be successful without taking just other people's money. And I think that should be what we're really working towards. And I think these spaces is a great stepping stone to get to that point. What's cool about spaces is that there's an opportunity to have conversations that are not polished, right? And I think, I think, by the way, Steve, mute your microphone. You're you're about to board your plane. Um, but I think what, what's really cool about it is there's a chance for people to have a conversation that's authentic and honest and real. And you can't really just pre-plan a message with it. And I also think that they're dangerous. I mean, I learned that firsthand. If you're not ready to kind of be on your toes and respond in a good way to people and be open and receptive to what people have to say, then then it can go really bad for you. This is not just you get the talk and everyone listens. This is a, a back and forth and um, you, you just need to be aware of how people are feeling and 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 what their thoughts are. So I do want to say one thing, though, while while we're patting ourselves on the back for Twitter spaces, I do want to say that I think people underestimate Twitter just in general and its reach compared to things like YouTube. And there's just a very different audience here compared to the the, the main audience. So if you look at Facebook, you look at YouTube, those platforms are tremendously bigger than Twitter. And when I look at where poker content does well, it's almost entirely Facebook and YouTube. It's actually kind of crazy. We're bigger on Facebook than on YouTube with with the with the Lodges Poker Show. Um, so I think that Twitter does turn into kind of its own echo chamber in a way where certain voices are amplified the loudest that complain the most. And I just think that there is a there's a lot of complaining from this community about what's wrong instead of like more focus on what's right, because this is not a community of people typically enjoying content other than these awesome Twitter spaces. It's typically people that are just trying to have conversations about things um, or they feel s- strongly about them. So I do think that like, for example, on YouTube, you can post a video and like my video I posted today, there's a lot of comments that are like, wait, what was going on? Like, I had no idea. It's because people are just watching content on, on YouTube. So, um, anyway, as far, as far as the spaces go, I, I do think overall they're great. I, I do, I do wish I had, uh, I feel bad for the way that I, my first appearance went, but, um, I, I'm excited for them and definitely will be, will be in more in the future. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, spaces, when I think about it, remind us of a poker table. You never know who's going to jump in and out. They're here for 20 minutes. You're here for eight hours doing a crazy session. Alan Keating was on a different level last night. Um, and I think that's, I think, I don't know if uh, you guys agree, but that resonates to me of just randomly coming on, never knowing who you're going to talk to, some of the stories, some of the attacks, some of the background. Like people are talking about, you know, bringing up the exact details of the uh, Angela Jordan brought up when Todd Whittles called her out in 2013 for being too old and ugly. Like that's 10 years later. And she remembers the exact quote and she has never been able to confront him on that. And I, that's what I love about these spaces is people are getting to bring all the things that have bothered them for so long to light. And then hopefully we're all getting that, you know, therapeutic relief. And I think we've noticed that in a lot of spaces, everyone's getting emotional and everyone's caring about this community. And it's been amazingly 
uh, you know, successful from a growth and community standpoint. Is everyone getting to complain about anything that's bothered them over a decade a good thing? I'm, I'm not totally sure that I agree. That's a that's a net positive for poker. As long as it's not Kessler. Perfect. All right. Well, then we'll assume the ham sandwich came with a free soup that was of quality that Kessler can can enjoy. Um, shit. Was that a personal insult? I don't know where I don't know where we're going anymore. Maybe, oh, that was Ber- over the just hopped out, up, up, hopped up on stage, Doug. Maybe uh, maybe we sure. can uh, see see what Matt's up to. Okay. Uh, I don't see him in oh, here. Maybe, maybe just on mine. Yeah. I don't. Know. I'm not sure if it's error or not, but. Says he's on mine, but I, I appreciate this. I'm gonna board shortly, so I'll see you guys up. See you in Vegas, Daniel, and everyone else. Uh, I'll be tuning into more spaces in the future. See you tomorrow, Sean. perfect, dude. Appreciate it. All right, I'll go ahead and just throw an invite out there to Berkey then to come on if he would like to. And uh, looking at the rest of the list here to see if there's anyone that would like to talk, feel free to request, guys, if you want to come on here and speak. We got got a lot of we got a lot of different people in here. Alrighty, I wish that it showed you a longer list of people to choose from, because it only shows you the top eighty or hundred or something. And you have to go into. Oh wait, you can go into this. No, it still doesn't show it. It'd be nice to see a more full list of all of the all the people. Okay, we have a request. Lucky Chewy, all right, Chewy. Wow, I haven't I haven't talked to you in a, in, a, in a hot minute, man. How you been? Welcome to Twitter Spaces. You are now a speaker. What's up, Chewy? Hello. Is this working? Can you hear me? Yeah, man. What's cool. up? Um, yeah, just really been enjoying the the discussion. Um, I also like Sean hopped in around when uh, when Ephra was speaking, so I missed what was before that. Um, yeah, it it is very healing, I think, to have these discussions and. I think the overwhelming takeaway, just to kind of mimic what, what Deeb was saying, is that community is kind of the most important thing, and it, it always has been, and uh, sometimes easy to lose sight of that in a, a game that is you know largely money-driven, and yeah, incentives aren't always so aligned. Uh, but I wanted to make a, a comment on a couple of things that you you mentioned uh, on the topic of, of content, and like I think you know we're... Mm, even though we've had a lot of good experiences like over the years together, uh, you know, not as much recently, but we're probably like two of the most different people in the way that we, I guess, go about, you know, existing in the poker space. You're very vocal. I'm really not. Um, and I do think you, you largely have good intentions, but, uh, yeah, the, the thing Daniel mentioned about, you know, making content that you really enjoy, I think, uh, you know, that, that really resonates with me. And I guess just in a general sense, um, you know, I try to do things for their own sake, not really because of what I think I'm going to get out of them. And I do think probably that's limited my growth in poker in, in a variety of ways. Uh, but I, I think you had disagreed with that. And I was just curious if you wanted to elaborate on that at all. For sure. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I do think that we, we go about things, uh, in, in a very different way. Um, but I've always had really good experiences with you. I mean, I've, I've known you for a very long time. Yeah. I mean, we, we used to actually, 
Do you remember that one time we busted a tournament and went to hit on girls in the mall? I sure do. Remember that? I, I remember that. Good, good times, dude. Multiple nights at the club. Um, we also met in Barcelona, just like you and Daniel did, if you recall. Oh that. yeah, yeah. Oh, beach. Yeah, beach wrestling. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> that was actually that, that was an earlier trip though. Um, but anyway, to 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 talk about it. So, so let's just let's just take a step back. And, and one thing that I think is kind of interesting that that I think gets skipped in this conversation is. The reason that people know about my videos today is because they were popular and the channel was built, right? So there are a lot of people making YouTube content that is really good content uh, that people can take away a lot from that is just not very popular. And th there are a lot of examples of this. I don't, I don't, I don't want to just you know shout out names that it'll sure. be taken badly. But the reason is they put out content that isn't geared for people to watch, it's geared to be things that they're proud of and enjoy, which is fine. But I view that as kind of its own subset of it's That's just like self-fulfillment, right? Like that's just like personal self-fulfillment. I'm talking about running a business and I'm talking about building a channel. And so people look at my channel and it's big and they go, well, why don't you just do things that you want to do? It's like, well, well, the reason that my channel is big is by not doing that. The reason that my channel is big is because I put the content that people wanted together and I didn't put my own opinions into, you know, what, what I think, or I didn't tell people what they wanted, but I, I went where the market was and that's how I built it. So I guess there's a little bit of a, of a disconnect there between like what people think would be nice, which is you make your content you're proud of and enjoy, but that type of content then doesn't perform well and would, would basically hurt my channel and, and will do tremendously worse. So I, I guess, does that make sense, Andrew? It, it, it definitely does. Um, and, and maybe it is just like a fundamental difference in the way that, you know, you, you want to go about things. And there's, there's really nothing, you know, inherently wrong with that. Although, you know, I guess more specific examples are, are arguably not so great, but, um, I don't know for, for me, uh, I, I really, I, one of the reasons like I was drawn to poker, for example, is because I really enjoy it. And, um, I, I guess I just prefer doing things that I enjoy and I find it intriguing that, you know, given the amount of success that you would have had even before you kind of got into you know, the more business side of things, um, that you would, I don't know, I guess, sacrifice the doing what you enjoy for the sake of, uh, you know, doing things that you enjoy less, but with, uh, I guess, you know, the view of, of, of that being more profitable. And I also want to add that, you know, the long run's quite long in life, and maybe it's a more direct shortcut. But I think a lot of the feedback that you're getting, and I think it's awesome that you're quite receptive to a lot of it, um, is that, you know, some of it maybe didn't go over so well. But nevertheless, the, the views do kind of speak for themselves. Right. That's definitely true. And I think that that's what makes uh, a lot of what's happened in the last few days just completely deserved, right? Uh, I, I, I have been very willing to, to go after people in a variety of ways. And so if they want to then in kind go after me, it's it's definitely fair game. And, and that's kind of, you know, one of the issues of, of getting into that territory, especially when you consider that some of it, uh, I was in the wrong. Um, but you know, when I look at YouTube and I look at the way that I built it, I treated it exactly like my poker game. I would play, or I'd make a video, I'd look at the stats, I'd see people tuned in, I'd see where they'd tune out, and I would slowly realize people like this, people don't like this, people don't care about this. 
people don't care about you know certain things or they like and i slowly refine the video process over and over and over again if you go back in my channel look at the start the, the early videos they all bombed nobody knew who i who i was and and i did like content that wasn't very interesting for people um and so I slowly just like treated it like I was looking at Poker Tracker and I was like, okay, I'm losing too much money when I call it through, but what's, what's going on here? And I made all kinds of little tinkering over time. Like I realized that if I analyze a hand, when, when you get into the video, you want to immediately show the hand. You don't want to be full screen talking because then if someone doesn't know who you are, they leave. Or I learned that um, when you, when at the end of a hand, you don't want to stay around too long because uh, people click the video off and then you, your numbers go down. Or... Um, some of like the language or some of the titling or some of the thumb, like I just, I, it was a game, you know? And yeah. the reason that my, cha my channel blew up was because I was like, oh, this is a game where you try and make the things that make the numbers go up because that's what people want. And, and my channel did that. Right. So, um, that, I guess that's like my, my perspective on, on kind of building that, um, as far as like the long run and, and building your business, I mean, it's kind of, it's a, it's a pretty meta question on like happiness versus, what you're working on right now. Uh, I, I took a sizable break from YouTube, but um, I've just been feeling really good this year. I've been feeling very happy with kind of my life and my, and my health and, and my family. And um, I just feel like able to work a lot and I'm, and I'm excited to work a lot and, and, and build my businesses and channel and everything. So it's more come from a place of like being excited, you know, like excited to, to get to work on it. And, and that's kind of why I've been, been, been grinding it out. Yeah. I mean, that, that seems to me like kind of the best motivation. And I guess maybe I slightly misinterpreted what was driving you um, in the past, because it sounds like that gamified process of like, you know, basically just figuring things out and, and seeing what works and trial and error and whatnot. Like that is understandably enjoyable. And I definitely see the parallels to poker. Um, but yeah, you know, just like you, I guess I'll just sort of mention this in, uh, you know, in high school, I was bullied quite a bit. And I think a lot of us in poker, not certainly not everyone, but um, it is kind of just like, in some ways, a community of n maybe not misfits is the right way to say it. I certainly don't want to mischaracterize everyone. But uh, it, it is a place where it's just like easy to fit in if you didn't maybe find the ability to, to or the interest, uh, for that matter, to fit in elsewhere. Um, and I think like, that's just something I've always really appreciated. And it's nice to, uh, I guess, just generally keep that that dream alive and that welcoming nature uh, for, you know, the next generation and the generation after that to come. I think you hit the nail on the head with misfits, actually, and you were trying to be more kind. But man, I mean, I look at I look at the the people that I've met through poker, and if that's not one ragtag group of misfits, I really don't know what is. <laughs> yeah, um, I mean, we can we can speak like that way because I I don't think I'm being presumptuous to say that you know you feel that way about yourself when you first got into the game, and then you find you find a groove and like I don't know I attribute a lot of my personal development to poker, not only the people I met but just like the life experiences, traveling, and what you learn about yourself and how honest you have to be when you're playing you know, especially at a high level to succeed, you really have to be honest. And nothing in my life really previous to that had, uh, you know, presented me with that opportunity. Definitely agree. And I think you're, you're one of the, I mean, I, I think like my relationship with you, it, it's like one of the examples of what has made poker so special to me in my life is, you know, we have not hung out, hung out a lot. Right. And we mainly hung out more, oh my God, 11, 12 years ago. Mm -hmm. Then we have like, you know, and we hung out a few, a few years ago, but re really like 
you're just a great guy. And I, I really enjoyed the times that we did spend together hanging out and, uh, you're just a kind person. And, and, uh, I think we just had like, like a blast, you know? So poker, it, it, you take a little bit for granted. I think some of those relationships you build along the way, like for example, Dan Smith was out here, uh, last weekend and like, it was awesome, man. Like we, we, we joked around a lot. We went out for food. We, we went out, we went out to, to a bar and like, we're out until like the wee hours of the morning, just drinking and hanging out and shooting the shit and talking about like old times. And, um, like you just, I guess take, at least maybe I, I did, maybe I'm not saying you did, but may, maybe I've just taken for granted the, some of those experiences that we've gotten to have along the way. Yeah, no, I, I, it's, it's well said. Um, of, of course I love Dan as well and actually going to see him tomorrow. And, uh, yeah, it, it's great. Um, my wife is always increasingly surprised when I'm like, Oh yeah, I'm going to see this person, that person, like just having a lot of friends over the years. Uh, I, it, it does just become like a normal part of your life. But, um, yeah, I, I sometimes un- even as much as I, you know, intend to, to remain grateful for, for these kinds of things underappreciate how, you know, infrequent that is in just the average person's life. So yeah, it's a great community to be a part of. And, uh, yeah, thanks for having me on to, to chat with you. That's right, Andrew. Definitely appreciate it. All right. Berkey, uh, what, what's going on, man? Uh, not too much. How, how's, how's things? Things are good. You're really echoey. If you could maybe be a little closer, I don't know if you're on speaker or something. <laughs> Um, no, but it's not it very distant. Yeah, it's my headphones. Hold on, let me turn them off. All right, what about now? Uh, I I don't know if that changed it that much. All right, maybe it's the room I'm in. Let me try something else. But actually, you know what? You know what? That does sound better. How's it going, man? Good. Um. I've been listening pretty much since Efro as well. Uh, I don't have a ton to say, but I thought the conversation between you and Daniel was really interesting. Probably agree a lot with him in the sense that it was the first inclination of introspection that I think any of us have heard. Um, I do think that there are some curious things to point out that feel a little hypocritical to me. Uh, you spoke a lot about the Gelfon article and how somebody from the outside looking in reading that article for the first time would get the wrong impression of the body of your work. And I find that to be incredibly ironic based off of the videos that you choose to make. Uh, personally speaking, I think that the biggest downside that I've felt throughout the last five or six years, as far as like our back and forths go had nothing to do with being made fun of. Don't care. It's whatever, but it's more so the onlooker who's getting their first exposure to me through these videos. Uh, I'm completely now disqualified as a member of the community, as an upstanding person, and as a poker player in general. So it's like when you pull one hand, one incident, whatever the case may be, out of the ether, and you demonstrate it to a platform of hundreds of thousands of people who may be seeing stuff like that for the first time, and you put this negative twist to it, that's a choice. And doing it over and over again, I think, is uh, very calculated. If we look at the people who are the most outspoken, they're all well within the competitive sphere of the arena that you're kind of bouncing around in. And hearing you kind of tell your backstory to Daniel, it makes a lot of sense, right? Like, that's what stokes the competitive fires. It's a 
kill or be killed type of mentality. And, you know, I can, I can completely get behind that. Like I, I have a very similar upbringing. I understand what it's like. Um, but I think we're very different in what we took away from that experience. Uh, for me personally, I am very much of the mindset of wanting to protect anybody who is belittled or feels like they're being picked on, feels like nobody's there to speak up for them. Um, you know, my own personal experience of like being the kid who's constantly changing schools because you're poor and that's just what you're forced to do and not fitting in necessarily getting picked on, getting punched in the face, shit like that, and not leaning on anybody else to stand up for you. You grow up and you kind of want to be that person for somebody else. And your platform is massive. Just because what currently gets the clicks is some sort of takedown hit piece on whoever you choose to turn your ire on doesn't necessarily mean that's the only thing people are interested in. It doesn't always have to be a negative spin. Um, and it can, it can very well be a negative spin where you're highlighting somebody taking advantage of another. I think that stuff, you know, goes a long way, but I guess just from my perspective, uh, it feels a little bit disingenuous going down that path. Uh, and maybe just because I, I don't relate to it. I don't have that sort of, um, singular focus on advancing myself. Uh, I very much feel like I have much more of an infinite mindset. I'm highly competitive, but I feel like I want to be competitive for the greater good. And I don't want to make this about my objectives versus yours, but I do just think that uh, it strikes me as a bit odd to take issue whenever, you know, the target's kind of turned on you in a very similar way where it's not a representation of the full body of your work. And it is something that's going to give somebody who's exposed to you for the first time a huge negative impression. And then not just recognize that you've done literally the exact same thing to Jay Nandez, to Charlie, to myself, to Torelli, uh, to Daniel, and a host of others. A lot to unpack there. So for starters, I don't think that it's unfair for people to portray me how they view me. Uh, I think that that they certainly can do that. But in the same in the same breath, it's not unfair for me then to be able to respond and say why that it isn't true. I think that I think that that isn't. There's a difference between it being you know fair or unfair in terms of um, you know what people are, are allowed to do or say, and with kind of just like the the normal discourse that people can have back and forth. So I'm not I'm not trying to say that I think people aren't entitled to that viewpoint. Um, you went through a few different things there, so it's kind of a lot of different subjects to, to pick up on. But as far as the person being picked on piece. I view that a little bit differently, and I actually do think that in in some of these instances, certainly not all of them, but in a chunk of them, I, I do believe that that I was going, I was in some fashion sticking up for the person that was being picked on. You know, like for example, in the in the Torelli incident, like that happened to a person, right? It's one of your fellow Yinzers, I think. Could be like yeah. David Dixie. Yeah. So I do think that like I stuck up for him. And by the way, when I made that video, I had just played poker with him, and he, he was like really thankful that I made that video, right? That is a person that I stuck up for that that it, it did say something. Or what about with the the jungle and the the Tom Dwan thing? Obviously, jungle can't really, you know, I love jungle. He's not very good at at, at marketing or getting his message out. Wears great costume, great poker player. Uh, but you know, he had a tough time and 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 I think he got kind of run over on the the Tom Dwan thing and and I and I wanted to kind of stand up for him too. So I don't think that it needs to be that. It's the it's the only thing that motivates you. 
But I do think that if I feel like something is unfairly happening to someone, then then I do step in. I think one of the problems that that gets associated here when we have this conversation is people think that just because you make a long list of names of people that have feel like I've wronged them or or I've gone after over the years, that that means that they're not wrong because it's a long list of names. But when we talk about 10, 10 years, or sorry, seven years and, and 10, 15, 20 people, or however many it may be, the majority of those cases, the person did something that I, I don't think was acceptable or I don't think was right. And I made my content centered around that. So I don't know if when you say you, you bring up this list of names, like what you're hoping from me from that perspective, I'm happy to go into individual instances if you want to. But uh, I do think that we need to kind of find clarity on boiling down rather than just like a broad stroke of all these people at once to talk about individual things, because otherwise we're not going to get the nuance that I think is required when we're going to talk about all of these years of content. Well, I mean, you could just choose from that short list. Uh, I think the Torelli example is probably the worst of them as far as like examples to choose from, because I largely agree with you. And I made that case. I said, if that happened tomorrow, we would speak about it and it probably wouldn't be in the positive light for Alec. So, like, I do think that there's some understanding from my side of why that video was made. Now, maintaining it as a running joke, you know, maybe we could make it uh, an argument that, like, you know, he was in the training space at one point. Maybe he still is. I don't know. Uh, and there might have been some strategy behind that. Not really my point. Whenever you get to, like, the Jay Nandez, the Charlies, uh, the Daniels, myself, I, I don't think that any of the things that we're known for through your video channel are very reflective of us as people uh, or us as professionals in this industry. Okay, well, let's let's go individual then, because if we're going to go into a list of names, I think we got to we got to go individual. Um, for Daniel, we just had a long conversation. I don't think we have to rehash that too much. Uh, I, I was definitely in the wrong on the personal attacks elements. I, I still do believe in the substance of the content that I made there. I don't really want to go too far down that road. Daniel and I disagree on that, and, and I've by far and away said my piece. Um, but I, I certainly I certainly was in the wrong on the personal sides of that. But there was a substantive part of it that, that I felt passionate about. Um, well, or, all right, so hold on one sec while we're on that. Uh, I think that's completely fair. Uh, again, if... If that had come up tomorrow, we probably would cover it. My my point is how you're choosing to cover it, right? So the personal stuff can't just be cascaded or, or, or sorry, cast aside. Uh, it, it did happen. And I understand you're apologetic for it now. But uh, I think the point that we're all arriving at is that um, just because you apologize for something and say that something is going to be different moving forward doesn't necessarily mean anything. Uh, we can go back to the SI cover that didn't happen all that long ago. Like these are all your personal takes on things. And uh, when you get negative let's stay, blowback, let's stay, honed, let's stay honed in here. If, if you want to change subjects, to something else that, that, that you think is important, we can do that. But let's, let's talk specifically about Daniel. When, when this happened, I, I apologized several years ago. I apologized again. Now uh, I took down a couple of the videos that I thought were, were most, most hurtful to Daniel. I'm on good terms with Daniel and I've said I'm in the wrong. So when you say that, okay, well, just cause you said that doesn't, you know, essentially doesn't change things. Then from my perspective, cause like I'm still a human being and have to have to go on with my life. So what is then the thing that 
that I can do or say that isn't just trumped by you going, oh, well, that doesn't change it? It's the do part, right? Because to me, the template still exists that when these pieces are made, it's not just about getting out what it is that you want to call out. It becomes personal and it's become personal in every one of those instances. It's not like as if, you know, this hasn't carried forward. It's still personal with you and I. You've made videos as recent as a week ago. Uh, and I don't care. Like, make them. It's fine. But my point is that, like, I don't think collectively throughout the process we've seen any change even after backlash. All right. Well, well, you're going back to then talking about different different subjects. So, I, like, I, I would appreciate us kind of just staying on the course of the individual ones. And as far as it pertains to Daniel, I, I just don't really see what else can really be done there. Um, if we're going to turn this into oh, the reason that you're still wrong is because you did a different thing wrong somewhere else, then I, I, I don't really see how I can win that conversation or we can get anywhere. But if you want to if you want to go into any individual instance, I'm happy to do so. So the reason I don't want to go individual is because I don't think it, it, it pertains to individuality, right? Like just because you can take your, your, your target off of someone like Daniel and never make content about him again, doesn't mean that the overarching template has changed at all, right? There will just be another Daniel somewhere along the line. And I think that that was all, overall what his main point was when it was coming to the decision of making content for clicks or making content for like that you truly believe in or that you're passionate about. And I, I get what's going on here, but it just doesn't feel like a good faith debate in any capacity, because if we keep drilling down to specifics, we're going to keep talking past each other. I, I'm not talking about, I'm using the individual examples as uh you know, proof of your body of work over time. Uh, I'm using it to exemplify the larger point that the template that you put forth in YouTube is identifying a situation, choosing a target, and making it more about the target than the actual situation at hand. The situation becomes the vehicle. The actual target becomes the punchline. Well, that that has definitely happened in some cases, but... The way that I'm viewing the, the how you're coming across to me right now is I think that you're wrong because of A, B, C, D, E, F, G. And then when I say, okay, let's talk about those, you go, well, those don't matter because of H and L and M and O, P. And so there's not really like a way that I'm able to discuss that that's, I think, fruitful. Um, what I can say, and I've said so far today, is that I think a little more care on the, the, the personal attacks specifically uh, I think I think we'll go a long way, and that's something that that I'm happy to do and will do. But I I stand behind the vast majority of my work, and if you're trying to say that when something happens where someone does something wrong, and I cover it, uh, and the two examples I talked about so far, you said you would also cover. If you're saying then that that isn't okay because I might cover something else, I don't actually fully understand what your argument is, other than just like you're you're doing bad things, and I don't really want to get into specifics here. Okay, let me try to reframe. First of all, I don't think you're wrong. Uh, I, I think you're making a personal choice, and that's that's up to you. I personally don't agree with it, but I don't think that this is a right or wrong type of debate. Um, as far as the the overarching point that I'm trying to get across, yes, I would cover those things. I would not cover them the way that you did. My whole underlying issue is the way that you humanize and pull in the person that you are speaking about as your target, as the thing that you're trying to destroy. It's much larger than the point at hand that you're trying to make about rake or hiding chips or whatever the fuck it is that you came after me for. 
um, it becomes a, a takedown thing where it's a divide and conquer, a destroy it all cost type of thing where you leave people dead in the wake. And it works until it doesn't. And I think the community, I, I, like, I think the community speaking out to Daniel's point is kind of a rallying cry of we've all been hiding in the shadows, afraid that we're next. And finally, some people are kind of speaking out ahead of time on our behalf. And we're going to double and triple down on that in order to ensure that we aren't next. Well, okay. So when you say we, I guess I don't really know what you're saying as a collective unity of, of who or whatnot. Um, but certainly there were a large number of people that have felt wronged over the years that have been coming out over the course of the last few years. And uh, Daniel mentioned this earlier, you know, it's kind of like a poker me too movement of people that, that feel like they need to share their experience having been in my content. And uh, I, I do think it, it is important to get that feedback. Um, but I think as it pertains to you specifically, I think you like to pretend, and I, I was really trying to not go on the attack too much here, and I'm going to limit this to what I feel is necessary. But I do feel like you like to pretend like you were sitting there doing nothing and then Big Bad Doug came after you. But, you know, like, for example, last year, you put up a thumbnail. You know, we had someone get robbed in the parking lot of our room. Uh, by the way, parking lots are bad places in general. It's the only crime that we've had at our room in the five years that we've been there. And you went thumbnail, guy with a bag of money, someone got robbed at the lodge. Let's have a big thing talking about it. And then you're going to – you go on your podcast and you say a bunch of lies about my business – and then you want to blame me because I'm Big Bad Doug. Well, guess what? The reason why that wasn't a big deal when you did it is because not many people watch your show. And so then because I do it and because it's popular, then I'm the bad guy. I'm the wrong guy. I'm punching down. Okay, but guess what? I still get pissed. Like if someone talks shit about my business, like that's real people. Like I had to go to the room. I had to talk to managers. Why would Berkey say this about us? Oh, well, he doesn't really care to research this. He just wants to say what he says in his podcast. You know, people upset, real people. And you went on your show and did that. And then I'm the bad guy. And so I, I just feel like it's kind of hypocritical for you to talk about how I talk about these issues and I say these issues and you can't even list the ones that are wrong. Instead, you say that I'm actually like, you agree, you would cover that too. And then you do the exact same thing you're accusing me of on your show. And then I'm the bad guy and you tell me we're going to speak out against this. I, I think that's kind of bullshit, man. Yeah, that's fair. I, I'm saying that I would cover the same issues because I think they're issues. I'm saying I would cover them differently and I wouldn't turn them into personal attacks. And I stand by that podcast. I timestamp everything. I put you, I put it all in a Twitter thread. You and I had a back and forth through DM where, you know, we basically retracted two or three points that you made that I was misinformed on the very next day. Um, everything else I completely stand by. The overarching conversation was about the security in Texas and everything. I, I, I don't want to get into the specifics of this because this I mean, debate. Berkey, you were you were trying to buy into a Texas poker room right before you went on the whole Texas poker is dangerous thing and your deal didn't work. And then you, it Wait, why do you through. think the deal didn't work? And then it didn't, and then it didn't fall through. I, I, I pulled and out. Then of you it. Go, and then you immediately go on a Texas poker is dangerous stick right after someone gets shot at the hustler. So, like, I just think that it's, it's again like a very hypocritical thing from you about me and my businesses, but that's okay because you view it as you attacking me is fine. And, I, and look, guys, like, I'm really not trying to get defensive here, but I just feel like with this one specifically, 
to come on here and then not want to even talk about any of the instances, but rather just say, like, you know, it's because I do these things. I, I just don't think that it's, it's a fair representation of me. I, I don't want to talk about the specifics because it turns into this, where it's just us recollecting very, very, very nuanced details about some sort of back and forth that overall isn't very important. I want to talk about the overall body of work. And I want to talk about the character assassinations that you tend to go on of otherwise good people in the community. You are able to paint a picture of who people are and what they represent in this space. And I think you do a very poor job of it overall. And I don't think that that's an uncommon criticism. Matter of fact, I think Gelfond did a great job of outlining that in the article to which your response was, he's just here for clicks. He's out to get me type of bullshit. And it's like, this all goes back to the initial point that I was trying to make of you had a real human moment with Daniel there, uh, kind of outlining or, or outlining your your motivation behind all this stuff. And it's almost like you're still blinded to the fact that you are you're you're dehumanizing the people that you are going after. You're turning them into a part of this video game that you're the only one playing and none of us signed up for. It. And like it is what it is, man. But what you have to understand is that you are part of a community and at some point you either need to be accepted or you just need to turn total heel and then just be the bad guy. I mean, and dude, I feel like we're at a crux. You're basically telling me that because I'm covering these stories about people where I feel like they do something wrong, which is exactly what you do every day on your show, including about me and other people. You're basically saying because I'm doing it, it's wrong inherently. And I don't agree with that. And if you're going to talk about my total body of work, let's talk about my total body of work. Are we going to talk about all of the months or years I streamed on Twitch? I, I did a bankroll challenge for hours on end playing micro stakes. I did all these tournaments in Vancouver. I did all of the all of these different poker streams where I stream my own my own poker playing online. What about all the TV poker shows I've played on? What about all of the content I've made on my training site that has nothing to do with any of this stuff? What about all of the videos I've made on my platform? If we look at all my YouTube videos, how many are hand reviews? It's probably like three or 400. Of the news videos, how many have personal attacks that I go into? Maybe like 50, 75, 100. So if we're going to talk about total body of work, and we're going to look at my poker career, which I am very proud of, including winning three bracelets and reaching the absolute top of a game that is the most competitive game to possibly get to. I'm very, very proud of my total body of work. And I think you're just really mischaracterizing me to boil it down to character assassinations because you're upset with me and the way that I portrayed you. Okay. Now imagine somebody with a bigger platform than you took all of those things you've accomplished and diminished them and made it seem like it was all total bullshit, smoke and mirrors, and that you're a terrible person. And that was which, the narrative which, of the community. Which one of your accomplishments did I go after? Doug, you literally have a video titled a week ago that I'm a fraud. Which which accomplishment did I go after, Berkey? T tell me which one I went after. What do you mean? What, I don't understand the question. What are you saying? You, you're, you're saying I went after your accomplishments, right? And you're saying, well, if someone went after my accomplishments, I'm saying, okay, no, what I'm saying, what if, what if somebody was, what if somebody reduced your resume down to nothing? What if somebody no, dismissed everything that you've accomplished? I know. And I'm asking you, which one of your accomplishments did I dismiss? Just because it's implicit doesn't mean just because it's implicit doesn't mean it's not there. 
you calling me a fraud is certainly dismissive of anything and everything I've accomplished in this space. Okay, so you're telling me that all I'm doing otherwise. is you're telling me I'm dismissing people's accomplishments, and I'm asking you which ones I dismissed, and you can't come you up with one. Just like, you, you just you like, wait, 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 Doug, you're not fooling anybody. You're not, you're not fooling anybody in the way that you argue, man. Like trying to steer this into some sort of semantical argument when there are intelligent adults listening and pretending like that is a gotcha moment is absolutely disingenuous. Like pretending that you haven't portrayed me as an incompetent poker player who's not capable of disseminating any sort of strategy onto the community is absolutely disingenuous. I'm just, all I'm saying back to you here, Berkey, is I'm asking you which accomplishments did I not, did, did, did I take away from you? I know what you're doing. You're railroading me. All right. Well, if you don't have one, I mean, look, like in a lot of these conversations and, and I, and I, by the way, for the record, I'm not going to sit here and I, say I have, my resume out loud. I'm not going to sit here and run through everything that I've done over the last 20 years in this industry. I'm not going to try to defend my resume when it speaks for its fucking self, just because you personally won't acknowledge it doesn't mean it doesn't exist. And this is what I've been talking about lately. You are outcast in the live arena from people who compete at the highest stakes, not because you're not good enough, not because you're not smart enough and not because you're not rich enough to compete. It's because no one fucking likes you, man. No one wants you there. You were the butt of every joke at the high stakes poker table because you pick on that fucking community and Rob recognizes it. You're on the outs. You're not a part of the in group. And so you take it upon yourself to right. fire missiles at it as much as humanly possible. I don't need to be a part of the in group, man. I'm fine. I have my own group. I'm happy with them. I'm happy doing the things that I do. It's, I mean, I have an audience of people that enjoy what I make. What I'm hearing from you is a lot of anger. And whenever I want to go into individual instances, you deflect into just broad character assassinations, which is exactly what you accuse me of doing. But I'm at least willing to engage in these, in these individual instances and talk about them with you in any capacity that you really want to but you're not allowing me to. And instead you're falling back to saying, Oh, everyone hates you. You're not cool. You're not in with us. Guess what? Dude? Not everyone. I don't fucking, not I don't, everyone. You know what? Hey, Hey, you know what? I don't fucking care. That's fine. If I'm not a cool kid, guess what? what? I never wanted here? to be. Then I what never, are we no, doing I, here, man? Why are you dude, hosting this? I, I'm talking. Hey, let me talk here. Let me talk here for a second. I don't need to be the cool kid. Okay. I've spent my whole life not being the cool kid. I'm okay with that. Just because all your high stakes friends think that I'm an asshole or an idiot or whatever. Okay, that's fine. So be it. But to use that as the basis for your argument against me as to why I'm wrong because your high stakes friends think I'm a douche, that is just not a point that matters or is relevant and you're only doing it to try and attack me. So how about we talk about some, in, some actual instances, some actual instances where something that I did, you can talk about. This isn't just you then transitioning and talking about me as a person because I am definitely willing to engage in that. You created an SEO page to target Jay Nandez, calling him a scammer. You've created YouTube videos calling me a fraud. All right. Well, what more specifics about, do you want to get about, into? Okay, let's talk about that. Do you want to talk about Jay Nandez? I'm happy to talk about it. Go. Okay, then let's do it. All right, so Jay Nandez. So I want to talk about a, a, a couple aspects to the, the Fernando thing. So... I think it's important to talk about this from both a personal perspective and then a business perspective, because I think they're different. And I think it also explains a little bit more with the story. So originally when Upswing worked with Fernando, we were looking for someone to make PLO content. And we thought that Fernando 
was really good at it. I mean, I think like no matter what, however you want to dice it, um, even moving away from this, Fernando is a very talented PLO player, and, and I think people have a lot to learn from him. So we made a deal with him. We launched a PLO course. It did really well. On a personal level, over the course of that year, I talked with Fernando a lot. I helped build him up. I promoted his stuff. I viewed us as friends. When he came to Las Vegas, he came over to my house. Apparently, it was weird or he didn't, or something happened. I'm not totally sure. But I really personally viewed this person as a friend. And they also, we had a, w- w- he was also my business partner and associate. At the conclusion of one year in the PLO course that we launched, we looked to make another one. He felt like the cut that we were offering him was very unfair. For us, we felt that it was a fair offering because we were taking on the revenue. We don't really need to get in the splits and why and everything. He came to me and complained and said, okay, Doug, we need to have a call, me and you. And we had a call and we talked it out and we hashed it out. And we said, I said, look, man, like, you know, we went back and forth. Ultimately, he said, okay, let's do it, man. And, and he, on a personal level, told me that he was going to do it and we, he was going to be our coach for the next year or two. Fast forward, we launch it. He puts in his resignation, okay? I'm kind of shocked. On a business level, looking at the contract, there was a clause where he could request out. Okay, so he was totally within his right to do that. We took this to a to our attorneys to ask about what's going on, because when he left the company, he then, uh, of course, launched his own coaching site. Our attorneys said to us that they thought we had a strong case against him. I'm not an attorney. I don't know how the law works. I, I know people are blaming me like, oh, Upsing tried to claim they own the play and explain. Do you think that's something I argued? Yeah, guys, make sure that they, it says we own the plan explained. I have no idea what our arguments were. I just trusted that our attorneys were going to do a good job. And then when they told us that he breached the contract or he likely breached the contract or we had a strong case against breach of contract or whatever it was, that they knew what they were talking about. They were wrong. He was clearly not in breach of contract. And we lost that case. He did countersue me as well, which, which I defended. But at the end of the day... He was, not, he was not in the wrong in terms of how the contract was. From a business standpoint, it was, he was within his rights. But I do think on a personal level, when you spend time with someone and you base a course around someone and you build someone up and they tell you they're going to do this and then they quit to try and take those customers or, or, or recruit those customers or whatever word you want to say doesn't sound malicious, to then to go to their own training site. As a business, we have to respond to that appropriately. And we felt, and I think a lot of people in that course felt, and, and I've seen their posts, like he really tried to just basically take the customer base that we had and migrate it over. So yes, we did create a page on Upswing that talked about our experiences with him and the fact that we had a negative, a negative, a negative um, relationship with him by the end of it. But I strongly feel like that was valid for the damage he was trying to do to my business on a personal level, really trying to screw us over. So I don't know. I mean, I, I stand by that fully. Obviously, we were wrong legally. Uh, the arbitrator settled it. No doubt about that. But I, I still stand by the way that we handle that issue. So all I'm hearing basically is that in spite of the fact that according to the letter of the law, you guys were completely wrong. You took on some sort of vigilante justice to make sure that his business did not in any way, shape or form affect yours. Vigilante is a weird word for the company that hired him. But what we did do was we hired attorneys 
they told us to, to go after him for breach of contract. Okay. So that was the legal thing. As far as SEO goes, you are allowed to have articles of people based on your interactions with them. That is, that is not like vigilante justice or something. That, that is a strategy that people use for SEO and all kinds of things. Doug, nobody, business- nobody's talking about what you're allowed to do. We're all here speaking to the ethics of a man. And like certain business ethics are just crossing the line. I don't think this is like really much up for debate. You called him a scammer. You positioned SEO such that whenever you searched his name, the first thing that came up was this negative article that implied such. And you're justifying it now because the ends justify the means. And like, that's completely fine. Look, we all accept you for who you are. I just don't know what the purpose of the space is, man, because it's abundantly clear to me that there is going to be no change taking place. No, what I'm doing here is I'm explaining what happened from my perspective of why I made it. And I, and look, like I know that we want my head on a stick for every issue, but if you, if, if someone comes to my business and then tries to take those customers, start their own business away from us after we've built them up, then yes, we're going to do what's in our power to fight back and protect our business. Like this is not, this is not some crazy thing. You're acting like this is completely ridiculous for us to try and protect our own customer base. Well, I'm just acting like we're bigger figureheads in the community than just our business would suggest and operating as such with some level of respect amongst the community rather than trying to tear everything down and ensure that you're the king of the hill is better for all parties involved. And I get we don't see eye to eye on that. And that's fine. You're free to operate as you want. But again, like from my perspective, I'm just very unclear what the whole purpose of this space is when almost everything is getting walked back and justified in some sort of capacity. And, you know, I get that you're apologetic to Daniel because you guys are good now. And he was probably the most impacted person of everything that you've done moving forward. But I don't hear any sort of, I don't hear any sort of aspiration to change the way that you do things moving forward. And at some point. That's just not true. I've said it multiple times so far. I've said, I think in the future, I need to have better framework for deciding which people I talk about. And, and I think that that needs to be more centrally focused for when I make content that impacts people. But what I did not say is I'm sorry for everything that I've done, regardless of whether it was right or wrong. And I won't say anything anymore. I will still stand up for myself. I will still stand up for my business. And I still will defend myself when someone goes after me like he did. It was a response to Fernando, frankly. Yeah, I guess we just see this very differently. I, I don't see you as the counterpuncher in any of these scenarios. How would you view him? Let's just say someone, one of your solve for why coaches left and tried to recruit a bunch of your of your members. Would you view it like you're throwing the first punch if you then go after them? Yes. I personally don't see things eye to eye with you. Like even the conversation you were having where it was a discussion of building the best product versus building the product that people will buy. Like I very much don't align with that. And I understand that uh, at the end of the day, the dollars are going to speak and you're going to do far better than me in that arena, but we're not all motivated by the same things. So like, yeah, we just disagree here and that's okay. Uh, I'm not even like holding your feet to the fire for it. I'm just trying to call a spade a spade. Like you're certainly not the counter puncher or the victim in this case. I'm not asking to be called the victim. What I'm saying is if someone tries to take, if someone tries to hurt my business, I'm going to defend myself and my business. That doesn't make me a victim, but it means that I'm going to hold my ground and I'm going to do what I'm told. I'm going to do what I have on the table in order to defend those things. 
So, I mean, like the re- the reality is like you're, with the list of people that you want to go into, they're different and the stories are different. And, and you can see that the Fernando thing as a, a huge loss for me, um, by the way, a funny note about the Fernando case, the, the reason that the scarf story wasn't defamatory according to the arbitrator was that it was true. Um, so I just want to, I just want to put that in there on the, on the scarves note, not that it's hugely relevant one way or the other. Um, but it wasn't but, an old lady, correct? It was a, it was a, I mean, it depends on what we're going to say it's old, but I, I, okay, I don't actually know her age. Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, I, I, I assume, I assume mid forties. I, I don't know her actual age to be honest with you. Um, I just know that a mother, not a grandmother, like again, sure. liberties were taken. Sure. Sure. Um, but, but also a true story. Nonetheless, um, so hey, so anyway, hey, so it, hey, Doug, do you see? Uh, do you see? Uh, I mean, I know you guys want to keep arguing about this, the the specifics of this particular case, but do you see? Uh, like Phil's in the chat as well. If we want to bring up Phil and uh, maybe address, he said he's got a bedtime at eight thirty p.m., so which is about thirty minutes. So maybe maybe we can have him come as well and address some stuff. You and Berkey can, yeah, you know, maybe I think pick, maybe you guys, maybe you guys can talk a few more things out. I'm not sure if you guys are getting anywhere with your back and forth today, but you know, maybe next time. Yeah, let's 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 bring Philip. That's a great that's a great idea. Um, okay, yeah, he, 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 I just texted him. He said he's in here. I don't I don't see him in my chat, so I, I can't invite him. But you, maybe, maybe you see him in the chat. I don't see him in here. I don't see him either. Let me. Do you do you, I mean if he if he's on a, a time crunch here, I'd prefer to get him on if that's possible. Do you have? Yeah, let me um, see. Cool. Yeah, he's, he just sent me. He said he's requested, but I just don't see him in mine. I guess you don't see him in yours, Phil. Maybe uh, close the app and try coming back or something like that. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't see it. It's his first time. He said he never been on here before, so we'll let him get get that figured out. Okay. While while he figures that out, let's go ahead and get Jane Anders on here. Perfect. All right, Fernando, you're on. Jane, is you there? Yep. All right, we can hear you. Cool. I know you guys want to get Phil in here in a moment. Um, I just want to talk to Doc's point just for a moment. <clears throat> so I think it's fair for Doc to say that uh, we had agreements that were outside of the contract that um, we felt different about. But this started already way before the PLO lab because the, the revenue split of the PLO lab uh, wasn't a mutual agreement to begin with. But I got tricked into believing that we're going to go into a 50-50 deal. And when it didn't turn out that way, and I got caught off by surprise three days before the launch, it wasn't that I was inherently unhappy with the 30%. It just felt like I was uh, being wronged by upswing poker, including Doug. So that's how the relationship started being shaped. All righty. So, so uh, was that it, Fernando? Is it, is it cool if I talk or yeah. were you sure. still going? 
All right. So I guess like just just to kind of take a step back, Fernando. Um, I mean, I don't. We haven't talked in in quite some time. Um, I just want to start off with saying that you did really great work for us, and um, you know, I, I think like kind of regardless of of the the back and forth or or whatever we've had over the years, um, I do think that you do a really good job and a very thorough job with the content that you create and. Uh, you know, we're we're thankful for for what you did produce for us, and that I I do think that you're a great option for people if they want to learn PLO. Um, it feels a bit disingenuous when you when you use the word thankful, and then look at the actions you took over the last couple of years. Just sure. to understand that. Sure. Let, okay. let, yeah, that's fine. Let, let, let me let me keep going though, because it's not all going to be nice. Um. So, I really do feel like over the course of that first year together. Um, I, I, I honestly, and, and maybe, maybe like this was just blind in my own way, but I, I really thought that we were friends. Um, we talked not a ton, but some, we met in Vegas, Vegas, albeit briefly. I thought you were much closer with fees and, uh, I, I, I did try to like promote your stuff and tag you in things and like drive people over to, over to your content. Right. And so I guess like when we, when we went to renegotiate the second deal, it wasn't, Sorry, it wasn't I that said that it was a 50-50 split, right? You're saying that someone else said it, I think, Here's right? Here's the thing about that. That's true. But you always speak as upswing as your company. And then whenever it's time to take responsibility for something, something someone else did in your company, you point away and say, it wasn't me. I wasn't aware. My lawyers told me. I didn't look into the claims. I didn't look into the contract. I didn't know what was promised by upswing poker. This is your company. So take full responsibility. Sure. Well, that's not totally fair. So, so. The company is owned by three people, and we're each one third. And and I I want to I know this sounds like I'm deflecting again, but I actually did not want to do a subscription course the second time around anyway because there's a bunch of problems with that. But the way that a company works when you have multiple owners is you aren't just the end all be all. You you have to take responsibility for every person, and and basically when someone says something that's wrong, that um essentially you're you're liable for and i believe you're talking about something that matt coletta said to you correct there are multiple things that lead into the same direction for example your company sued me personally and you for which is a big thing and obviously with three owners you should be aware what you're suing me for especially if you have a website up that has slanderous content about me on it right well okay slanderous that word is loaded because it was not word, it was thief, not slanderous content thief, scam and the dirty I mean, for, fernando we is a pretty hey we went look we went to arbitration and it was ruled we were not defamatory to you not so true. slanderous is just an incorrect word i couldn't prove damages for defamation that's the correct way to say it but you, you don't have to deflect let's okay. stick to the talking point of 50 50 deal I, I'm not deflecting. I'm merely pointing out that the word slanderous is incorrect sure. in this context. Let's go so back to the 50 deal. All right. So, so look, like this is an honest place where we can have a conversation about stuff. Um, but I, I, I think that if you try and just like throw loaded language at me and nitpick me, then it's going to be difficult for us to get through this. Um, but going, let's go, let's go back to what I was trying to talk about before when mm -hmm. we're talking about 50, 50 split. Right. Are you talking about something that Matt Coletta said to you? Matt Coletta, yes, exactly. I posted it also on Twitter because he also wrote it to me. Okay. Okay, yes. Yeah. So 
what happened there is Matt Coletta, with no authority from myself and fees in any capacity, said something to you that was wrong. He did not know what the actual offer was. Uh, and and my, it doesn't really matter the backstory about like what he was going through personally, but regardless, when he said it to me and fees, we said that is not something that we've agreed to. And that is not an offer that we're willing to make. Should that make a so difference? So he me? made a mistake. Just as a, as a side note. Well, it does. Well, it does make a difference because when you're a company and you have multiple people that own a company and someone does something wrong, like it has to be approved by the company as a whole. Like, for example, if if someone at Microsoft hired you for, or someone at Microsoft said, we're going to pay you $10 million a year to develop for us. And then they ran up the chain. They said, oh, no, you can't. It doesn't mean that you're going to pay them $10 million. Like It matters like what the, what the overall ownership of the company said. Agreed. And I told you this in our call. Fernando, I told you this. Did I not tell you this in our call before you signed the contract? But let me get to your point. So it, is, it might be true that Matt made a mistake, right? But I was still under the impression that upswing poker, the company, obviously, and not Matt himself, made me an offer, right? So that's my viewpoint. So when I get the contract three days before launch, it puts down a different number. Obviously, I'm under the impression upswing poker wronged me, and it's not personal between me and Matt. So in my shoes here, when when someone makes an offer that we cannot offer, and by the way, Fernando, we have lots of coaches. No one is anywhere near the vicinity that you're talking about. Okay. We, we don't have to get into the specifics of like who has what and things like that. And I can't do that to our coaches anyway, but we don't offer that deal. And we've tried to recruit a lot of people. I'm sure there are other people we've talked to about percentages as well that can kind of vouch for the realm that we're talking about. So I do not know why Matt said that that day. He was wrong. He apologized. He was not, really authorized to say that that is an incorrect number and that was not in a deal that you agreed to the deal you agreed to was eventually the one that you signed which was 67 or 70 or whatever and you could have walked if you wanted to so i guess i i mean i see that you're upset because you feel like you were misled but can you look at it from my perspective how how am i supposed to know that you were misled by something that we don't offer because someone else said a wrong number like can you see that from my perspective no and here's the reason so you said Matt told you that he offered 50-50. You told him it was impossible, right? You and Fees told him this is impossible. And I, by the way, agree that now that I'm running my own business, 50-50, depends how it exactly is created, is not a realistic deal. But that's not the point. Matt told you 50-50. You knew it was not possible. Why didn't you tell me before presenting me with the contract? Three days before launch. I did not present you with the contract. It was Matt the or the attorneys, correct? I led to believe it is 50. You already knew that 50 will not be the offer. And you also knew that Matt told me it's 50-50. You just said that. So why didn't you come up to me and said, you know what, Matt, I made a mistake. Instead, I did tell you that. when we, we had a call. I did. Uh, so first off, I... Fernando, I think I think maybe you you think I'm more actively involved in the legal stuff and the and like the business side of the company than I am. And and if and if I didn't make that clear, that's that's my bad. But I did not send you a contract, right? It came from Matt or our attorneys. I didn't read the contract. I didn't know it was in the contract. Clearly, because then we lost when we would took you to court. So at no point was I involved in the contract at any capacity. I just let Matt handle that. That was not my point. <clears throat> 
Yeah. Okay. Yeah. What's your point? So yeah. I can try and answer. Yeah. This. I'm not too eloquent to explain it. I'm trying it, trying it again. So Matt told me months before the launch that it's going to be 50-50. So now at this point, I'm under the impression I'm producing a product for a 50-50 deal. I'm working and working and working. Three days before launch, I get sent the contract from your company with a 30% deal. Obviously, I feel like I'm getting wronged. Now, if you already spoke to Matt before that, before three days of the launch, and had the conversation with him that it's not going to be 50-50, why did no one of the company, including yourself, came up to me beforehand, before I produced the entire product, and told me, you know what, Fernando, we made a mistake. It's not going to be 50-50. Are you okay with that before we put out all the ads and uh, announce the product? Okay, so, so I see what you're asking now. Now, I guess I'm a little bit confused. So first off, if, if Matt told you 50-50 the whole time that far in advance and you built around that, then I'm very sorry that he shouldn't have done that. That, that is absolutely his fault and, and, and our fault as a company. But that is not a percentage that we were able and willing to offer you. And it also would mess up our dynamic with all these other coaches that we have because we have agreements with all of them too. And I don't want to do something that's unfair to them. If you had already made that content, then I'm very sorry about that. However, we're talking about a subscription course, correct? We're talking about a course you're going to be updating every month, right? I think you're trying. Yes, I appreciate the, the, uh, the no, 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 no. That's 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 important. Yeah, I appreciate the fact that you said you're sorry about that. I I will repeat myself once again. I don't think that a 50-50 deal is a good deal for you as a company. I don't think it's a fair deal. I don't think I should get 50%. Now, in hindsight, I completely understand that. I was never bothered by the fact that I don't have 50%. I was bothered by the fact that you told me something else. I did all the... No, I did not. I did not tell you something else. Your company or Matt, whoever you want to point to, told me it's going to be something else. And then I got presented with different facts. So I don't want to argue what your coaches are getting. I don't want to argue if 50% is a good number because I'm also against it. So I'm completely fine with it. Yeah. I'm arguing just the communication on your end. And I made communication errors as well, for sure. I'm just saying that the way it started, yeah. it started on a rocky on a rocky mountain, not a rocky mountain, on a, the rocky road started when I felt like I was misled by someone in your company yeah, or the promises that were made that didn't get met three days before launch. Yeah, that's messed up. I, I'm, I'm really sorry that happened. Um, and like, but, but you also have to see this from my perspective, okay, just for a moment. I don't write the contracts. I didn't tell you 50-50. It didn't come up until way closer to launch. And then when, when Matt said that to me, I said, what are you talking about? That's not a percentage that we can offer. We don't offer that to anyone. And that's that's not something that we're going to be able to do. At which point, you know, it's not like I, it's not like, Fernando, I said to you something and then it wasn't true. It was someone else did. I know it's my company, but but can you see from my perspective why that would be frustrating? Because I have a business partner that makes a makes an error. And then I have to, and then I have to talk to you. That's not like some kind of planned attack for me. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. And I think that we are all. I mean, most people in this poker coaching space are poker players by heart, and we are we are learning about business, and we're learning about communicating with other people, and we make sometimes bigger and sometimes smaller mistakes. I made a lot of them. 
also working with you guys. And, uh, and I don't have any issue with that because, because the intention behind it is still to do the right thing. However, and, and, I, and I have no grudge that you guys miscommunicated and told me it's 30%. It's fine. You know, this happens. This is business. This is all part of the learning experience. What I, ha what I have an issue is that after the fact, after we both, we all made mistakes in this business dealings and it was a fiasco. It was not the way it was supposed to be handled from all parties. After that, I'm getting misrepresented, bullied, attacked, and you put up a website and sue me for like strange claims. For what? What's the point? And, and also you mentioned to Berkey, you were trying to defend your company by putting up a website called the Dirty Dealings of Fernando Habeca, aka Nandes. How is that protecting your business? It was not a website. It was a it was a page on on our home site. So that's just or, like a slight difference. Yeah, it was but, on your website, which has even yeah. more SEO power. Yeah. but to the point, basically. Yeah, but it wasn't like we put up a separate website, right? No, it was a page on our website. Semantics, my end. But yeah. how is that? No, that's how fine. is that protecting your company? So a, a couple of things, Fernando, and I just want to start off with saying, like, I was personally very upset at, at what what you did. Um, and like, I'm not saying that that really matters that much as it, as it pertains to like what happened legally and stuff, but I am definitely someone where if I feel like you're trying to fuck me over, I will, I will fight back. And, and I know like from your perspective, it probably felt like what the hell, like, why am I having this attack? But to me, it just felt like we, we well, I mean, to be honest with you, Fernando, you, you did put our company in a very bad situation. We launched a subscription course based around you. You told us we could rely on you. We launched it and you immediately quit. And we had no one that could fill those shoes. And so we had all of these customers that were very upset and it put us in a disastrous situation as a company. And then meanwhile, you were working on content to create and launch your own training site right afterwards. So from my perspective, I was, I was very upset with the way you were handling it and it was causing material damage to my company. And then meanwhile, you also posted online that we stole 100K from you, which was not true. So, okay, so uh, well, a few points here. I completely understand that you were upset, and that's it's a frustrating situation for everyone. If When you go into a business dealing with someone, it is not about relying on the other person. It's about relying on each other. And you also had obligations in, like you personally, as well as the other owners of Upsync Poker to meet up with me, to support me, and to help me in the process of creating the PLO lab. And you missed those obligations. That, that I also posted that and it was discovered in the arbitration. Those are facts. So it's not like I, I wouldn't argue that I, I did let you guys down, but it is because I felt let down myself. So it's not one-sided. And I think sometimes maybe you struggle to see the other person's side and, and have also empathy for the other person. I understand you were frustrated, and so I was too. Does that justify you to just go after me, trying to destroy me? Well, I, I honestly, the more that I talk with you, the more I, I really feel like, um, I feel like we both feel wronged and upset here. And I, I think that we both tried to fight back in the ways that we felt were appropriate. Um, 
I, I I know that like because my platform is bigger, it it was more more damaging for you. I didn't. Um, but I also you fought me, and then I had to defend myself years after the fact. I never. Well, but, fought, I didn't. Say, but, I didn't even say anything. I I just left, and I, and I, and I, and I allowed you to yeah, just but, run over me and and okay. and have well put out these lies about me. I, I didn't fight you at all. I was trying to avoid you. Why would I fight you? You were the biggest so, content creator in the space. You had the most power. Why would I ever try to fight you? That would be insane. So the the way that you're wording it is a little bit different than the way that it came across to us. The way that you talked with us, the tone that you took with us, the the damage that you 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 put on our company, and and, and also just like the way that that you talked to me. So publicly, I definitely fired the first shot at you, and and you know. I still, I still feel like the reason that I did that, um, I stand behind because I felt like you were, I didn't feel like you were creating, let me ask you this, Fernando, were you creating, in your opinion, serious damage to my business with the way that you left? What do you think? Here's my honest answer. And I think when you think about it, really, you can maybe emphasize, like there are a few points about that. So when I, when I handed in my resignation, right, with Matt, and then afterwards with Matt, you, and Ryan, I made it clear from the beginning that I, we have three months' time to find a professional solution to solve this problem because it was a problem, right? You need another coach. And we have three months' time to solve this problem and that I will be helpful to find you another coach so you can continue the product. Okay, but you're skipping. Can you can you please go to the month before that or two months before that? Because you're skipping like a really important part that I think needs to be needs to be a part of the conversation. I'm, I'm not sure what you're trying to point to, but maybe you can help me. Sure. So so when we talked before, you you, you do. I, I mean, look like, and if you if you don't want to say so, then I, I understand. Or if you think otherwise, then maybe we're just not on the same page. But before we launched the the PLO course, like you recognized that you were our only coach for that course, right? And that without you, we were going to be screwed. Yes. Okay. And so we also said to you, like, you know, if you're going to do this, you need to be in it for the long run. Do you remember that? We yeah, talked about of that. Of course, it's a subscription. Okay. So, so then we launch, and then you hand in your resignation immediately. And we had sold all of these annual packages for your coaching, right? Yes. Okay, so at that point you say, "Hey guys, I'm going to help replace me in three months," but we're, we're kind of screwed now because we've sold these twelve-month Fernando coaching packages that we can't deliver on because you're leaving in three months. So, can you see why that would do material, like that would do damage to to upswing because our members have paid for this coaching that you're not going to be able to give? Yes. Yeah. For sure. Of course, it's damage. okay. So that's yeah, so that's where I was coming from, and that's why I felt so upset. And and I'm not saying that that justifies like levying some of the personal attacks. And and this is a tricky one for me, Fernando, because like I really do feel like I felt like you were hurt. I, I didn't feel like you were hurting my business, and I wanted to protect my business and our members and and my friends and and my company. And so I made those things because. I felt like the damage that you were doing needed to be mitigated in some capacity. And um, I felt like that was my way to do it. 
Um, so would you repeat it? I have to. Can I interject really quickly, just as an observer? Um, as far as like Fernando's, uh, I guess, importance to all of this, doesn't that responsibility fall on you as a company to lock him down for that time period to ensure that this can't happen? I mean, I understand there was maybe an oversight, but it, it seems like this shouldn't be Fernando's problem. Yeah. So our, our attorney made a bad contract. I mean, obviously we were wrong. I mean, Fernando defeated our claim. Like he, he, he did not breach his contract. So, um, you know, we had a bad contract, but like, I, I'm not, I'm not an attorney. I didn't write the contract. I don't even deal with that side of the business. I mean, Fran, I'm pretty sure you realize that, right? Like how often did you see me involved in that side of the business? I have no idea. It's also like we didn't speak much in our relationship in Upspring. Like, and, and you said so to Berkey before. And then when I came on, you said you, you, we didn't, which is true. I had a good relationship with Ryan. I don't know what your involvements were. I know that you called the 90-day clause a loophole, which was a lie because it was involved and present in many other contracts. So I just want to be like really precise that sometimes sure. when we talk about legal stuff, you point away and then sometimes you don't. And it's like, it feels kind of like cherry pickish. Also, yeah, to I be clear, I don't see why it matters. I, I also run a company a, and I have someone in different, different people in different positions that do legal work, for example, yeah. or marketing or whatever it is. I take responsibility, this is my company. And I think you, you yeah, are but, a person but, that talks a lot about responsibility and your company, that's your own, the only way you word it, your company. And whenever it doesn't suit you, in this case specifically, I feel like you just point away and say, I wasn't involved, I wasn't aware, I'm not in charge, it wasn't my fault. Right, but in this case, it was someone else that said this to you, right? They should so take like, responsibility as your company. Yeah, but but Fernando, like the thing is, we're one of three owners, and so, an owner said something to you months in advance that was wrong, and then I find out right before the contract, and now I, I'm it's my no, mistake. It's so if you want me to take, and then you as a company co-owner has to take responsibility. You as a company, as a full company, has to say it's okay. our mistake, if, and now if, we have to walk the path. Okay, so if if you want me to apologize oh. on behalf. I'm just talking about responsibility and saying like, yeah, Upstream made a mistake. And I, I, yeah, but where I does that end, Fernando? Upstream that made a mistake. If there was a mistake and that's fine. It's not about you personally. It's just, if you say Matt did this or Ryan did that, it just sounds, I don't know. It sounds kind of, I don't know which word to use, but like the reality is it was Upstream's mistake. If there was a mistake and not like these individuals. Right. Okay. Okay. Yeah. That's, that's fair. I mean, it, 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 it's frustrating for me because like you have a business partner and you very specifically tell them what it is and then they say something wrong and then you correct it, but the, the damage has been done. So yeah, I shouldn't um, be for that afterwards. Yeah. If you guys have mistakes between each other, you know, like that's, I understand this happens, but then again, the contract was not done by you probably i mean i don't think so and you didn't know too much about the contract but the decision to sue someone is a very deliberate and calculated decision it's not something you just do hand over fist and the claims right because we also had to counterclaim the claims that you have made which were many claims at some point you got to talk to your lawyers and say what are we actually accusing him of 
and the plane explained thing and the preflop charts and all this kind of stuff had to come up in some at some point and you had to realize this all makes no sense like this is not a legitimate lawsuit like we're just trying to bully this guy into like spending hundreds of thousands of dollars to defend himself that he probably doesn't have well to be totally honest with you i like i i guess like if we're just going into like I'm responsible de facto because I'm one of the three owners and thus everything that happened I'm to blame, then I guess there really isn't any defense to any of it. Um, if if you want to know my personal experience here, it's like I do business very directly and honestly. If I, I if I had told you a number of what your cut would be, it would have been accurate and the truth. I am sorry that someone else at my company misled you, and then for the lawsuit. I, I wasn't involved basically at all, Fernando, to be honest. Like, there were legal emails. I would just immediately mute them because I was doing other stuff. And, you know, in basically any of the legal matters, I just leave it to the attorneys and whatever they tell me I do. And for those attorneys specifically, they were clearly very bad and wrong because we obviously had no case. And so I am sorry. I'll tell you what I, I am definitely sorry about is for putting you through that for something that was completely useless and worthless and had no chance of winning. Um, and, and if I had realized that, then I, I wouldn't have done it. But, you know, our attorney said like, oh, we have a, we have a good case here for this or that, the other, like, I'm not an attorney. Like I, I can't, I can't say like, no, you guys are wrong. We have no case. You know, like if they say that to me, <laughs> all I can really do is believe them. Like I'm not, I, I can't go through the legal documents. You know, this is why you have attorneys, right? So, that's, I think that's fine and we can leave this behind basically. But let me ask you this. So you you guys, whoever it was, put up a website about me, right? That ranked number one on, on SEO. No, we no, we didn't put up a website. Sorry, I, I, I know that you put up okay. a site on your website. Is that the right way you want me we, to say it? We 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 made a page on our website. You made a page on your website that was called the Dirty Dealings of Jane Anders with my full name calling me a thief and a scammer. And you said to Berkey before I joined that you stand by your actions. So my question to you is, if the same thing would happen again and you had a legal argument with someone that you felt was wrongdoing you, would you do the same thing again? With the website, with the site. So, honestly, no. Why not? Because it's just like, it's just not worth it. And even though like, it's not even coming from a place of like, I feel like it's not fair. Like I do, I really do feel like a big part of this for me personally is just like, I've had a lot of people wrong me in my life where I just couldn't defend myself. And so finally I'm in a position where like I can defend myself and I felt like you fucked me over. And you did cause damage to my company in a way that we didn't realize you could in the contract. And so, and you were right. You were absolutely right. But it did fuck us over. So, like, it's not about whether I think it's, like, right or wrong to put that website up. Or, sorry, now I'm saying website, goddammit, to put that page up. It's about, like, having to deal with the aftermath now because, like, I don't want to have to then be involved in some of these personal matters and, and things when like it's like vindictive and it, and it, it's coming from this place that I've just been in my whole life of like, 
I can finally punch back, right? Like I can finally protect myself. And so I just don't think that it's worth getting involved in, in some of these kinds of things. And it's kind of petty and like, it doesn't even really matter if, if like, I think that it's right or fair or not. Like I, I just don't want to get into, into petty bullshit anymore. Um, but, but, but I was hurt, man. Like you, you hurt my company, you know, that's, that's where it came from. I think that that's an honest conversation. And I think when you speak about revenge, like there's, there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of processing there. And, uh, you know, what, one of the quotes that I, that I have been, uh, sort of reminding myself, but it's very hard sometimes is the best revenge is not to be like them. And when I think back about you being bullied in school, like maybe that's something to, to keep in mind. Yeah, I think, um, I think like when, when you have a hammer, everything looks like a nail. And like when you have a platform and you have an audience and you feel like someone wrongs you, you just, you just like, at least how I've always felt is like, I just want to be able to just like, use that as my defense, right? Like as my shield. Um, and like, I think that, I think that I just need to pick those battles a little bit better. Um, and even if something really upsets me, like that can't just be like the framework for, for why, why I, I, I do, I do what I did. Um, now that said, like, I, I, I do, I do, I'm, I am not sure exactly what, what would have been correct. Like, because if I don't, if I don't publicly do something, I think, I think you should honestly just leave it there. You know, like I think this is good. Yeah. Let me yeah. ask uh, one last question. So we, we made a mean mean video about you recently, which you heard about. Do you want me to take the video down? Uh, no, I, I I don't care, man. Do you don't care or? No, no, I, I, I really like. If you want to, that's fine. It, it doesn't, it doesn't really bother me either way. I mean, if you feel like it's, an, if it's something that's true to you, like, I, I, I'm not really a big believer in in taking down most of the, most of the stuff. I mean, um, okay. I, I, feel like I, I you, wouldn't. You've been open here for honest conversation, and I appreciate that. And uh, however you feel about it, and. I think at the end of the day, it, it, it might bother you. So I'm going to put it down because I feel like we hashed it out to degree to the degree that we're both okay with, and yeah. uh, that's where I'm going to leave it. Basically, how about this? Let's uh, if you want to take it down, obviously that 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 would be great, and we can always talk about it later separately because I I don't really think that there's going to be any ill any will ill will moving forward. Yeah. Okay. Well, thank you for your time. Yeah, man. Thanks for hopping on. I still don't see Phil Gelfond in here, by the way. I'm being told he's in here, but yeah, maybe I, maybe I, check. I don't know if he maybe you muted his account or something like that. But I didn't. I didn't mute his account though. Oh, okay. Yeah, I don't know. It's not showing up. He, he tried a couple phones. He told me and tried the desktop. But I don't see him in here either. Let me see. Let me try one more time here. Maybe I tilt muted him last night and didn't think about. It. I don't think I did though. Let me look. Let me see. No, he's not muted. 
He's in this. He's in the space. Can you see him? Yeah. No, I can't see him. He just texted me and said he's reinstalling iOS because I actually had this issue before. He said he's been listening, but uh, okay. I had this issue before with my old iOS on my Twitter Spaces. My account would never work. So once I updated my iOS, is when my Twitter started working and I could actually talk. I couldn't. I couldn't even get in there before. So uh, I think he's going to reinstall. Okay. Yeah. That that's fine. We can we can add him back in. Yeah, I think like. I think like there like the big takeaway for me really is like I just need to like let things go sometimes and not feel like I need to always punch back at everybody. Um because like the thing is I, I, I guess like it's just like a defense mechanism in some capacity. On specifically the personal stuff, um I, I, I do I, I am torn on the Fernando thing because like it did it, it did cause it was causing damage to my business. And so that is a little bit different than just like, you know, putting a putting a dildo in Daniel's mouth in a funny video or like the Charlie Carroll stuff, which I think is clearly wrong. This is like more more nuanced, but I think like the stuff like the SEO stuff, I think I think we shouldn't have done. And I think like I think the way that I, I portrayed it could have been a little bit better too. Um, but I, I do think I, I was, I needed to say something there, but I, I'm just not sure. It's tough, you know, Joey, like it's tough when it's like your business, like it's like actual, like, and there's members and they're like frustrated and they're upset and like, I don't know, it, it gets, it gets more difficult, I think in those situations. Yeah, I mean, I, I see both sides of the Jane and situation. I, I've been there following it the entire time. I was one of the people that recommended him for PLO coaching for upswing. You know, I thought he was one of the best coaches at the time. He's one of the best players. And uh, yeah, you know, it didn't go well. Obviously you felt hurt. And, uh, you know, as we've seen your way of attacking a situation is to repetitively do it. And I think that's where some of these issues really come from, right? When you go after somebody for, you know, a hundred times or 50 times or different videos, tweets and everything like that, then, um, you know, that stuff's going to leave a fucking scar to people. And that's really going to hurt a lot of people out there who, you know, nobody wants to deal with that. You don't want to deal with that. I don't want to deal with that. And I think since, you know, something I've noticed just these past couple of months is that the drama's really, really been kicking off, kicking up another notch for whatever reason, right? I'm not sure if, you know, Nick Airball, he seemed to like bring a, bring a charge at everybody here when, once he did that podcast with you. And uh, I don't really know what happened, but ever since then, it just seemed pretty wild and, you know, a lot of people have been feuding, a lot of people have been going back and forth, a lot of energy has been put that way. And obviously the fans love it, the content people love it. You know, there's so many people watching, there's 4,000 people watching right now waiting to hear from Phil Galfond and waiting to hear what he's got to say about his his post he made today. So, you know, I guess it's up to you to decide how deep in that you want to be and how much attention you want to put on all this stuff. And uh, and like you said, right, maybe it's time to move on from some of these these things you've had this ill will for, for people or for events or for ideas and... Uh, Obviously, it's up for you to process. You got to take some time, figure that out, you know, get in the lab and think about it. Yeah, I mean, like, so one thing for me, Joey, is I, I, I've, and I, I think this is something that I do well. Like, I, I, I don't think about a phrase this. I'm, I'm definitely open to having people speak against me or, or things that are negative about me. Um, I'm not going to necessarily agree with them, and I'm definitely willing to argue my side. But I, I am I am totally fine in giving people a platform to do that, you know. Um, and like with with all of like my videos, like I, I've invited the vast majority of people onto my podcast if they want to discuss things or whatever. Um, and I think like one of the good things today is that 
I think a lot of people chose to 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 be a part of that, which I think is pretty cool. And and I, I definitely appreciate like a lot of a lot of these guys coming on. Um I I do think that it's it's an interesting balance where you're like you're really trying to, to think about the way that you've handled things and how fairly you have or have not handled them. And um at the same time, like not overly beat yourself up, but at the same time, not just like put up this wall where you're just like unwilling to try and, and better yourself. And I, I think like trying to strive for that middle ground, you know, what's kind of like Joey, it's kind of like when you post a, some content or there's a, there's a, there's like a thread on you on, on two plus two or Reddit or whatever. It's like, on one hand, you really want to read every comment about you because you want to see what they're saying. But on the other hand, you're like, this is pure torture. I shouldn't read a single one of these. But if you don't read any of them, then it's like, am I delusional because I'm choosing to not engage in this? And you're kind of just trapped in this like between a rock and a hard place where you don't want to be delusional, uh, but you also don't want to be spending your time reading about you from random people on the internet. It's just like you're in this trap, you know? Definitely. I mean, that's a big part of being a content creator. And I feel like once you get past a certain level of attention or status or followers or viewers, then all that starts to kick up an extra notch and you start to get even more criticism and more feedback. And and it really comes in all directions, positive and negative. So my my way I've handled it in past years is I just block it all out and I don't try to think about the good or the bad, even though, you know, you want to respond, right? Like during the investigation I did, I got a little emotional about something that, that Norm Chad said about it, right? And I made a joke about it. We went back and forth about, right? It's like something that you don't even expect to happen. All of a sudden it gets taken this way, it gets taken that way, and then it becomes a big story and then it takes up a lot of your energy and and uh, you start putting all your focus on it and your whole life can become that way. So, you know, trust me, I'm I'm like, I've been doing this content stuff, really working by myself for, for 10 years now. And uh, yeah, it doesn't, you know, it's always the challenge of a content creator to figure out how am I going to deal with criticism and how am I going to decide how to talk about people? Am I going to speak negatively about them? Am I going to speak positively about them? Am I going to try to point out the great things about Matt Berkey? Or am I going to try to point out the things that I don't like about Matt Berkey? Because every time you make a video, it's going to be seen by a lot of people, right? Like it's if once you know the formula, how to make a YouTube video to get 100,000 people and, and more to view your video, I can make a video about almost anybody, positive or negative, and most likely a lot of people are going to watch it. And that's a lot of responsibility that I've, I've tried to take real serious for a long time because that could be that is a lot of power in that if you put out a good thing about them and a lot of people see it, now their perception of that person is positive and they want to support them versus the other side, put out something else and then that could be the only thing they read about them and they decide, well, I don't want to support that person. And, uh, you know, I don't think that I think that challenge is always going to be there for anybody who chooses to put yeah. themselves out there in the content space. I, I do think that, Joey, I, th- I think like one thing that I, I there's a couple of things today that I, I still don't agree with. And I think like one of them is the idea that, you know, because a video can have far reach that it's content that I shouldn't be making or like I should be trying to avoid, or I should be like careful of, uh, or not that I shouldn't be careful, but um, this idea that like, because it's impactful to people, then I shouldn't make it. I think the the answer is more just around like the way I choose like which subjects I choose. Like I just need to be very sure about the the one that I'm doing, right? Like let me give you an example in crypto. Like when I was doing all of those BitConnect videos, like roasting those guys for being scammers and then warning people and then it all imploded. That that's an example of like a really good usage of memes and 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 audience to to warn people and do something good, right? Because like there are people that didn't get scammed because they didn't fall into that. 
Um, so like in situations like that, I think it makes a lot of sense to, to use, to use your reach and, and, and make jokes and stuff. Um, I do think though that I, I still want to be able to use hu- humor as a way to make the videos entertaining. I just think that it needs to be done slightly more tactically and, and, and just be careful about like some of the stuff on the margins. Um, but like, I also have to be honest, I'm, I'm going to still cover stuff that's, that's in this vein and, uh, and stuff that is in the drama area and is about poker players. And, and if I think something, someone does something wrong, I'm still going to voice that. So I think there's just like a, there's like a more fair middle ground to kind of be in and, and be aware of. Yeah, it sounds like this problem is, might change a little bit in the future when you start making content like that. But obviously, the person you're talking about is probably always going to have an issue if you're investigating a cheating scandal or if you're discussing something that's going to make someone look negative. As you said earlier, when you read these articles about yourself, it's hard not to take that kind of stuff personally and, and look at it much differently. So obviously now when you're getting into these back and forth with people, a lot of these people have built up their own community and their own audiences. So now they have their own audience and community that can stick up for them and defend them. And, you know, we're seeing that with all the different players now and the creators, they got Twitter, they got YouTube, they're doing spaces. So I think the space is uh, really evolving in that regard. So now when you are going to put these kind of accusations, if you want to call them or allegations out there about what these people have done, that's going to paint them in that way. Of course, they're going to be pushing back and I'm sure, their friends might not agree with it. And I guess that's your challenge to figure out where is that middle ground? And, you know, do you care about making everybody happy? And do you care if that, if some people do not like the way that you're approaching the way that you make this content and and there really are no regulations for how things should be done in that regard. It's just people's opinions. So that's, that's for you to decide ultimately how you want to handle that and and what direction you want to go with it. I don't think that I'm trying to be everyone's friend. And and I do think that one, one thing that I think we, we take for granted a little bit. Um, maybe take for granted is the wrong saying, but one thing that I think that people maybe don't recognize is I think that it is good to have people in the industry that are, that are willing to kind of call out accepted norms and, you know, even bigger players that have followings because you're going to take heat doing that. And, and for a long, at least when I was starting content and still kind of today, it's just very dangerous to do that because people can go after you or they get upset or whatever. But I, I think like having voices in the community that, that like Berkey for the record, um, I think he's actually a good example of that is um, I think it's a net positive for poker to have people that, that are outspoken. Now, you know, that doesn't mean that we have to agree on everything or even a lot of things, but I think that for way too many years in poker, it was just kind of like we all get in line behind the same standard four big names and just whatever they say goes I think now we're starting to see kind of like a branch out in a way that that is really unique and cool, and uh, I think I think it's a it's it's a huge net positive to have to have people like like um, you know like Berkey creating content in the space that you know appeals to to, to certain audiences. Yeah, 100, 100, it's a hundred percent needed because you know I was making content. I was pretty much one of the only people you were making content for. If you go back, look at the 2015, 16, 17, 18. There really weren't many people even trying to bring the poker community together and trying to make content and trying to look out for the players who really don't have a voice. And I think when I've always looked at the ambassadors of poker, as you said, the big four names, I always expected those people to be the pillars who would speak out against the companies. If there was big issues with players, if there was cheating scandals, if there was bots, if there were all these things that make it 
what I thought the poker community was and the poker world was where you had people competing, trying to win, trying to be professionals. And uh, these ambassadors, in my mind, were the people who were the protectors in some way. I come to find out maybe that's not necessarily how this thing works. But, you know, it took me a long time to really realize that. And uh, I think it's great. You know, one of my biggest like complaints I always had was more people weren't speaking out about these kind of things. And I think Berkey was always talking about that as well, too, a lot on Twitter when we go back and forth or if we ever did podcasts together. Definitely a conversation we always had, so I'm not surprised to see him take up that mantle and try to fill that that need for the community out there, which I think he's done a great job of so far. And it seems like he only want to keep he only wants to keep doing that, which I think is great. And we need people to step up, like Phil Galfon. I think that's he steps up, he puts his voice out there for whatever reason. As we've debated that and along the way, and I'm sure we're going to hear from Phil, maybe not today, but maybe hear from him tomorrow, and uh, get to hear more where he's coming from. But yeah. Yeah, I guess I guess uh, Twitter's space has remained undefeated. Its latest victim, Phil Galfon. Moment of silence, everybody. Yeah, I don't know. I think it's past his bedtime. So he, I, last I heard, he's trying to reinstall iOS. Maybe if you want to pull anybody else up here, or if, if yeah, let's uh, let's grab a let's grab another perspective. Um, sure. Let's let's maybe get someone on here that I haven't been uh, entrenched in a multi-year uh, battle on on the internet with. So I don't know anyone else. Um. Who else we got in here? Uh, I see, I see uh, Lynn. I see Nick Garibald. I see Donnie Peters. Uh, Kane Callis, upswing coach Kane Callis. Might, might well. I don't know. I don't want to drag Kane into some of that stuff. Um, who else might be uh, Andrew Nimi, Dan O'Brien, Kaylin Kaminsky? I see Haralab oh. out there in the chat. We know, we know that guy loves loves Heralba, a good, yeah. loves Heralba. a good four four way discussion. I, I mean, I don't know if this is totally Haralba's cup of tea, but he's of course welcome to speak if he wants to. Yeah, it's true. Uh, we got, we got he, I think he liked Robbie a little bit more than he liked you, so he was he was more willing to come Fair. on when when Fair. Robbie was Robbie was the guest of honor, but uh, maybe not tonight. Yeah. Um, Kane, I uh, I made you speaker man. What's going on? What's up, Doug? Can you hear me? Yeah, you're good. Cool. So, yeah, really good stuff tonight. I think. Uh, this whole conversation has given hopefully people a perspective into the Doug that I know, obviously, you know, you and I are friends and we've been friends for a long time. And, uh, my thoughts reading what Phil wrote yesterday is that he made a lot of, I think, very fair points, a lot of good points, but when he started to go into kind of the, you know, armchair psychologist stuff of like, why, Doug might be motivated to do these sort of things. It just really didn't resonate with me from what I know about you. The idea that like you get pleasure from, from hurting people. And I can definitely see, and I think something that's come out tonight is this point about how, when you are attacked, there's a lot of retribution there. And at that point, you know, you really kind of go on the offensive, uh, and you just had that conversation with Jay Nandez, which I think was was a really good one and, and, and pointed this out. And I think that that's one instance where that could be the case. But then there are other instances where the way that I view you and your channel is that you make a lot of really good poker content, but then you also have comedy in your channel as well. And what I'm curious about is moving forward, you know, how is it that you're going to be because those are some of your most popular videos. And I've gotten some really good entertainment, as I'm sure everybody else has, out of some of the comedy videos you've made. But there's this problem, there's a slippery slope where if you are making these comedy videos and people take them seriously, 
then there's an issue, right? Earlier you were speaking to Daniel and it was funny when you put together, uh, when you're uh, busting on Daniel's masterclass course and you have the matched up video of Daniel, you know, saying certain things out of context. But then again, you're taking him out of context. And if somebody doesn't know much about Daniel and they just watch that video, maybe they think that Daniel's an asshole. Maybe they think that he doesn't treat people right or he normally talks that way. He brings up the example of the car, right, which I think is a good one. When he's parked in the handicapped spot, maybe somebody walks away thinking, you know what, this guy who I used to think was my hero, you know, he, he doesn't care about handicapped people or he parks in the handicapped spot. Um, you know, you uh, highlighted Daniel uh, in blackface, which came at a time when Jimmy Kimmel was in blackface on the man show nightly, right? So Daniel wasn't trying to be racist there. I don't think Daniel, I know him too. I don't think he has a racist bone in his body. But when you put these things out there, it makes people think that. But at the same time, that's what creates the comedy. So how moving forward is that line going to be towed? That's a great question. I, I think I think part of it actually, Kane, is, is kind of simple. And I think one of the reasons why um, overall I've more or less you know, I don't want to say gotten away with, but I've not really had a lot of backlash from my videos is because historically I've kind of picked my spots and, you know, I'd go after someone for something I think that was wrong, but I would do it like once or twice a year or a few times a year or something like that. And I think the problem kind of now is like, I'm just like way, just, just like just going after so many people all the time. And it's just turned into like a central theme. And I think like, Kind of in like how it was so strong what Galfon posted because he so rarely says stuff like that. I think like kind of the opposite is true too, where if you're always saying stuff about people, then when you know when when they see like the tenth thing or the eighth thing, they're like, okay, fuck this guy. He's just he's just doing this endlessly. Um, so I think like I think that it's gonna kind of naturally work itself out where if I'm just like more careful and cho- and and choose my spots more wisely where I think like, hey, this is actually something important, um, I think that it will kind of work out. I am still going to make some lighthearted jabs at people in general because I, I think that it's funny and and I think that I think that the viewers enjoy that. But there's like a pretty clear line there, right? Between like a lighthearted jab or like, you know, some kind of like meme that doesn't like really bury someone and then like the, the types of stuff that has been really damaging, you know? Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, I guess part of what I've interpreted is what's funny, right? Is you're taking somebody's position, but it's not their actual position. You're get, you're you're making it like the most extreme part of what that position could be. You're you're essentially deliberately in some cases, right? When when you're posting videos for comedy you're essentially doing what comedians do, which is deliberately straw manning the person's position in order to tear it down and make fun of it. And like, to the extent that that is hurting people's reputations because you are also somebody who's serious in the community. And so they aren't sure like, oh, you know, is Charlie's position really like pro pedo for example, to take like, you know, the example that's topical, um, then obviously that's been damaging. But let's say you were just a comedian. Like, you know, I I was raising the point in in replying to some people on Twitter, like if Bill Burr came across Charlie's tweet, right? And he put it on his podcast and he essentially did that where he 
you know, obviously not knowing anything about Charlie's history or whatever, he just tore down the position, taking the most extreme and uncharitable position of what Charlie was saying. Like everybody would know that Bill Burr, the comedian, was not trying to actually say that Charlie is 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 pro pedo, right? What Bill Burr's doing, doing it yeah. to get, he's doing a, a routine, right? So like moving forward, like on. Are, are we just getting rid of the, the the comedy aspect as it pertains to like more serious matters? Or are we going to disclaim maybe in the video, hey, guys, the last 10 minutes was just fun and jokes. You know, this is not what I think Berkey's actual position is or Charlie's or whoever else. Yeah, that's a great question. Uh, I'm going to have to think about that because like, I don't want to say something that I'm not going to follow through on. Um, I, I I do plan to still do a lot of humor but like let's just say like of, of all of the jokes on my channel um maybe we're keeping like the top 90 or 95 you know and we're dropping those like bottom five to ten that i think are are more damaging to people but i also think it really matters like what happened right like i think if someone does something pretty fucked up or does something that's like way out of line like like let me give you an example like if phil helmuth goes to wsp table and says, fuck this fucking place, I'm going to burn it to the fucking ground. Um, I think that I'm pretty well within my right to go to to go to go Roast Town on Phil Hummuth for that. Um, you know, he's a public figure. I, I, he obviously chose to say those things, and, 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 and they're, they're, like, kind of inherently funny. Um, but you, I guess, like, the, the underlying question is a good one, which is, like, if a big part of humor comes from creating like a story that's different than the truth to make it more ridiculous and funny, then where is the line for people? That's a great question. I don't know, maybe someone else could hop in. I think it'd be cool to get some other answers. Yeah. Yeah. And the, and the final thing um, before you go is, is about the serious topics as well. Like does there need to be a, a, a reassessment of your probability interval that that person is actually acting nefariously, right? Because let's just take the case of Alec Torelli, which obviously got you a ton of views on your channel, but it really reshaped the pe- the way that people think about Alec Trelli. Now, you and I actually had this conversation privately where I told you, you know, I don't think that Alec, Alec was angling there. Now, I know Alec too personally. I have my own personal relationship with him and there are reasons why I just don't think he was angling. And you were, you know, without the cameras on, just friend to friend, you were like, oh, no, 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 I really think he angled. So I don't think you were making that video with the intent of mischaracterizing what he was actually doing. But at what point is it fair to basically say, okay, this person angled um, in that type of, like, do you need to be 90% certain, 95% certain? You know what I mean? Yeah, that's another good question. I, I, I guess, like, I think if, if, I, if I say how, let me think about phrases, if I say how convinced I am and why, um, you know, with with a video that I'm putting together, I think that it's it's pretty fair. Um, I think if it's like I'm pretty sure, but I make it, you know, making it like obviously they did it, um, then maybe it's not fair. But I guess like with the Alec Torelli thing, I think people actually are a little confused by that one. It's not just what happened. It was that afterwards he he didn't just like work with the guy to get him his money back. And then he went on his channel and did like a little video about how like Grady played the hand. I mean, it's kind of the whole thing together that I think is important for that. Um, 
it's not just the chips itself, right? Because like shit happens at the poker table. You got some chips behind some other chips, whatever. Like like that stuff happens. But like for example, I'm just trying to imagine playing versus someone they didn't know the chips were behind, and then me being like, "You owe these." Like I I had them in the back, but like you owe them. Like I just wouldn't do that. I don't know. Like that, that's like my personal opinion. And then I definitely wouldn't be bragging on YouTube about the fact that um, I got my opponent with it or whatever. Um, so. I think that that kind of all goes, you know, I, I think a, a big part with the videos like that, like I think sort of just like their general attitude about it matters a lot. Um, like in, in my book, I think that the, the Torelli one was, was, was very fair, but yeah, I guess like another thing that has to be said here too, Kane is like, it's not about like every single person thinking that it's fair. And I think that that maybe is something that we do need to kind of acknowledge the community as well. This is not YouTube by committee. And there will definitely be some videos along the way that some people will be unhappy about and think are unfair. And my new my new bar can't be everyone thinks that everything is fair. I guess like my my bar needs to be like, do I feel good about this? And if the answer to that is like, I think it's over the line or it's personal or it's like really damaging someone in a way that like I should that I should feel unhappy about, then I shouldn't do it. You know, Doug, uh. On Phil Galfond. So we're trying everything here, guys. He's reinstalled his iOS. He's updated the app a few times. So now we made a second account and allegedly Phil's in here. So we got to try to find him. And I believe the screen name is Galfond Burner. So very covert. So if Galfond Burner, if any, if we, if you see that in the chat, Doug, or maybe you can search for that. That's the, this is the new second Phil Galfond account trying to get into the spaces tonight. I know I got everybody texting me saying to please get Phil Goff on this on the stage and I'm I'm definitely trying. I okay, don't one think, second. I don't think I see him out there. <laughs> oh should, boy. Should I, just, we're, like, we're, call, should I call him on my phone or something? I mean I don't know. Like, we're, we're, we're I don't think that would work very well. We're doing everything that we that we can to um Yeah we're to, trying to make that happen. I, I I cannot see this. Is Galfond Burner? Yeah, Galfond Burner, yeah. This is some very strange stuff going on here. All right, Daniel Daniel just told me that he I feel like he'll, he'll, I, Daniel just said he'll call Phil up and he can put Phil on okay. speakerphone if we need it. So maybe that maybe that's our best option here if we can't okay, get it. Okay, let's go for it. All right, cool. Let me uh let me see if Phil's good with that. the age of technology and we're calling phones to put phones on phones. Actually, Daniel told me I should call him and put him on speakerphone. I guess that makes sense. Perfect. Too. Uh, I don't know how to do that. I actually don't know how. I, how I don't know if you guys, I don't know if you ask me, I think the elephant in the room is that Phil can't figure out how to use Twitter tonight. No, I think the space is just glitchy. I had this problem for seven months. I'm, so kidding, I'm, I'm, I'm kidding, like I'm very kidding. empathetic to this. No, I'm kidding too. I'm sorry. Yeah, we would, we would do. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm so interested what Phil's got to say. So let's see. Let's see what we got. <laughs> I still do not see him. All right, let me are improvise you, are, here. Are you calling him? Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna uh, 
I guess that's our last, that's our effort. So I guess I'll try calling him up and see if, see if that'll work. Yeah, let's go over it. All right. Hold on a second. You got to have to talk. I'm going to, it's going to take me like a minute or two here. I'm going to add you as a co-host. Apparently that's a thing I'm being told. So you can help with some stuff. I invited you. Sorry, guys. My, I, I'm not. We all know I'm not a Twitter Spaces expert here. I gotta say, I'm hoping for some pretty epic Phil Galfon material. We've really been putting it, putting it. In. By the way, I want to give a shout out to everyone in the chat. Thank you for tuning in today. Um, I do appreciate it, and uh, I appreciate the the support I have gotten, and I, I am trying to uh, improve on on some things that I think will make the channel better and be a bit more fair. Um, and uh, and yeah, thank you guys. Hopefully, Joey gets gets Phil on the phone now, and we can move on to our next topic it's getting there i'm i'm i'm, I'm two steps away it's, right now it's getting there it's a phone I'm, call no I'm, i gotta call him on telegram and then i gotta play i gotta play that through my phone because i can't call him on my phone i'm on the spaces sure all right hold on doug how do these things just work out for you the other day you were like dude we should really have a talk on spaces where people are just going at it and berkey's like no i'm not about that and here we got Berkey on going at it with you. Now we're going to have Phil on going at it with you. I mean, I, I think like, I think that people enjoy being a part of a conversation that, that has meaning and is important. And, um, I think that, I think that we've, we've had that tonight. So I think that's cool. Yeah. Right it worked there. out. It certainly worked out. How how hard? So all right, I guess. Should how how, how should we handle this, Kane? What do you think? We got Joey calling Phil Galfon on his phone. Um, <laughs> so I don't know this, this technology these days. Well, in the meantime, let me ask you this. Okay, so we I think part of what Berkey what I've heard is part of what Berkey is upset about, and you know. Matt's somebody who, who I have respect for, and he's been in the community for a long time. And um, I, I can see this as a fair point from his perspective is he's been doing the right things. He's never scammed anybody. And the first video that was put out was you talking to Nick Airball, somebody who's relatively unknown in the community, hasn't built up that community, respect and trust. Um, and he's called. I do hear that. Okay, so I could either do that or. I think you guys are good. I think Phil's on. Yeah, I, yeah, we could hear him, Joey. But I think maybe a little closer to the mic, if possible. Yeah, one second, guys. We're just we're just making sure that it all sound good and it's all going to work out properly. All right, well, <laughs> okay, right. we're going to test it out, guys. Here, Phil, 
there we go. And, and Doug, tell me if you can hear him. Go ahead, Phil. All right. Yeah, this is a test. I'm talking, uh, but I can't You're good. hear yet. All right. You're good. I can hear you. They can hear you. Perfect. Okay, cool. I'll so, be ready soon. Okay, so Phil, sorry, Phil, we just tested it. Phil going to get set up on his computer, so he's going to listen on his end, and then he's going to talk through my phone. So we're we're pulling out the move today. So okay, hold on a second. Damn, that was a sick little roll, guys. Nicely done. Would you have like a like an unrecorded clip of Phil? No, he's he's out there right now. He's just getting oh, okay. set up on his computer. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I just want to I just want to give a shout out to technology and computers and microphones for making this, I guess, possible. Okay, I think, I think I'm good. Okay. 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 Hold nice. On. All right, we'll pl we'll plug him in. All right, Phil Galfon coming up here. Yeah, Joey, can you hear me? I got you, Phil. I got you. Go ahead. Okay. All righty, Phil. Welcome, man. Phil, Phil, you want to say anything? You want to say anything about, uh, you just said welcome. Okay. So this is, uh, a little weird. I feel like I'm, I'm behind. Yeah. Hey man, I think I'm pretty far behind what I'm hearing. So I might need to go switch back to, Yeah, I think this is not working. <laughs> Man, we, 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 we better eventually get, get this working, because otherwise this is going to be pretty brutal. We're grinding over here. I can just play it through the uh, through the uh, webcam then here, Phil. We can do that. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, guys, I'm trying. Listen, I, I mean... Listening and talking from your phone? Yeah, I can do listening and talking to my phone for you, yeah. I'll try it. If not, we just let's figure it out tomorrow, guys. Okay, I know everybody want to see it today, but maybe we just maybe we figure out tomorrow. Maybe you call Doug direct. I don't know if we can do that. That's possible or anything like that on Discord or, or anything like that. Can, can you, Joey? Can can you make it so I can hear and speak? Because I, I if I hear and speak out of this, like I could hear well, and it sounds That's like thing. they could hear me. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can. Yeah, yeah, I can do that, Phil. Okay, try that out. All right, Doug, go ahead and talk. I'm talking. These are words. I'm saying them. One, two, three. Um, I'm responding to them. Okay, I think we're good. I think we're good. All right, I think we're good. Okay, right, so guys, Phil, for, for starters, welcome to the spaces. I'm glad that we thank figured you. it out. Uh, there's been a lot of people here that, that definitely wanted to hear from you, so thank you for taking the time, even though uh, it's probably bedtime where you are. Yes, it's, it's well past my bedtime, no problem. I, uh, so, I'm actually pretty good with technology. I have no idea what's going on. Basis. Um, uh, so I, I guess I just first want to say, or actually just reiterate that, um, you know, whether you believe it or not, Doug, I, I really very much don't want to do damage to you in any way. And like, I, I wasn't like, I, I, I'm happy to talk about anything you want to talk about or ask me about, uh, and same with other people on the call, but I don't personally have an interest in like arguing on this call that that you're not good or anything like that uh unless that's questions you have for me no i mean so i guess like just to kind of reiterate some stuff that was said earlier 
Um, I think I think the main the main thing for me is, you know, like when I look at kind of my my career as it pertains to you, I I have by far and away said good things about you. I mean, I, I know I've, I've had a couple of moments where that's not true, and and I, I I said you were a shitty arbitrator for your first decision in the arbitration, but you know, like I I think people that follow my channel c- can can vouch for this where for a long time i've said you know i think run it once is basically like the best training site uh, in in the space uh, after upswing and that if you're not going to go to us then then you guys are are basically the best place to go learn um i've said lots of really complimentary things about you know essentially that the business that you've built and um you know you your heads up plo game and, and then also just you as a person uh i've constantly referred to you as one of the most trustworthy people in the space so I guess like when I read this article, if you read this article and you just, you just basically, you know, there's a few nice things put in there about me for sure. It's not like, it's just like line after line attacking me, but you would think that like my, my primary catalyst and driving factor for how my framework for how I decide to make content is based around hurting people. And I just feel like that's kind of like an unfair general characterization. And even if that's not really kind of like what you were trying to do per se, uh, that that is how it comes across, and I think that's also the reason why it was such a popular article. So I guess I kind of wanted to start off with your with your general thoughts about that. Okay, yeah, that's fair. I mean, <clears throat> I agree to, to like I don't have a I don't have beef with anything you've said about me uh, or anything like that. The, the article is not uh, you know it's not like coming from a place of a grudge. Um, I definitely had a, I mean, like I said, I, I, I did all of this in one day. It was a very long day. Um, and I was pretty tired. And so, uh, it wasn't perfect. I think the, the, that, that statement, um, is my read at whatever 80% confidence. And I could absolutely be wrong and it probably would have been better so not included in there. I thought it was um, basically what what most people say to me is, uh, and this is not not after the post. I mean, but just it's like the opinion I think most people have is, you know, Doug is a sociopath. He doesn't care who he hurts, and he'll do anything for money. And I didn't think that was true. I think what I said, I guess what some people have said, what I said sounds worse. I think those things sound equal. Um, but that's kind of, I mean, if you want me. Well, like, do you mind if I bring up, do you mind if I bring up a few quotes specifically that I, that I take issue with as being kind of unfair? Sure. No problem. So, so it says in here, Doug bashes Matt Berkey whenever he can. And, and certainly over the past few weeks, you know, I've definitely bashed Matt quite often, but then it goes on to say, in fact, he bashes, it seems he bashes anyone whenever he can. And I, I just don't think that that's very fair. Like, if you look at my work overall, you know, I've done five or 600 videos on YouTube. They're mainly hand analysis. And, I mean, how many videos in there bash people? Like 50, 100, something like that. Um, the vast majority of my work doesn't do that. And so to, to just paint it out, like, whenever I have a chance to bash someone, like, I could go on my channel and bash someone every single day. I, I don't do that. So I guess I'm confused why you would write that. In fact, it seems yeah. he bashes anyone whenever he can. 
If he sees um, an easy target, he's gonna put. He's gonna put. Sorry, I interrupt you. If he sees an easy target, he's gonna put them down. I just don't think that's true. Like, I don't think that's fair. I guess, like, maybe you just walk me through that. I, I yeah, I understand. I guess the I, if we're going to take it at the literal definition of the word, then it's it's certainly not true. Anything, um, you know, any any kind of always, whenever, is uh, is never going to well, never. <laughs> it's essentially never going to be true. Um, and I think it's, but I think it's common like knowledge that words like that are not not spoken literally but so instead of whenever he can um let's let's say the literal definition is you know of what i meant is um whenever he sees a good opportunity to or most of the time that he sees a good opportunity to but it also says anyone. I mean, there are a lot of people that I, I don't bash or I don't go after or I say good things about. So, like, the way that I read this sentence yeah. is, like, it seems he bashes anyone whenever he can. It just feels so strong to me compared to what I what I feel is true about myself. Um, it just, it, it, I don't know. I, I guess you already talked about whenever he can. But I don't know. What, why do you think, as it pertains to anyone, like, I, I, have, I have a lot of friends. I have people that, that, I, that I don't go after at all. So I, I don't understand that that part kind of either. Well, the same thing. I mean, anytime somebody says anyone, it, it can't be. It's not. It's not going to be technically true. I think that if you see an opportunity for someone to be the butt of the joke, it doesn't matter uh, that person's character or uh, whatever else they've done. Uh, you go for it if you think the the response would be positive, which is also, I mean, I think that, you know, I'm an example of, of somebody who you haven't come after, to the best of my knowledge, um, and I don't know how many opportunities I've given you, you know, to make me the butt of a joke, but they've probably existed, but I think you know that, that it wouldn't be as well received as going after a different target. Yeah, so a big part there for me, Phil, is like I tend to try and go after people that I feel like have done something wrong. Um, and if you look at like my videos, they're almost all based on when someone has done something wrong and I feel like I, I, I want to say something about it. So the reason why I have never made anything about you is I, I, I really don't feel like you've done anything really wrong. And this article doesn't even kind of mention that. Like, you know, if we look at like all these issues, you can argue sort of like how right or how wrong or whatever. But there's all like they all they all have like basis in like some kind of of, of thing that someone did that that is that is wrong to some degree. Um, but this article doesn't really seem to mention that. It makes it seem like it's just pure pure malice and just pure spite and just pure like emotional torture to people, and that like somehow I get off on it. And then it kind of concludes by saying like at the end it's like this isn't a slight to Doug. It's like that's you know no offense Phil but that's that's kind of fucking bullshit in my opinion because. This is obviously meant as a slight to me. It uses a lot of language that's way over the top and not true, and you're saying it's hyperbole, which, you know, if you want to, that's fine. But the reason you use that hyperbole is to make me the butt of the joke and to attack me, and then you're kind of hiding behind the nice guy image and saying that you don't want to do this. So I guess, like, I just don't think that it's a very fair or honest thing for you to say and do um, with some of these, some of the language in this article. And, and, and I'm not trying to, like, attack you for it. I just, I just think that it's the truth. Yeah, no, I, I, I have no problem with any of your, 
whatever you want to say about this. Um, I have to go back and find it. When I said that uh, this is not a slight to Doug, I didn't mean that the article was not a slight to Doug. I said it about, I'm not finding it, something along the lines of how we, um, how our egos protect us from, our egos make us irrational to protect us from believing that we've done something wrong. Uh, and I said, I said that, and then I said, this isn't a slight dub, we all do this. Uh, so that's what I meant regarding that line specifically. Well, what, what do you think about the idea that this article is kind of about like being, you know, nice above all or like, you know, being kind to people, but then at the same time, you know, misconstruing me like that, like, do, do you feel like that's like a fair synopsis of me to use that as like your, your punch? Because if your punch is going to be like, let's not be cruel to people. Like, I, I guess I feel like it's not, it's not a very accurate, um, I guess like, how do you feel about that? Um, well, I, I, I haven't, uh, I, I don't agree that I've misconstrued things. So that's what you think. Um, but the, I mean, the, what I was saying in the article is that this is not something that, that I normally do because it's not nice. I think that it's not nice, but it's kind. I think that it's something that uh, will help a lot of people in the poker world, yet it makes me very uncomfortable because it's not being nice. Sure. We, we can kind of change the direction here. I, I don't want it to turn into like, you know, endless, endless talking about this article, but... I, I just do want to say, like, um, if we're going to go into the vein here of, of today for, for me so far in this space, which has kind of been like, you know, people people feeling upset about being portrayed incorrectly, um, I guess, like, if we're, I, I want to at least acknowledge that I, I feel like that does happen to me, too. It's not like it just happens to. And we disagree about if it's a misconstrue, obviously, but um, at least that, that's how I feel. And I feel like people have felt about some of the things that I've done, so... Um, I guess I just want to point out that like, that's something that kind of occurs, you know, to different people in, in different capacities. Um, okay. yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Anything that I haven't cleared, like, don't feel, don't hesitate to ask me to clarify something that I haven't clarified or to ask me why I hold a view that I do. I'm, I'm like, I, like I said, I'm not, I'm happy to answer questions. I don't have like an agenda so, I don't have a lot of things that I like came on here wanting to say. You know? Sure. Well, let me yeah, let me ask a question, Phil, because I mean, we've I've been here for the entire call. So, one thing that people have been talking about a lot is just the intention behind the article. Whether you did it to get views or whether you did it to, you know, is it being a fake nice person? Right? People were saying earlier, is he being a fake nice person? Is this for an ulterior motive? And is it because you have a competing training site with? upswing poker and is it something like that or did you just feel compelled right like basically people were speculating they're really wondering what was the reason that you decided to do this at this point in time when everybody else in the community has really started to cause like a, a kind of like a, a mob mentality and then you came in with the article at this point in time right in kind of a good position where so i guess that's that's what was a big uh, question earlier so i'm curious what you think about that cool yeah i'm happy to answer that um i I'm going to talk for a little while here, so uh, just fair warning. So I, I think there are two there are two different angles uh, for people bringing up. One is to 
uh, question my character, and the other is to defend ducks. Uh, so I kind of want to address them separately. Um, I, I feel like, well, I, 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 I saw somebody say that uh, something about a um, subconscious motivation, and I can't speak to whether or not uh, that's true, but I can say that, I mean, I, I don't know the, um, I, I don't know the, you know, I don't know how this works. I, I didn't know what kind of views this would get, but the, at the rate it's going, I mean, what is, is it worth to me uh, in followers? Uh, like, is it worth to me 10K or, or 20K maybe at most? Because it's, you know, I spent, I spent 14 hours on it. Uh, and then several other hours responding to people. I, um, you know, d despite having a response that was actually overwhelmingly, more overwhelmingly positive than I thought was possible, um, because it's something not nice, like I've, I've been sick about it. I'm not sleeping. I'm not eating very much. Uh, so like I, I just wouldn't put, I, I wouldn't do it for, uh, like <laughs> I wouldn't do it for 100K. I wouldn't do it for 200K. But I, I, but you don't have to believe me about. It. I certainly wouldn't do it for for fifteen k. Uh, spend you know, however long this is going to end up, uh, however many my hours it's going to take in the long run. Like it'd just be a and and the uh, and I'm not asking for sympathy for the fact that uh, that this is hard on me because it was what I chose to do. But I'm just explaining that it's not worth it uh, if that was my end goal. Um, regarding the. If the point is to defend Doug, I, I basically just don't think it's relevant. I think that, uh, I mean, I guess it's relevant if you think that I don't believe what I wrote. Um, but let's say, let's, uh, let's pretend for a second that I wrote it for the clicks. Um, and I exaggerated for the clicks and the drama. Um, the... As you can see, like there were a handful of people, uh, some identifying themselves as, as friends of Doug, who said, you know, Phil, I agree with a lot of this, but I take issue with this point. I agree with a lot of this, but I don't think these couple of things are true. And then there was most of what I saw from a ton of big names in the poker community saying, thank you for saying this. Finally, somebody said this. Uh, yes, this exactly like they had the opportunity to say what the others said. They had the opportunity to say, this is really good, Phil, but I think you were a little too hard on Doug or this was a little good, Phil, but I think that was not true. Um, but they didn't. And so my, my point is that let's pretend that my motivation was, was selfish. This is something that a ton of people believe. And so my point is not to assassinate Doug's character. My point is uh, I had two goals for writing this. One was to hope that Doug and others, um, obviously Doug's the most powerful uh, person who I feel spreads negativity, but uh, hope that he would reevaluate some things. And it sounds like from the amount of the space that I heard, it seemed like he is a little bit. And then second was to make other people comfortable um, standing up and defending people who are essentially victims of bullying when they see it and to lead by example doing that. And, you know, it remains to be seen if that will inspire more people to do that in the future. But 
those were my goals. Um, and so, and, and that's the, uh, yeah, I covered both points, but if you have any questions. All right. Uh, Doug? I'd, I'd like to, I'd like to go back to talking about something that, um, I guess you didn't either feel was like important enough to address or relevant to address, but it, it is, is actually like the whole framework for how I make these videos, which is whenever the vast majority of the videos, there is some type of wrong that I feel like is important and is a central theme of the video. Um, and I think like almost every one of the the kinds of people that you're ta talking about, there is some kind of incident at the start where like either I've been wronged or they wronged somebody else or they hurt someone else or they stole something. And so I guess like it feels like very, um, you know, I guess like it feels like misleading to not acknowledge that the reason that, you know, the, at least in the majority of these cases, the reason that this content exists or the reason I talked about the story is because of something that someone did that hurt someone else, but rather you're going to latch in on specifically my response. And I think like, if you look at the vast majority of stories that I've covered over the years, um, in, in every one of those cases, there's something that happened that I, I believed was wrong beforehand. And your article doesn't even, even kind of mention that. So I guess my question to you is like, why do you think that that's fair to not acknowledge that? And like, maybe you have some examples where I'm being mean um, to someone or negative to someone in a way that isn't kind of based around some kind of initial story, because I just don't really understand like why you would omit such an important detail. Um. I, first of all, I just uh, want to make sure with my explanation of um, my motivations, are you satisfied with that? Do you have? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't really, I don't really want to go into motivation stuff because I think it's like, it, it, it's sort of, basically, I think like actions are more important, right? Like, because like when we talk about motivations, like from my perspective, obviously, it's going to seem more, more, um, intentional and from your perspective it's going to seem more like you're doing it because you think it's important um i i did want to briefly mention like when you talk about everyone saying like this or just like you know i agree with this or whatever um yeah i mean like when you when you go after someone when they're taking a lot of a lot of heat like i am currently it's going to be popular like it, and, and maybe you knew that and maybe you didn't know that but when you know if you look at what's happened to me over the course of the last few days then then obviously an article at this point that comes after me, it's going to be incredibly popular. And I, and I don't really think that that's, that's like what brave is. I think what brave is, is to stand up kind of the other direction when things aren't going your way. So I don't really agree with the argument that because people were saying exactly this, that that really kind of reflects like overall mentality about me and, and about my work. I think it does reflect the current climate of what people on social media are saying or what is popular to say at the moment. Uh, but I don't think that it's a fair thing to say like in its entirety. Um, so, but, but going back to your question specifically about like your intent, like, you know, I, I I'm inclined just to believe you. Like, I, I don't think, I don't think you're someone that comes from a place like that where you're like specifically trying to attack me. But I, I do think it is also at least relevant to note that, you know, we, we run the two biggest training sites in, in a competing space. You know, I, I think that is an important note. Why is it an important note? Well, because it's true. I mean, like you did this, you, you posted this article. Um, it, it's it's going to cause damage to me. And we have competing businesses in the exact same space. And I think like 
to not mention that it is, you know, or, or to pretend that that's not a thing. I mean, that is a thing, right? Like that's a factual thing. Like you can say that it's not, it's not something that you care about or is important to you, but it's still, it still is a thing. So, um, I, I do think that that's important to note. I, I, yeah, it's definitely a thing, but I, I basically, I, it's a thing if, if you question my motivation. Well, so what, what I'm saying here is I don't think that everyone just gets a free, free pass beyond any degree of like question because they're just like, you know, viewed in a certain way. And, and I think that's maybe a luxury that you've had for a long time or you will continue to have. But the point is I, I look at actions and I look at the actions that you, that you made here and, and I and I do think that we have to look at like the facts of the situation and not just you get a pass and I don't because you're you and I'm me. Um, okay. okay, yeah, I I own a competing training site, and I don't think the financial again I don't think the financial impact of this will be very big uh, from that perspective. Uh, not big enough to motivate me to uh, do something this drastic or for me uncomfortable but i i guess we've we i yes i i have um there is not zero financial gain in hosting this um so you said a couple other things uh on the topic of you know the the current environment in social media and it not being a, a brave time to come out i i said in my article i don't think i'm brave i, I said i think i'm a coward um i i think the i mean I don't know what to tell you. I think that this, it, among a very large group of people, this is something that, you know, very roughly, has been felt and believed and talked about for a long time before that. And I, again, like, I, I don't, like, that's another thing I, you know, that is uh, hurtful to say. So it's not like I want to, but I, I just want to say that I, it's not like, I don't think this is the mob mentality. Um, I think I think what's happening is a lot of people are now comfortable saying what they've been afraid to say for a long time because you're a very scary person to speak up to. Um, and then regarding videos, I mean, I I, uh, I did say in my post that you know the your situation with Fernando, I I said specifically I don't know all I don't know who was right and wrong in their in their uh, business disagreement. And I specifically said, you know, despite what's in Fernando's contract, you know, being a businessman myself, I know sometimes there are agreements made outside of a contract. And so it's entirely possible. So, so I, I think I said, I won't dismiss the possibility that what he did was, was wrong on a non-contractual level. So, I mean, I, I really only, I, I went into that and I went into the Charlie case. And I think Charlie is a case of you going after somebody who did not do anything wrong. Um, and, and continuing to over time. So that's like, I, I talked about those two, I think Alec, which I didn't get into too much because, uh, so I was actually thinking about getting into the Alec thing because it was one of the ones that people were talking about a lot. So I went back and watched the videos and, um, I mean, I watched his video. I don't think he angle shot, but I watched your video and I think, I think that was, um, it struck me as an honest take at, like, I think the only thing you were guilty of there, in my eyes, again, my opinion, is maybe not doing enough due diligence or maybe not considering how impactful it would be. But I, I don't think that was a, 
I don't think that was a takedown. Like, I don't think you were setting out to hurt him. I, I think you, you spoke your mind. Okay, I gotcha. Yeah, that's fair. Um, all right. Well, I, I guess like, I guess like from, from, from my perspective, like if you feel like this is a fair article, then, you know, obviously like everyone gets to have their say, like, you know, even if you, no matter what I think or have to say about it. Um, so I, I don't really know what else to say other than that. Um, I can say that like, you know, moving forward, e- e- even though like, I, I do feel like this article is quite damaging to me. Um, I, I still do feel that, uh, you know, I do think that overall it, it came from a place where you're trying to say the right thing. And, um, you know, I, I definitely still have respect for you and, and kind of the way you handle things. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I don't really have anything else to really say. Joey, I don't know if you wanted to hop in here, but that's that's kind of yeah, all I got. I, I'm, I'm, I can ask some I can ask some questions if we need it. Berkey, Berkey, if you're there too, uh, if you got some questions as well, and Berkey, professional question asker now too, so maybe he might have a a question if he's there. Yeah, yeah Phil, do you have anything to, to respond to that? Um, no, I mean, I I think the the um, the hyperbole you pointed out. Uh, if I had to do it over, I would change it, and I mean, I can edit it, so I'm happy to change that. I actually probably will. Um, but I, I do stand by the, the message, the, the entire message, uh, as a whole of the article, not, not every word, uh, that I wrote. Yeah. I mean, so, so what, what happens from here, I guess, in your vision, right? I mean, you already talked about what your intentions were for the article and, you know, to get Doug to reconsider and then also to bring light to the situation, to maybe stop the situation. So is your plan to keep doing more content about this or like what, what, where exactly does things go from here on, on your end or are you, and you and Doug? I don't, I mean, I, I have no intention of, so I mean, one of the things that I am critical of Doug for is, you know, he'll, he'll make a video of whoever, and even if, let's say it's something he thinks they did wrong, but then he'll also continue to make fun of them for a long time. I, I have no intention of, like, I, I don't want to, I don't want to pile on Doug any more than I have. I don't want to, basically my intention is that I, I mean, I think that if, if there, if somebody questions some of my actions, I will respond. And I think if Doug or anybody, this doesn't have anything to do with Doug. If anybody, uh, I think is, is unfairly hurting somebody. I, I want to do a better job of speaking up, but no, this is not a, like, you know, a well of content for me. Yeah, that makes sense. Okay. Uh, yeah, I mean, somebody else want to, want to have a question. I see Kane up here. Kane, Kane was asking some good questions there earlier. So Kane, maybe you got something or Daniel. I think I see Daniel on stage, Daniel, if you're there too, but he might not actually be there. Nobody's there. I guess that's it. That might be it for, for tonight, Phil. I guess we go to bed. <laughs> yeah. I mean, at least with this one, I don't have anything to be sorry for. So that's that's a nice change of pace with how today is going. Yeah, why don't we just wrap it up here and then, uh, you know, kind of go from there. I'm sure that there'll be more content in the works. And um, people are obviously very interested in this. You know, the kind of the content's been going pretty viral. I think Daniel of, just jumped in, by the way, Joey, to, to speak. Oh, okay. Hold on a second, Phil. Let me, let, me, let me see if Daniel's here. Hold on a second. 
Daniel, you yeah, there? no, I'm. I really got nothing to add. I just wanted to. Try. I got. I'm, I'm just listening. Awesome. Thanks, Daniel, for that that okay. groundbreaking. You don't got news. one question. We'll, we'll Come make... on, Daniel. You got to. You definitely give give me a question. Just give me one. Like I said, I mean, I think between these two guys, like, you know, Doug's two main objections for me were the uh, word choice, right? And I'd sort of, I, I it still feels a little to me, still feels a little bit um, in the back and forth about like a little bit of a false false equivalency. You know, like I or shaping the idea that like Phil Galfon's piece is akin or similar to some of the takedowns. And when I read it, my personal opinion is it's like he was so incredibly careful. But obviously, Doug, you're not going to feel that way because it's like questioning you. And, you know, you're he's not going to hit 100 um, percent like exactly what you view of yourself. Right. So I uh, I mean. I, 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 the semantical issue with the, the slightly, you know, the words like what, whoever, whenever, anyone, you know, people speak like that. And I get it, you know, from a literal perspective, it's incorrect. You know, whenever you can means is impossible, as, as Phil said. But ultimately, um, I, I just hope that you'd like appreciate that obviously, you know, what Phil said, which I thought was important is like a lot of people agreed with him, you know, and it wasn't just and the, and the difference between the people that agreed with him was like, not the random trolls, right? People within the community who know. So, so I you know from that perspective, I would say, you know, take that as feedback, right? It's, it, it wasn't just Phil; it was co-signed by a lot of people who felt, you know, it was pretty accurate. Yeah, but I also feel like Daniel, and and, and you're definitely someone that has been through this. Um, like, there's a certain type of like general mentality of like the public at certain points. And if you post into that with something that's anti, like the person, you just know it's going to crush. I mean, you know, regardless of whether that's Phil's intent here or not, I don't think it was. Um, but it's just like an incredibly safe bet when the climate is like that. And so I think then to try and gauge how accurate it is based on the feedback of that mob of people, um, I, I just don't think that that's like a fair a fair assessment of like what it would be like in a in a more moderate climate. No question. When the climate is always what it is, it makes easier for makes it easier for people to chime in. And Phil touched on this. I sort of touched on this before. There's that sense of courage that people are given when when a couple people speak out and they pile on. But like we all know, right? Within this industry, Phil Galfon's reputation is impeccable. I genuinely that's what I sort of pushed back on with you earlier about his motivations and why he did this. And you know, I'm glad to see that you conceded that you know you take him at his word, which is fair. Um, you know, and and that's that's important. But like, I don't know, like I, when I read it, like you think about the scathing ways in which he could have written that, right. And really went for it really like went extra, but like, it was so well thought out long that he was actually, no, I, I actually, I think it was way worse like this. Actually, I, I, I think this is almost maximally scathing because it hides beneath the veil of a really kind person saying like, oh guys, I hate to do this, but let me do it. But I don't want to attack Doug. But he attacks anyone whenever he possibly can. But I hate the drama. But it, it's like the way that it's crafted is actually, I think, more more damaging. Like, I, I think if he had just said, like, fuck Doug, he's an asshole, like, this guy's like, whatever, I don't think that it would be damaging at all. So I, I would actually push back the other direction on that, Daniel. Yeah, but, I, but here's the thing. I listened to his voice just now. And no offense, Phil, but, like, you sound incredibly nervous and, and somewhat shaky and, like, afraid in a way of, like, saying the wrong thing, which I totally get, which, which screams to me 
like from everything I've known about Phil, he really didn't want to do this. <laughs> but like, I do believe that, you know, Justin and Charlie, you know, uh, and, and you can speak to this, maybe Phil, like when they decided to speak out that prompted you to look inside and go, listen, you know, whatever, I'm this nice guy, but what the hell am I actually accomplishing by not speaking on things when I have a voice that I could. And possibly that was the impetus. I don't know. Maybe Phil, you can speak to that. Yeah. I mean, you know, you're, I, I, I guess I, I wouldn't say I feel scared, but it's basically just any kind of confrontation is, is, uh, emotional for me. So yeah, I, I, and like I said, I, I've, uh, despite, despite positive feedback, I've, I've, been sick about it so yeah it's, i don't enjoy it um i think i think doug the i think you're right in that this is more scathing but i think it's because it's because it's true because i think people know that 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 it's coming from a genuine place uh so i mean like it's not a it, it's not a fake it's not a fake. I don't want to do this. It's not a fake. Like, you know, I've, I've never in, in 20 years in poker done, like spoken badly about somebody for personal gain. Um, and I almost have never spoken badly about somebody for anything. So I think it is, I think you're right that it's more scathing. Um, I mean, not, not necessarily like, <laughs> I think it could have. I, I think I easily could have, if I wanted to, make it more scathing. But I think you're right. I mean, if, dude, lines like privately, frankly, I thought it was clear to everyone in the inner circle of poker community, Doug included, that he was a cruel person, a bad person by most definition, most people's definition. That is just so unfair, and I think the, that a lot of people in this community think that I'm a good person and support me and have great things to say about me. And you talk about all the people that weighed in against me. Well, guess what, man, there's a large number of people that would weigh in for me as well. And so to sit there and say, you're not trying to cite me and that it's because it's true. That's just bullshit, man. Honestly, like, I'm sorry to get passionate about this, but to try and pull the, like, it's because this is true card. That's ridiculous. There were a lot of people that think I'm a good person and support what I do in this space and support me and said kind things about me because it is not true. Okay. I, I believe what I said is true and you believe it's not. I mean, I don't think they would be coming to you, uh, very often. So I don't think you would know beyond knowing what the people close to you think. But, but Phil, that's just, that's just not true. Like I know so many people in poker and I, and I have a very large audience of people in poker and I don't think that very large audience of people in poker follow me because I'm a bad person. Okay, most of them like me and they like the content that I put out. And when they're going to hear this, they're going to know that, that, that they're going to want to support me and they're going to want to like me. But what you're doing is your post is a magnet for people that don't like me with a lot of things in here that I think are actually very clearly false, frankly. And you word them like, I hate doing this, guys. Oh, I hate to have to do this. I hate to go after it. Oh, this sucks. But guess what? Here's a bunch of shit about Doug. Come read this. And, and the things aren't even true. That's how, that's how I feel very strongly about that. And to, to, you know, to think that this isn't like the more scathing version of that, it's like the most scathing version because you try and play like you're the good guy here when, when you're, you're coming after me in the same way I go after other people. So like, I, I just feel like it's hypocritical. And I think that a lot of these statements in here are false. And I mean, I know we're going in circles at this point, but I got to at least speak my truth as I see it. Um, I, I, I've, I've honestly today, I've, I've done my best to try and bridge the gap in a lot of ways, 
but uh, I, I still also need need to say what what is true and important to me, and and I, I would be amiss if I didn't say that while you're here. Yes, that's fair. I I believe what I said was uh, truthful. For my, I I believe it was truthful. Obviously, neither of us know the the absolute. Well, I don't know. <laughs> we might not know the absolute truth. I might be wrong about an opinion. I might be wrong about um, what I believe to be a fact. Um, but it was. We, we, I think we just have to agree to disagree. I just the. Yeah, I don't know. I think it was truthful. I think the, like I said, I conceded that because I've never done this before, because I am who I am, and because I communicated it carefully and um, very measured, uh, it has more impact. Uh, I agree with that. But I, but I communicated it. I mean, I look how many words are not about you um, <laughs> in the article. I, I, I communicated it as as best I could and, and spoke. Uh, yeah, but that, that's dis- that's also disingenuous, right? Because the words that aren't about me are to set up the 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 basically the the punch of it to make it even more more brutal about me. Like the world words that are not about me are basically like, "Hey, here's how to be a good person," or "Here's my thoughts on being a good person." Oh, by the way, let's talk about Doug. You know, and here are all the examples of him not being a good person. Um, and yeah, I mean, like we're going to, we're going to talk in circles at this point, but I, I guess like, I just want my audience, um, in here or, or on YouTube and I'll post this later. I just want them to know that, that, that I, I just don't agree with it. So, I mean, we, we can kind of call it. Let there. me, Doug, um, let me, let me just say, you know, I've worked, I, I have pretty unique perspective because I've been friends with you for, you know, 15 years. I've known Phil for over 10 years now. Phil's been my, you know, he was like my top coach growing up at PLO without him. I would never. I've gotten good at PLO and, uh, you know, really I've worked with you guys a lot over the years, never had an issue with Doug. You know, I, I know Phil said that he don't know anybody that could support you. I mean, you definitely supported me a lot, bro. So, you know, I know the perception other people are going to have is that cause you went, maybe you didn't work with them specifically and help them out, but you know, you've helped me a lot over the years, man. So, you know, I know other people, their experience is going to be different with you, right? They might not be friends with you. If you don't support them, then maybe you might treat them away where they're going to feel, obviously upset about it. They're going to feel hurt. They might feel slighted, but you know, I personally know a lot of people who, you know, do think you're a good person who you have supported, who you have helped out as well too. And just like Phil said, right. Sounds like he knows a lot of other people who feel a lot differently about it, which I can completely understand why they would feel that way. Cause I hear all these comments all the time for 10 years. So, you know, I've been, you know, I've been, I've been in this situation before a few times. So, you know, I've heard what other people got to say, I hear what their opinions are all the time. And then you know, working with Phil, I can't really, I never had an issue with Phil, you know, the same way for both of you guys. So it's a little bit surreal for me to be here and then have you two in this, uh, in this issue is pretty, pretty wild to me to kind of see this. So, you know, hopefully at this point in time, I mean, I don't really know what happens after here. If, you know, if it's yeah, friendly, I mean, if it's fire, guess, if it's whatever, but. I guess also, Joey, it's like kind of funny to have on like the last person on, like they're upset that I put a page on my website about them, like doing things that are wrong. And then, and then like, like, yeah, you know, maybe I shouldn't do that. And then the next one on, it's like, oh, here's an article about why Doug's wrong, but this one's okay. Um, and, and, and I guess like, I guess, I guess like, I just feel a little bit like, you know, and, and, and I guess I'm thinking about how to phrase this succinctly. A lot of this really is built up from certain parts of the community, but I think that we all do a bad job of understanding like what the entirety of the community looks like because we see things like this Twitter spaces, we see things like what people are tweeting about. And then for Phil specifically, like 
our groups of friends in poker were quite different. And we all see our own individual circles and we all see our own individual kind of echo chambers and we all see like things that are popular. But what Phil has kind of stumbled into here is that when you attack people and you go after people, it is popular, right? And he's confusing that with just like, that means everyone agrees. And that's not true. So I I, I don't know. Like, I feel like I'm, I'm talking in circles now at this point. Uh, I, I'm just going to kind of let it go on the subject. Content, um, content that's uh, controversial that goes after people gets popular because it's divisive and there's a lot of arguments under it. And so it, it, it becomes, it becomes talked about. Um, there's not, uh, I wasn't referring to this getting a lot of views. I was referring to the literal words of people who responded. I mean, yeah, yeah, I know, I, I, know, but, I, I but Phil, disagree with Phil. a lot of what you're saying, but I also don't really care to win. So I'm kind of at a, at a loss for, yeah. It's all good. I mean, maybe, maybe if Daniel or, or Berkey, if they got anything else to say I, or if anybody I, else is not here, but otherwise I, I, we can wrap it up. Honestly, I, I kind of feel like we're at like an uh, at a point here where we both said what, what we feel. But if Berkey wants to weigh in, by all means, yeah, Matt, go ahead. Uh, just just a, a brief, uh, I guess, slight pushback to that. Um, if if that's not the popular take, and uh, what Phil is responding to in this article isn't truly believed community wide and to that degree, why are, why are we on this space? Uh, why, why is the damage control damage control so necessary at this point? I, I can only assume that you truly do believe that this is a community-wide opinion at this point. Well, there's, there's a lot more going on than that, Matt. I mean, that's like an oversimplification. Like, I don't know if you've looked at what's been happening over the last few days, but believe it or not, I was actually crafting this video before Phil even posted the article. Um, and then that got edited in afterwards because it, it fit the thing. But people have wanted my head on a stick for the last week. And I mean, you can ask Thomas, this video was, was, was recorded before Phil even posted his thing. So this is not just Phil started this huge tidal wave. This, this, this has been like basically the, the top trending thing for the last four or five days. I think if you've been on social media, you've seen that. I mean, I've, I listened to some of the Twitter spaces that you guys had. Uh, there's been a lot of people going after me kind of all over the place. So this is not, not, this is not the reason um, that I posted this video. Right. So you agree then community wide, the, the general consensus is uh, very anti Doug at the moment. Like, I think so clearly isn't doing this because it's a popular opinion. I think like on the on social media platforms, for sure. But I, I don't think that that represents the community at large. And I also think what happens is that um, you also see that when when someone is is like taking like the, the hits in the PR department, then the people that don't like them pile on because they're happy. They like this. And the people that like them and want to support them, they don't say anything because they don't want to deal with all of the people and all of the anger and all, all of the feedback. I mean, that's a point that Daniel made earlier. Like when he was taking all these things, no one stood up for him. Right. Because, you know, for whatever reason, they didn't want to stand up. And it, it's kind of like that now. Like it's not. It's not an Isn't easy that in its entirety what Phil's article is? Phil's, Phil's article, sorry, can you say that again? Isn't that in its, in its simplest form exactly what Phil's article is doing and representing? No, F Phil's article is, is standing up for the popular position right now, right? Like if you made a post right now that was like, oh, I really like Doug's videos, like he does good stuff, that you're going to take a lot of heat um, coming into today. So it's kind of the opposite. Well, you said it's the opposite because the attack is on you. But my point is, Phil's Phil's take 
is represented by how everybody felt in your shoes previously. So yeah, maybe it's a little late to the game, but I don't think it's too little. And sure, maybe it is more reflective of what's the popular take right now. But I think arguing the semantics of uh, when is the most appropriate time or when's the most courageous time to take a stand against somebody who's bullying doesn't really accomplish much in this instance. Phil, Phil you want to say something? Uh, no. Okay. 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 Phil tried to talk. Alrighty, guys. I think we have more or less hit the hit the end here. Um, if you guys want to keep it, uh, actually, I think I'm just going to end it here. Uh, let's just let's just wrap it up. Yeah, come on. Let's, yeah, it's been a I've long been time. Phone I, for 50 minutes. I, I I do want to say that, like, just to kind of close out. Um, I appreciate all of the people coming on. Uh, I I am I am going to be a little more careful on some of the fringe cases, uh, and and try to be a little bit less vindictive. Um, but I am still going to continue to produce content that I'm proud of and people enjoy. And uh, I also just want to say thank you to my audience that that does support me. Uh, I don't think that it's 100% of people that don't like me or feel like this article that Phil wrote. And uh, I, I just wanted to get my voice out. And I appreciate the, you know, the thousands of people that, that have tuned in to, to support me anyway. So it means a lot to me, guys. It's been a rough last few days. And uh, I, I appreciate you guys, you guys, you know, being here for me. So that's, that's going to be it for me. To be clear, I didn't say that 100% of people don't support you. And I specifically talked about the, uh, the kind of inner community, the inner circle community, not the millions of people who watch. Poker. Yeah. I mean, Phil, I mean, when you say inner circle, it's like when Berkey said his high stakes friends don't like me, I think that's just bullshit. Anyway, I'm going to end here guys. Thank you for tuning in. I appreciate it.